Wardcast episode 247. Go! I'm Dylan Alvento, and we've made it after a long, confusing, arduous year to yet another best games played. Uh, I'm here with Alex Damrath. Hello. Hey. <laughs> hey, you made it. You Hi. know what? We're alive. Congratulations, Alex. You did it. <laughs> You're married. Al- you made it through another year of life, and I that's something to celebrate. Crawled out of the primordial goo, surviving, clinging to life as I do <laughs> every morning. And that, and that is awesome. Also joining <laughs> us, Nelson W. Johnson. Oh, hey. How you doing? I'm good. We're we're That's close great. to the end of the year. We played we games. Are. We did. Some of them were good. Some of them. Like Marvel's Avengers. A fantastic game. Fucking it. Celebrated by all. I hate that game. <laughs> Used to prop up some windowsills, as we saw <laughs> on Twitter. Probably terrible at that. When you said fucking uh, A, I imagine the A was the Avengers logo. Right, yeah. The you fucking... know it was. You know it was. <laughs> it's like, you know how they have like Justice League Dark? It's mm-hmm. it's the fucking Avengers. Mm-hmm. Right. Is the equivalent. <laughs> they cut off the end of me the Avengers, saying fucking but they A. swear it, now. Really what I'm saying is fucking Avengers, but they cut it off like the end of Age of Ultron. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fucking Avengers are like Ghost Rider and... Uh, Jessica Jones know. and Luke Cage. Yeah, Punisher. Yeah, the the fucking Avengers is just the Defenders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except for Daredevil because he's too goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, unlike what I said last episode, where we're gonna do a road to BGP episode and then best games played, we're just gonna we're just gonna hop right to it. We're just gonna hop straight to best games played. Um, we're gonna tackle it a little differently this year. Normally, we spend most of the BGP episode arguing about our favorite games but we don't really know what our favorite games are what are our favorite games uh nelson i just got the notification email that you <laughs> put a comment on the on the google doc nice uh, is it the thanks, comment google. that says nice no it's the first comment nice. unfortunate um so we're gonna talk about kind of our favorite games of the year and then uh time permitting We'll uh, maybe pick a top 10, um, and then we'll do some write-ups. We're going to do write-ups a little differently as well. We are going to kind of focus on everyone's individual uh, personal lists and then have kind of like a summary top 10 list um, just because, you know, it's been a rough year. Why the, end end with bloodshed? In the interest of peace. <laughs> in the interest What's of that? world peace. I don't know. When we find it. This podcast will receive the Nobel Peace Prize because we will we will come together and compromise and find agreement and and concord. Uh, but not about doing more deserve than Obama's. <laughs> wow, wow, that's right. Wow, man, I went there. Um, wow, yeah. <laughs> Defund the police is a great tagline, Obama. It it's it's clear. It's concise. It. Anyways, what about what about change? Do you not understand, Dylan? What about that is not I, clear. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I plead the fifth. All right, uh, let's talk about some games. All right, do we want to? We we can, let's jump around. Jump, jump, jump around. Is anyone champing at the bit 
to talk about any game that hasn't been discussed. Let's focus on I think never been brought up. I think we need to start with probably one of the biggest debuts of this year. Um, okay. Which was the long-awaited, highly throff, like, I don't know, sought after. Fans literally foaming at the mouth for this thing. Sure. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. Not at all what I thought you were going to say. Okay. Oh, I knew he was going there. I, I assumed he was looking <laughs> at the suggested order of discussion at the bottom of this doc. That's good. Uh, I mean, I think despite that, this is still like the most important game this year that we have not said a damn thing about. That's true. <laughs> um, so how much have you guys played the new Animal okay. Crossing? So to be perfectly frank, very little. But okay. um, it is my wife's favorite game series and i have Uh watched a ton of animal crossing on our tv this year okay (laughs) how about you nelson have you played any yeah i played some yeah how how do you feel about it i like it okay did you are you a fan of the series i am not not a fan i'm ambivalent to the series and this was my hey let's see if we can get nelson into the series game it's interesting i'm very much the same way it's 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 there and it's really cool that it's there and i'm glad games like it exist in the mainstream because yeah i don't know you see a lot of these sort of slice of life animal crossing-esque games are are i don't know i feel like they're more indie usually um yeah i mean stardew valley is yeah. the big one yeah. obviously especially these days uh but to have like a, a big big high budget one from nintendo yeah of all people i mean so I was also in that camp of like, I've never played Animal Crossing. I am going to try this Animal Crossing out and see if it's for me. I played a lot of this Animal Crossing at the beginning of this year. Uh, it also hit, you know, right as the pandemic was happening. <laughs> so the comparison has constantly been made that the a- Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing New Horizons of 2020 is what the summer of Pokemon Go in 2017 was right it's yeah. like it hit it, it it was a world phenomenon um in a way like i mean it might have been more concentrated to like people that were already like into games um unlike something like untitled goose game where like celebrities were like getting into it or whatever <laughs> right. um but i mean you saw things like the biden campaign like setting up an island and uh before nintendo said they couldn't do it anymore yeah uh you know using it for like promotion for the election and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but like it it yeah i never played animal crossing before not out of any sort of like you know uh apathy or anything i just it always seemed like a time and a place kind of thing it always seemed like a game that you had to get in on the ground floor of otherwise you were just like completely uh behind the curve and i think this game despite the fact that it comparatively has terrible online features just tremendously bad online features compared to like modern games yes just it's like a nintendo the, game right like <laughs> well, but i mean even smash brothers has better like i think online than this like it's saying something it, yeah um and i know you and i have differences about <laughs> smashes online i constantly <laughs> play smash online and that's like my primary way of playing it but like this where like all of so like you can easily you easily you can travel to other people's islands and interact with them and uh trade items uh and you know the turnips the turnip selling was a huge thing and probably is a still huge thing for more dedicated players um but getting to people's islands where it was super uh 
so so there's no like server infrastructure it's all client-based right so like whoever's island you're on they're they're hosting the instance and if if something were to happen which happened constantly they were like constantly like dropped connections and whatever at the beginning of the game because people were like rapidly like coming into people's islands and then leaving them because like there's different like you can have like an open island or you can have like a closed island where you need a specific like code to get into and it got so bad that like you know there are websites dedicated to like queuing people into islands and setting all that stuff up where they would like only reveal like the island code uh once you know you, you could set like a a player max of how many visitors you can have on your island and until that max uh until someone left uh it would it wouldn't send like the island code to a new person to like prevent like this terror like this ridiculous like infrastructure or lack of infrastructure that they made from like collapsing in on itself but despite all that um it i think it it came at the perfect place in time where like we desperately needed like human interaction mm-hmm. and i you know connected with so many people that i know through uh just in games or out of games or wherever or that we play games together um it it just it just allowed me to like reconnect with people and i and i it was great like when when the turnip selling got really big uh like i flipped so many turnips like i still have like millions of bells in the bank and like i just got like super into like there there's like a there's like prediction calculators and stuff for that that allowed me and people and some people really don't like this they don't like the min maxing element i found it very therapeutic um but like because there's still that that human connection it's still like okay I'm looking at the chart for my bells. All right, I bought my bells on my island for like, or I bought my turnips on my island for 90 bells a pop or 90 bells a stack. How much, uh, now I need to keep track of all my friends. I had like multiple discords where it's like, all right, how are, how are your turnip prices looking this week? How are your turnip prices? And their prediction calculation was like, okay, I'm gonna have a big pop at the end of the week or like, no, this one's gonna be like constantly decreasing for me. And coordinating with them to see where to sell the islands or like or where to sell the turnips on which island or like trading fossils. But like before, like all those systems were in place of like the the auto queuing system on some person's website that they created. I forget what it was called. It's like turnip trader or turnip dot info or something. I yeah. forget. It was what, some site like that. Um, like we built our own where i think harris foster had like the best turnip prices one week and so we all started flooding his island but he was like i have shit to do today does someone want to like corral all these people coming into my island and i was like yeah i'll do it so i sat on his island while he was like idle and mm-hmm. off doing stuff but just left to switch on and then people would come into his island like one person at a time and so he gave me his island code. I got into the island and then I would DM the island code to other people one at a time. It's like, all right, you come on. All right, go sell all your turnips. All right, now leave. All right, next person, come on, go sell up all your turnips. And sometimes they would have like multiple full inventories of turnips to sell. So they'd have to come once, sell all their turnips, leave, go back to their island, come back again. And it, it, there was something therapeutic to, about that and being able to interact with people some people like I rarely interact with. Like I, I went to Kevin Snow's Island uh, once and there were people there that like uh, I follow on Twitter, but I don't know them directly. And like, we're all interacting and just like seeing like, Oh, what kind of flowers you have on this Island or like, Oh, what furniture are the, you know, Tommy and Timmy selling today. And it just created like this whole little ecosystem that I'm just so desperate to get back to. But 
you know, when you share an island with a significant other and then you're no longer with that significant other and they have a house on your island, it gets a little difficult to like emotionally go back to that island until you can transfer their their person away from that island. But I think there's still it it it, it hits on that same uh emotional uh uh um resonance that Pokemon Go had, but Pokemon Go was in person. Mm-hmm. You know, you physically met people in the real world. It's like, let's go Pokemon hunting. Um, and we can't do that right now. And Animal Crossing is that, but for the virtual world. And I think that's really special. Yeah, And absolutely. that's my soap mocks on Animal Crossing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that hits on like all of the right beats. It's just an emotional. It's a connection. It's a it's about creating that that lively town of activities and people that yeah. sort of I mean when when you read about how this was created it was specifically like a cure for homesickness the developer started working at Nintendo and was like in a city for the first time and away from his rural neighborhood where he knew everybody and had his whole family and just wanted a way to get back to that simpler that simpler life right. Uh, it, is that always the the reasoning behind Nintendo games? It's always something not like super uh, diegetic or games. It's like, right. oh, I I like bug collecting or I like cave exploring. That recent Digino you know, gaming all about how Aonuma became like head of the Zelda team because he knew how to create really cool mechanical puppets. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's cool. Yeah, I like the game a lot. Um. I am just now realizing, did we say we wanted to do our personal lists first before we went into... Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so with the Animal yeah. Crossing talk out of the way. Yeah, that was Animal Crossing talk. Let's rewind a second to talk about the uh, top 10 list. Alex, do you want to talk about your top 10? Sure. Um, so let's let's get into this. There's some games on here we haven't talked about, and I think that's why we're here today for the most part, as we're going to try and cover games that are on the top 10 list that we haven't gotten a chance to say why. Uh, so coming from the bottom, for me, uh, my number 10 slot is a little title by the name of uh, Shotgun Farmers. And number nine, I have to talk about the cultural phenomenon that is Blazeball. <laughs> uh, and it is Blazeball. I hear people say Blazeball, and I'm like, it's not... Just Blaze? Yeah, it's not... <laughs> 420 ball uh, unfortunate at number eight newcomer phasmophobia it's just wriggled its way right into my heart um mm-hmm. number seven i am dead at number six i want to talk about both of these uh risk of rain 2 is sort of coming in to say hey i'm here now fully awake and alive as opposed to last year where it wasn't quite ready yet but it's joined by a distant cousin, Deep Rock Galactic. And number five, since I finally finished it this year, Death Stranding. And number four, everyone's favorite game, Doom Eternal. <laughs> uh huh. And number three, Bug Snacks. Number two, Whoa. Hitman 2. Really, though. The entirety of the Hitman World of Assassination series, I assume. Three three's gonna be great for sure. Definitely. Um just and, like Doom Eternal. Yes. 
Uh, my number one uh, said, has been said before, but uh, for sure the best game I've played so far this year, and I actually kind of want to go back and replay it now, uh, is Resident Evil 2 Remake by Capcom. Nice. Oh, Capcom. Yeah, that guy. Those oh, guys. That guy, that Capcom. one guy. That solo indie dev, Capcom. Cap Capsule Computer Incorporated. <laughs> uh, Nelson, do you want to talk about your top 10 list? Yeah, absolutely. All right, in no particular order whatsoever, number one, and I'm saying one so that we know that this is 10. Number one, Ghost of Tsushima. Number two, mm-hmm. Demon Souls, the PS5 version. Number three, Astro's Playroom. Number four, Hades. Number five, wow, almost got my numbers mixed up, Valorant. Number six, Spider-Man, colon, Miles Morales. Number seven, Star Wars, Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Number eight, Super Liminal. Number nine, Star Wars, Squadrons. And number 10, Titanfall 2. Uh, I believe it's Marvel's Spider-Man. Oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Marvel apostrophe S spider hyphen man colon space Miles Morales. Period. Trademark pending. Hello, I am spider hyphen man. <laughs> Spider-Man the uh, cat. I think he does need to actually start introducing himself as that because nobody nobody knows. There's that. a really cool moment yeah. that I'll talk about when we talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh do you want to talk about it now? Sure. Oh, I got, hold on. I got to do my list. Fuck. I keep, I keep messing this up. All right. Uh, all right. My top 10. Um, I think this is in kind of at the top 10 order I would I would do. Um, starting from the bottom. Uh, number 10, Ring Fit Adventure. Number nine, Hades. Uh, number eight, Marvel's Spider-Man colon Miles Morales. Number seven, Fall Guys. Number six, Among Us. Number five, Hitman 2. Number four, Halo colon the Master Chief Collection. Uh, Number three, Valorant. Number two, Animal Crossing colon New Horizons. And number one, The Last of Us Part 2. All right, now, do you want to talk about uh, Spider-Man? Marvel's (laughs) Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yes, so there's one cool moment near the beginning of the game uh-huh, uh-huh. where so if you don't know anything about marvel spider-man miles morales it's a it's a direct sequel it's like a year or a few months after the yeah i think it's a few first. months yeah it's in christmas because it's in christmas stories love to set this is my new christmas, christmas game time. it is just short enough that i don't mind playing it every year yeah um and just fun enough that i don't mind playing it every year um but there's a really cool moment where for the first hour of the game if you have subtitles on, it's Miles. Yeah, Miles is the name of the character as you're talking. It's it's who is uh, responsible for the subtitle that follows. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker's subtitles say Spider-Man. There is a moment about an hour in where Miles says, huh, I am New York's only Spider-Man. That's not a spoiler. And... At that point, the next line from then on says Spider-Man if it's referring to Miles and says Pete if it's referring to Peter. And like that much of a small touch is a huge, huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Um I wanna I wanna spoil this game. Do you care, Alex? 
No. If we spoil the shit out I of us? Okay. Never, I have never. Game's good, dude. Game story is good. I'm yeah. sure. I'm um, sure. I, I feel kind of bad that I never got around to giving the first one a fair enough shake, eventually. I feel. Yeah. And, yeah, and now it's going to be a while until like, I can get to, to, to do that. But yeah. too, too brought down, brought low by so many tokens. Okay, uh, that's right. And, all and, returns in stealth missions and the stealth missions are good though. They're like, not. Whether you're playing as Mary Jane or or MJ, sir name Mary Jane. Um Mary Jane. Yeah. Okay. Uh whether you're playing as MJ or like the Batman esque Spider Man stealth missions, like mm-hmm. I I think it all works. Like it's I'm not gonna art sit here and say it's perfect. And, like and I think the one note that I never think I got out well enough was that I felt like the swinging was so good that every sure. time the game asked me to stop swinging and do something else, I was like, but, but, but there, swinging, there's more swinging in this one is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's I don't le- know. like by virtue of there being less of everything else, <laughs> it's just, a, it's a shorter game. So like right. the stealth yeah. missions, if there are stealth missions, such, I'm not going to spoil that part. There are, um, <laughs> it's, it's much quicker. Mm hmm. I, yeah. I am and reaching have camouflage. The, the point of my life right. where I'm just like an old man, and when I open up a, a map, and it, the map is full of icons, I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I don't have. Don't tell me to climb that tower. <laughs> I don't have I the mean, time. It's... I don't have the energy anymore. I need a nap. Right. I mean, I think it depends on the game, right? Like, I mean, like, I haven't touched an Assassin's Creed game in in years and i don't think i've touched this assassin's creed game this generation outside of the little bit i played of odyssey during the google stadia beta um and even then i wasn't like fully like enraptured with it and like haven't played a watchdogs or anything like that style of like open world like i get it i get it i just think i think spider-man just like there's enough fluidity to it but i can understand like how the start and stop like tempo of like oh i'm just like viscerally like i'm i'm swinging through the manhattan and that's making me stop and land on this rooftop and do a weird stealth sequence or like beat up a bunch of dudes like i could see how that's kind of might might be kind of choppy mm-hmm. um it was like the opposite of how just earlier that year or maybe the year before god what is time Bre- <laughs> breath of the wild just kind of let me flow forever you know Sure, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, there are still combat sequences in Breath of the Wild that you had to stop and engage with. But it was never anything out. It was like never not your choice, I guess. But how, like, you how could you argue went that, about I, and how you found those. I think. I think what Alex is talking about is like it never. It never cut to black to load or to initiate the combat to moment. do a cutscene or to completely sure. change the gameplay. It, it was. It was very yeah i guess like if the sword slash button is is now a high five button it's no longer <laughs> a combat <laughs> instance i get it i get it yeah. uh i just i just think it's not enough for me to like mm-hmm. dismiss that game out of hand yeah. but i just it's hard for me to grok open world fatigue because like mm-hmm. yes i feel it like I, I like i can recognize when i feel it but i feel like there's such a blase like just like oh i have open world fatigue therefore fuck all of these games um and i i, feel I, like I, and I do not want to say that no i know i i, I, <laughs> I kind of want to say that i think i think there is a i think there is a theme with most open world games in that they are trying to get the most bang for your buck and i don't think people have figured out what the best version of that is yet sure 
Well, it's weird now that, I mean, and Nelson, you could probably talk about this a little bit since you are now the proud owner of a PlayStation 5. Gamers. This one's for the um, gamers. But now they have that weird, like, OS level mission select thing. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where you can just jump directly to, like, a specific mission for, like, mm-hmm. the super completionists. And mm-hmm. I was talking to Seth Rosen on Twitter about it. Uh, and he's like he's worked at like hangar 13 and uh clay and now he teaches at nyu game center and i was just kind of like you know part of me understands the compulsion like the completionist compulsion for example after playing a bunch of super mario 3d world or 3d all-stars this year i have gone back and started over on super mario odyssey and i have now almost gotten every power moon or most of the power moons in super mario odyssey because i found ways that that game like better helps you find the ones that you haven't yet found oh sick and i can understand the compulsion like i can understand the compulsion to be completionist like i talked about like me getting all 120 stars in mario galaxy this year uh i it's just i don't know i have a chip on my shoulder of dismissing like blocks of games out of hand just because it's like yeah maybe most games fall into that 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 trap of like being the ubisoft open world climb the tower survey the area around you here are a bunch of icons on the map but it's like by doing like i think like think of the inverse of that right and i mean like we're getting kind of in the weeds here but like i i always think of the inverse of like someone being like oh i don't like pixel art you know 2d platformers mm-hmm. and and that just d- dismisses a huge block of like indie games and i mean like that could be like an aesthetic choice or an aesthetic preference but it's still like to me just kind of like like, I feel like a game is always, like, more than the sum of its parts. And I think Spider-Man always, like, it, it Spider-Man's positives always uh, 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 supersede its negatives. And yeah. I, I can't deny that there are negatives, both in, like, its, its world design or it's, like, you know, its open world design. But also, like, its weird, like, world narrative design. Like, whether it's Spider-Man being very pro-cop uh, in a weird way. um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just think there. this game does so much on the storytelling front that just makes it such a phenomenal, just, just, just great storytelling. Like, I think they, I think Insomniac just does something really amazing here by making, because uh, it's so easy to write a superhero fiction that's just so boring and like nothing oh, yeah. changes from the beginning to the end where it's like, all right, we had the status quo at the beginning and then there's some like, you know, there's some interceding villain that happens that tries to like change the status quo and then hero beats the villain. And then now we're back to the status quo. But in both Spider-Man, the first Insomniac Spider-Man game and in Miles Morales, there is, you know, irreparable change that happens to both of these characters that contributes to their character growth in the first Spider-Man game. It is that game starts with the ironic drama of you're uh dr octavius's research assistant and you just spend that whole game being like this guy's gonna fuck you over like this guy <laughs> like this this is one of your main <laughs> villains like this is this, this the sinister six guy like what are you doing um and like you watch that whole arc unfold with peter uh where he like over time Watches like finds he, he 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 becomes betrayed he becomes you know so a disillusion by the betrayal of like this guy that he's looked up to for years and the only reason octavius has gone down this road is because he's felt betrayed by um 
Osborne. Um, so there's it, it focuses more on the interpersonal drama than like the big high stakes like punch em up bullshit. Um, but also like, and it gets that story gets real dumb because like negative man like introduces like this deadly virus in Manhattan and there's like a huge quarantine and then silver saver shows up with like her PMC group and they do like a yeah. huge like lockdown on and you, you're like, this is so dumb, but the also one is definitely a comic book video right. game, but also by introducing that, that plague, which feels annoyingly prescient in 2020, <laughs> um, they kill Aunt May. That game ends with Aunt May dying, who is like one of the anchors in Peter Parker's life. And like that is irreparable change. Like they're never going to kill off Marissa Tomei in the MCU because she's a bit character that works as like this great. I mean, they could. They could. I mean, it's not like, you know, the MCU isn't like away from killing characters, but like. It, it it she's small enough role that like people are just like ah, i remember you from my cousin Vinny when she shows up mm-hmm. um but in doing that it's it shows that this game this game's more interested in the character growth than it is like uh the the, the superhero fantasy right like the power fantasy and i think that's that's extremely powerful and then miles morales does that too with tinkerer Yep. Because you find out this whole backstory of Tinkerer. Tinkerer is like one of your best friends, you find out. And she like is like this kind of genius, like child technological prodigy. And then she finds out that her brother was killed by like this evil tech corporation. So she just wants to straight up like destroy the tech corporation. And Miles is like caught between like, you know, bringing justice to this murderer but also like stopping this stopping his former friend from like you know causing destruction um and then like miles's mom is like in the raps like she's running for political office for like harlem and i think they do the harlem stuff so much better than like luke cage does because luke cage is like harlem he's always like i'm doing this for harlem i'm doing Mm -hmm. this for harlem but it never it always rang kind of hollow um because because he's because he's not from harlem like he is he is a a transplant into harlem and like there was no real like all the like the community stuff built around harlem kind of rang kind of hollow like there was good stuff with like pops in the barbershop and all that stuff but like most of it whereas miles is like super aware that like harlem is not his home he's like i'm from brooklyn like <laughs> yeah. th- this is super weird for me to be in this part of the city like i am i'm a, i'm a brooklyn boy um and only over time does that does he like grow into that like so like if peter is the friendly neighborhood spider-man for the neighborhood of new york city miles becomes the friendly neighborhood spider-man for harlem and i i'm sure nelson when you got to the ending uh it was as powerful for you as it was for me where like several citizens like to do the spider-man 2 thing where several citizens like see him without his mask on and they like form like a barricade around him between him and the cops and the cops show up and they're like, who was that guy? And one of them was like, oh, that guy? Oh, that's our Spider-Man. Yeah. And like, it just it just creates this powerful, like, community building moment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, that's really good. It's that's really, really good. goddamn good. It's really good. And and they do such a they do such a brilliant job of building up to that in the in the story. If you don't do any of the optional stuff where like hey i'm doing x you just run into somebody that then turns into 
turns out to be important in that later cutscene. Yeah. But if you do all of the like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man app missions, then a you meet everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you meet all of those people as Spider-Man before you would have in the actual game. Um, and if you do all of those, you get your own, Hey, thank you for being our Spider-Man suit. So they do such a good job of not just in the writing, building up miles as Harlem Spider-Man and building up Harlem as miles home, but they reinforce it with the mechanics of the game just to be like, Hey, this is your place. Go take care of your neighborhood. And it, yeah. and it's so fucking cool because so much of it is, Oh, that's the bodega owner. Oh, that's the, that's the street artist. And it's just like, they're just people like they, they all have their own quirks and they're just people. It's great. Yeah. I would much prefer whatever the numbered sequel Spider-Man. I, I hope they focus more on that stuff and less mm-hmm. on like they're clearly setting up between like the post credit scene in Spider-Man one and in Miles Morales. They're clearly setting up that uh, uh, um, Harry Osborn is going to show up as some weird like new goblin slash symbiote fusion right. um, because he's being like experimented on by his dad because he has like some terminal illness or something. Um, so I'm, I, I'm interested in how that's going to pan out. But uh, I really hope I hope we get more interpersonal play. Um, and I hope we get more miles. Yeah. In the, in the next game, it, it would suck if we went back to just Peter. Right. I don't think that they could get away with just having Peter in, in the next game. I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be either like what they've done in the recent Assassin's Creeds where they like let you like just swap between them whenever you want and play either. Or it's going to be like a, gta 5 thing where it's like all right this mission you plays peter and this mission you plays miles and mj's here too um because mj missions are okay alex they're fine perfectly <laughs> fine perfectly fine um yeah the game's good what a what a what a fascinating um representation of why a superhero in harlem is is dope yeah <laughs> and most of the stuff you do is in harlem like oh yeah I, you rarely go to the southern end of the island in mm-hmm. manhattan uh and also just like every every interaction between miles and peters is phenomenal yeah i, I very much like when he's like <laughs> covering because like peter is like on a european vacation during this so he's like hey mm-hmm. i'm gonna be out of town uh and then you blow up a bridge it's not the brooklyn bridge i forget which bridge it is mm-hmm. um and he like calls up. He's like, I saw the news last night. I'm booking the first flight out of here. And, and Miles is like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's okay. I'll take <laughs> yeah. care of it. And then it, Peter just goes, well, if you're sure. And I'm like, what the? F- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're just going to get like some yeah. reassurance from this new guy and be like, well, yeah, he sounds like he's got it under yeah, control. He's got it. I, I, it's funny because I think in that same conversation, he's like, no, I, it's fine. I figured it out. I know who did it and I'm going after them. And yeah. Peter's just like, oh okay <laughs> yeah like it it's, makes sense like like yeah. he justifies it like he's like yeah i've 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 got this he's not like whoa yeah mm-hmm. um but it's still i don't know it's funny it's still you know at the end of the day it's still a comic book story um so there's still some stuff that you're just like like all the app like gig economy stuff in it i'm just kind of <laughs> like okay because like your buddy genki who is basically the ned well ned is genki is genki he was the original character okay um 
but he's like hey i built you an app in a day for you to like basically citizens can just request aid in this app and then you can go do it at your leisure and i'm just like there are so many like privacy concerns here of just like how how does not everyone know that miles is spider-man at this point just given like how easily it could be yeah fucking apps how they work and then you're gifted a suit from peter at the beginning of the game uh which i immediately changed out of which i regret because like it's like it it's like not form-fitting so he's like he gives like the like the mask on it is like super wide so it's like got all these folds in it and stuff and i was like this is ugly and so i switched it into like a more classic miles morales suit but I should have kept it on because there is an arc to that where like after you do the next mission, you and Genki like take the suit out and modify it and he makes it his own Miles Morales suit, Um, which would have been more powerful if I kept that thing on. (laughs) It's pretty killer. Uh, But also like, you know, you listen to podcasts in the in the first Spider-Man and it's always J. Jonah Jameson's like uh, Alex Jones-esque podcast. Um, and the, the first time one of those comes on as you're playing as Miles, Miles is just like, why does he have this suit just autoplay J. Jonah Jameson's podcast? Why is Peter a masochist? <laughs> He's just like kind of confused. <laughs> and then by the end of the game, you're just listening to them without questioning it. You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta keep my enemies. Gotta keep my friends close. My enemies closer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Spider-Man. A great game. Speederman. Speederman. Um. Anyone want uh, Alex? Do you want to talk about? A I game? was gonna say, you know what, you know what a spider is, right? It's Arachnid. kind of a it's it's kind, it's of, kind of a bug. Kind of a bug. It's like it's a bit like a bug. Not and really a snack my, though. Well, if I was my cat, it's probably also kind of a snack. It could also be kind of a snack. Uh, but you know what is kind of bug and kind of snack? Uh, uh Octodad. Close. Human children. He's kind. He's kind mm. of a snack to Octo Mom. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, nice, they had nice, three nice, nice. children. Did you ever think about that? <laughs> three human children. Three perfectly human children. <laughs> you know, best not to question it. I anyway, thought he was like their like adoptive father. Uh, from the creators of Octo Dad, this year we got something called a bug snacks. Uh, and I played through that whole dang thing. Yeah, it's so I good. Play some of it. Yeah. That was like um, a solid three or four evening experience that that really moved me by the end of it. Yeah, so I haven't played this game, but I'm going to give you carte blanche to talk about any story spoilers because I think it's only fair, Yeah, given that we just spoiled I mean, I could, I could get into the big one. The big one. Because there is a, there's, a there's massive a spoiler. spoiler to this game. Well, sure set, i'm not gonna yeah. play it well let's okay. set up it a little bit because it, it does right. at the very throughout the game it does tease like this weird like body horror yes like kind of stuff at, like ever since the very first trailer even we, we've gotten like a, a hinting at this being a mildly horror game uh and i will say for 99 percent of this game it never acts on that until like the very end uh so in bug snacks you are a wumpus it's not explained why this is like an alternate earth where everyone is wumpuses um it's because they're easier to model i 
yeah. I, I think <laughs> what, what I gathered was like, okay, so these guys really easy to model. They they don't like their lips don't sync exactly to words. You yeah. can just have them flap open when like they talk. Muppets. Yeah. Uh, it works really well with like the conceit that when they eat bug snacks, it changes their body. So they can just sort of have the bones meshed and, and not have to worry too hard about that. Um, that Nightmare was what I was going Got to it. get at, but it's it's kind of funny how they they play it up very much as being almost exactly Earth because there's still places that they talk about, mm-hmm. like New Grump City. <laughs> um, so wait, is there like a, a Wumpus Israeli-Palestine conflict? Right. <laughs> Um, you like work for the for the new Grump Times. Uh, there's a Grump. There's a there's a Grumpfoot. Um, sorry, I think it's Grumpus, not Wumpus. I've been saying Wumpus. Um, oh. there's Krampus. Yeah, there there's a there's like a a Grump Grumpacabra. Um, so you play as a reporter who is on thin ice because you keep writing stories about mythical creatures that may or may not exist. And and you're you're the game opens with your boss yelling at you and basically saying like you know you got to stop chasing these 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 horrible waterfalls, um, yeah. And here's your your last Stick chance to the is, river and streams. Yeah. <laughs> and you come in with a videotape that you received from a one Doctor Elizabeth Egbert. Mm-hmm. Um. And she is a Grumpus who has explored to the mythical island of the Bug Snacks with uh, a group of of young uh, colonizers, all one of, well, all wanting to <laughs> escape their their old lives and and find solace on this island. And, right. and you you give by her dominating the the native species. England. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you give uh, yeah. You show her that videotape, and your editor is like. That's bullshit. If you go chase that lead, you're fired. Um, yeah. And and then like you have to sort of convince her. And I think it doesn't matter what you pick. She eventually is just like, ah, okay, fine. If you get an interview with Elizabeth before you get back, uh, you'll keep your job. And so that's that's where you go. You go to the island of the bug snacks, and what follows is you find everyone on everyone that came to the island to settle it with Elizabeth is scattered and distraught elizabeth has gone has been missing for weeks now and the colony has sort of fallen into disrepair and everyone's just sort of found their own space on the island and is sort of camping it roughing it instead of forming a society they all clashed horribly and and (laughs) fell apart um real lord of the flies shit happened here huh right same said america (laughs) (laughs) You you first find Philbo Philbo Filbert um, <laughs> you Philbo yeah <laughs> who has a sash that says mayor but he's like the least coordinated least leader like and everyone thinks he's just kind of useless literally character. can't catch bug snacks yeah um, yeah he's like lying on the ground and is just you know like please help i'm i'm so utterly useless in every situation and you have to feed him to get him and so that's how you first learn to catch bugs next mechanically the game is something akin to pokemon almost mm-hmm. like a combination mm-hmm. of it, it's it's like playing pokemon snap but where you're actually trying to capture the pokemon as they behave as they would in the wild 
Right. Uh, one thing, Lord of the Sweetie Flies. All right, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, you have... Very, you acquire throughout the game as it progresses. There's like a halfway point where you finally get basically every tool the game is going to give you. But you have to learn how to capture bug snacks using an assortment of, I want to say it's eight or six tools. Um, and all of them are a little puzzle. All mm-hmm. of them require different combinations of these tools and the environment around you so some of the tougher ones involved bug snacks that were constantly on fire because they were spicy um and you couldn't act like even if you stunned them even if they like you walked up to approach them and, and catch them in a bug net you couldn't you'd be set on fire and you had to like run around so you had to like figure out how to put them out before you could before or after you stun them yeah so i remember having the, the status ailment uh uh like status like animation is really good too because yeah. like you catch on fire and it's all like fire like ringed around the the field of view and then like the arms yeah, are like you this, just see your character's just arms wiggling around <laughs> like ah! same thing That's with awesome. like icy bug snacks like frozen treats uh that you can't touch because they'll freeze you um nice and and yeah so there's there's a challenge to all of them there's a couple i think three or four boss bug snacks that require a whole sequence where you're you're playing out certain things um like i had to drop stalactites on one of them at one point mm-hmm. uh to, to sort of like crack open its shell i think that was a, a mama melon it's like a, a big watermelon bug that it looked kind of like a tick it was cool uh okay so that's oh, yeah, the crux. Mm-hmm. The drive is every character in this game is very fleshed out and realized and everyone has a relationship with each other. And all of the all of the side quests involve sort of helping them realize that deep down they all still care for each other. Hmm. Um I want to say one of my favorites involved a lady, a scientist lady, who was so devoted to the study of bug snacks that she like let it get in the way of everything, and she comes off as very off-putting and rude just because she's like anyone not smarter than me is a cretin and and is you know right. extremely dismissive of everyone that it wasn't Elizabeth. That is okay because Elizabeth is gone. That's part of a big part of the reason why everyone scattered. Apparently, she really united them and saw the best in everyone. Um, there's also she had a girlfriend, Egabel. Sorry, real quick side note: this game is unapologetically gay, and I love it. I I yeah. started the game, got to that point, and was like, "Oh, this is rad! I don't like this game, but this is rad." Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, she and Egabel are are deeply, madly in love, and it's great. Um. Also, oh, what God, where was I? Uh, so yeah, the lady who is a scientist trying to study bug snacks. Um, her side her side quest involves feeding her so much that all of her body parts become bug snacks. Um, and then she wants like you to chop off her head because she's noticed that if you feed her enough like her limbs will grow back into bug snacks. She she thinks there's like regenerative properties involved with these bugs. And at the last second, her brother 
who was another sort of inventor type scientist guy who, by the way, is obsessed with uh, thwarting the Grumpinati from from watching <laughs> his every move. Okay. Like, where is the tinfoil hat? All of his actions are surrounding, like, how do I make sure I keep them off my back? Um, but yeah, he steps in at the last second, like, her side quest arc completes with him, like, going, no, don't do this. Like, if you don't come back, I'll lose you. Like, like we still care about you, even though you've alienated everyone, and you need to realize that. Uh, it's... And it gets really powerful. There's uh, another, like, husband and wife team where you sort of find out that the the husband he's the second grumpus you meet and he's a farmer um he and his wife had a falling out you find out that he's like talking every night to a cactus he dressed up as her and you have to find her when you tell her that like that's a part of how they get back together she's like oh dear he misses me like <laughs> um, uh, interesting that would send me in the direct opposite direction from that person <laughs> <laughs> It's very sweet at times. Um, yeah, there's at a lot times. of... Oh, and I should also, as as part of the gay thing, the, the guy who is afraid of the Grumpinati, that scientist, is uh, in love with uh, Chanlo Funkbun, who is like the jock Grumpus <laughs> of the group, mm-hmm. who like talks, ends every sentence in bro and is all about like lifting and, and running. But also, yeah. like, I would, I would have him on my Animal Crossing island. Yes. I, you have to have at least one jock on your Animal Crossing. Exactly. Island. <laughs> Mine is Mac. Shout out to Mac. A woo woof as he ends his <laughs> sentences. So yeah, you're 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 finding these characters and you're bringing them together and you're recreating society. There's like an air of of deeper mystery behind all of it, and and. I'm afraid to spoil this one just because I haven't seen almost any message boards online talk about it. I was trying to figure out if what I saw was real. At one point... <laughs> and, not, and not an hallucination? Yeah. At one point... Okay, if you remember the end of the very first trailer for this game, there's like a golem sort of made of bug snacks. Right. I remember walking into an area and seeing it through some trees watching me. And I, and I, and I kind of had to... I was like, oh, geez, can I get close to it? And I had to like look away for a second to try and and find my way to a, a path to to get to it. And when I looked back, it was, it was gone. gone. Yeah, weird stuff. Uh, so yeah, bug snacks. This is the big spoiler. The game ends with an earthquake, and you're trying to get to a a big hole in a mountain that opens up to a cave deep beneath the island of the bug snacks when you get in there you find elizabeth and she's like melded to the island sick oh weird yeah uh and and she's like you know how our entire body bodies get like transformed into bug snacks bug snacks are parasites bug snacks alter your dna as you eat them they're literally that's like they look and and taste so delicious just so that you eat you consume them they change you and then you you eventually become a part of the island that's how they feed they assimilate assimilate you right and so bug snacks are a parasite of the island right uh so she is becoming a part of the island she's like molded into it she's basically a part of a giant bug snacks and she's like i've been sort of using my last bit of control 
to form that golem to try and scare you guys off and, and make sure you, you you leave and don't come back. And her girlfriend decides she would rather stay with Elizabeth in that state and like melds with her in order to give her a bit more control because the island is like now aware that they're trying to do that. And so they're like trying to hold off a massive attack of bug snacks. And while you guys, the last sequence is like you trying to get everyone off. Wow. Uh, but even, but if, cool. if, the, if the other denizens have already partially eaten bug snacks, are they like, so here's the thing. I had to read about this. The final sequence includes a number lore. of shooting galleries where you use the tools in in like new violent means. <laughs> oh, okay. It's really funny. There's like a grappling hook that suddenly becomes like you put a boxing glove on it, so now you shoot out a boxing glove and like punch bug snacks away. Um, there's like a launch pad that now like there the, you like have you put the launch pad down and the, the other grumpuses are like loading it with explosive barrels so you can launch explosive barrels at bug snacks it's a couple of different shooting galleries just using the tools that you've that you've you get gotten used to throughout the entire game really cool um apparently how this worked is if you did a grumpus's entire side quest line then they had a higher chance if you missed any of the bug snacks that were coming at them, they had a higher chance of like batting them away and defending themselves. They were, hmm. they were more willing to live and fight for their lives because oh, they were more wait. fulfilled as people. So this is like a mass effect Two suicide mission kind of thing. <laughs> Almost. I don't know that okay. reference. Sorry. Um, well, it's, it's kind of similar. It's the same. Yeah. And apparently it's the like, more you yeah. fed them bug snacks, the less hit points they have. So oh, you if they're them if they're completely snacks, the transformed, they can only take one hit. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, but it's apparently possible for everyone to die at this point. They they can Rad. get consumed by they can eat a bug snack and it just consumes them and melts them into the island. That's, that's pretty dark. Yeah. So you have to get them all out onto like you, you know you do all the different shooting galleries. You corral them back to your airship that you came in on, which they've been fixing up. And and you get everyone off, and then the game ends with this cool beach sequence where if you saved everyone, you get to like one last conversation with them. They have one last sort of like Sesame Street esque like, oh, I guess the moral of my story was da da da, um, and and you get you sort of have one last bit of fulfillment with all of them uh, before they all die. <laughs> Philbo talks to you and like asks if he could like stay at your place while he's looking to find a job. Um, I think he, you and him go to your old boss to try and <laughs> to try and negotiate for him to get a, a job there. <laughs> and she's like, uh, what do you mean? You're fired. <laughs> you disappeared. <laughs> like, <laughs> that makes sense. That adds up. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so, but then like, I think the credits roll, there's a bunch of like little cards of everyone getting used to like their new life in society. It's like better adjusted people who don't want to like run away from it. And uh, Philbo right. is actually elected mayor of, of New Grump City <laughs> at the end of it. And everyone's there. Like, everyone was working on the campaign with him. It's very cute. Uh, I, I just have to mention the final thing this game ends on. Post-credits, black screen. All you hear is audio, and it's a call between your old boss, uh, 
and a mysterious voice you haven't heard before. And it's like, it's, it's the Grumpinati. Oh no. (laughs) And, and they're like, do, do they suspect anything? (laughs) And, or, and she's like, they're either, they're either too stupid or they're smart enough to know not to spread information about this. And, and, and and then they like end the call with like six, six emperor bug snacks or something like that. <laughs> As always, to bug snacks. <laughs> That's funny. It, it's it's a fucking wild ride, and <laughs> and I throughout the entire thing, I was just having a blast. Whether it was sort of like enjoying the characters as they evolved, or figuring out the puzzle of each different bug snacks, or like listening to them because all the bug snacks have a pokemon call out that they do mm-hmm. it's it's all extremely right. adorable bunger 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 um, i like the moths as a <laughs> moths yeah. supreme yeah mm-hmm. i i can't recommend bug snacks enough that's a that's just a great treat well now it's gonna be hard for me to play it now that i know the ending but i'm oh. glad i know the ending because i think that that definitely like boosts it up. And I've heard from multiple people that like the f- ending sequence is bananas. Yeah. But I I didn't quite know what that not bananas, entailed. but bug snacks. <laughs> it's not it's it's banopper <sighs> actually. Oh nice. Excuse nice, me. Nice. <laughs> I like how there's a bug snack that's just a fucking bag of trail mix. Yeah. Um <laughs> so the challenge for those guys is that they stand perfectly still and blend into their environment. Um, it's actually it's kind of What's fun their environment at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> they're like snack packs or something, and they're they're sort of special. Um, one of the characters loves them and like asks like part of her side quest is you have to keep finding them in the different areas for her. But they're actually pretty, pretty hard to find. It's it's fun. Um. All right. Awesome. What's well, bug snacks? Bug snacks. It is bug snacks. Uh. What do you guys want to talk about next? I f- what what why don't you two pick a game? Hmm. You know, I feel like guys, y'all have we talked about baseball enough? No. Never enough. Tell me more about baseball. How has it evolved <laughs> since then? Since oh, the last man. time we've talked uh, about I it. mean, we have to talk about Jalen Hot Dog Fingers and her resurrection. Apparently. Uh that's right, a big so- deal. I haven't really been paying attention since then. Like I saw the uh, people make games video that you shared that mostly covers baseball up until that point. Right. Uh, uh, Jalen hot dog fingers. There's shit's gone wild. There's like, there's now a, uh, they've like create a whole new like league of teams. I, I don't know if that was temporary um, or that's permanent or whatever, but like teams can score unruns is one of my new favorite <laughs> things. They, they can, they, they do a run backwards and it erases a point. That's kind of great. <laughs> Um, but like it's it uh the Jalen hot dog fingers thing. So like yeah, what right, is so, that? So so Jalen hot dog f- fingers was a player. Um, she was incinerated. I forget which season she was incinerated, and in, but she was incinerated. And then uh uh the game band who are the developers of baseball introduced a a new mechanic where you could idolize a player. Um, so you could pick any player whether they were on your chosen team or on someone else's team you would idolize them and what happened when you idolize them is that you uh could up upgrade using coins you could upgrade uh your stats so whenever your idol player scored a run or pitched someone out or any of that got a base 
you would get money from that and you can upgrade that so you get more money per all those things um and then they introduced this thing they introduced this new edict uh or blessing or whatever they were called i forget the terminology that you could uh, uh vote on um at the end of one of the seasons and it was to uh resurrect uh it was the player with the most idols i think it wasn't the player with the most idols. Oh, it wasn't okay it was the player with the 14th most idols <laughs> right <laughs> so and so whenever a player gets uh, uh um uh 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 murdered. uh murdered incinerated they will get sent to the null team right and the null team isn't really anything it's just kind of like it's basically like the graveyard in like a deck of pokemon cards or something right it's just like sure. clarifying that they're like over here in null sector and they're not part of like the actual game yeah the phantom zone. um right uh so the what the edict said Oh, I forget what the specific terminology was. It was something like the 14th, the player with the 14th most idols, they weren't resurrected. They got, they got some sort of special treatment, right? They got, they, they got something happened to them. Um, and everyone said, okay. being resurrected. It involved being resurrected, but they changed that. That was a reaction to like who ended up winning. Okay. So like basically, I'm gonna have to look this up, but it was something to the effect of like the four, the person with the 14th most idols is going to get like a special boon, like to that player, and then all the people playing base baseball were like, okay, what happens if the 14th, uh, the person with the 14th most idols is a dead incinerated player? and the devs were like um we don't know like we don't know what will happen in this course <laughs> of events and so this is the, a great example of like when you know the, the 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 active live game interacts with the the actual like canon of the game like because the game <laughs> is so small like it's not like a destiny or some other like games as a surface game where it takes months of asset development to like react to what the fans are thinking or wanting like they can do it within a week or two so because jalen hot dog fingers who was one of the was one of the most powerful characters i believe um like with the highest stats because she was already incinerated and in the null team got this boon she was resurrected and like a bunch of trippy stuff happened but it was like an example of like like i said the intersection of what the fans were how the fans are driving the game and how the devs had to react to that uh direction that's really cool that's a cool um way to look at live game dev essentially that's what makes that's what makes baseball so exciting is it's like Mm -hmm. an experiment in social game dev that that Mm, where everything is sort of influencing each other there's a constant feedback loop between players and developers that keep evolving the world and i think i like it that's hmm? all right i have the i have the specific uh information about it okay all right in season six following the induction uh, following the introduction of the idols leaderboard Jalen Hotdog Fingers began to climb the idol rankings to the 14th position, despite belonging to Null Team. 
Many fans coordinated to keep Hot Dog Fingers in the 14th position for several days, specifically in order to exploit the season six blessing called Lottery Pick, which would, quote, steal the 14th most idolized player in the league. So it would steal that player from whatever team they were on to the team, whoever cast the most votes. So like if all the uh, breath mints cast the most votes for that <laughs> for Lottery Pick, they would get Hot Dog Fingers. Right. Um, this plan worked as expected with hot dog fingers returning from incineration to become a full fledged player in the garages in the Seattle garages pitching rotation. Meanwhile, Mike Townsend left the active rotation and quote retreated to shadows. <laughs> hot dog fingers gained the modifications returned and deaded as well as the unique pregame ritual quote checking their pulse foreshadowing a terrible cost to bringing them back so yeah and then start introducing shit like like uh, the like being indebted or like there was the shelled thing when they introduced the peanuts like after a couple seasons like people players started getting shelled god um, was a giant peanut and i believe created his right, own they, baseball team out of like yeah. whoever was getting shelled <laughs> right there was a oh. there was a fucking jrpg boss battle of like the shelled players from all the teens versus god <laughs> so at well, the damn. end of one of the post seasons it just turned into this huge fight where like all the stats changed and instead of it being like a scoreboard tracking runs it was a giant health bar that would like trick down as they like fought god on the baseball diamond like <laughs> I don't I don't keep full track like people are like dedicated to this thing yeah, like yeah. I check in every once in a while I was a, I was a temp mod uh, even that got too stressful for me because that fucking discord is just like always oh, it's popping exploded. off yeah um, but I think it's uh, I think it's a powerful sensation um, and I think it also kind of similar to how Animal Crossing like virtualized like interpersonal con- connectivity this virtualized like sports fandom in a year <laughs> where like sports were kind of you know touch and go Dead. like i mean a lot of sports kept going despite you know maybe knowing not better yeah maybe they shouldn't have maybe maybe <laughs> they especially with some of the lack of uh the health guidelines that they were following but uh yeah i think it's cool it's not something it's something that i will fight very hard for it's not something that i would say um it's not something that i can constantly keep track of because yeah. it's just it's it's like you know it's sensory overload i I check it (laughs) once a week and i still can't tell exactly what's happening when i go to that site but i all the stories i hear and everything that i have understood about baseball up to this point lead me to believe that it very much deserves a best games played i uh nice i still haven't lost any money like i guess i'm still not part of the one percent because i have like (laughs) eleven thousand coins i should check there are points where people had like like less money than I have right now, and they were part of the eat the rich blessing, and they would lose all their money, and they would be distributed amongst all the uh, the other players. But maybe now the oh, economy gotcha. is in such a place that, like, I am actually. Oh wait, no, I have ten thousand peanuts. I have twenty three thousand coins. <laughs> You're gonna crack open a peanut. Mm, so <laughs> great. <laughs> I love I love how that just like depletes your peanuts without doing anything. Just changes everything. <laughs> I think it does do something, but I don't, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. No one knows. Um, but I, as always, the commissioner is doing a great job. I was going to say that people make games video is maybe one of the best introductions to this game because it also sort of breaks into what else makes this game special and that people have divin- dove into the code since it's an HTML game and they can do that. Yeah. And God, I can't remember everything he listed off, but like player stats 
aside from what's shown to you, there's a lot of hidden shit, and yeah. it includes Shakespeareanism and versimilitude yeah. ver- Anti-capitalist. Ver- similitude and like number of fingers. <laughs> All things All that, that factor, apparently. It's wild. Baseball is is so, so cool. Uh, excuse me. Blaseball. Blaseball. Our, Just Blaseball is pretty cool. Our <laughs> nation's pastime. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's base- Blaseball. God damn it. Yes. I almost did, too. Um, I got one. All right. Hit me. I think... All right. Look, I think it's important to talk about open world games. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to talk about open world fatigue. Uh-huh. I think it's important to talk about the possible solutions to such, which I think Ghost of Tsushima does extremely well. That's interesting. Mm. I know. I did not expect to like this game. Um Are you playing this? Are you playing these games on PS4 or PS5? Uh both. So I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima on both. Um Is the sa- is there save transfer in it? It I uses cloud saves. Because mm. it's still just a PS4 game. It's right. not a PS5 game, so it'll just use whatever the PlayStation Plus um, cloud save is. Yeah. Did you see this bullshit with the so the Spider-Man it's cloud weird. save it's, transfer? It's weird. I don't it's like, like it. You have to convert your PS4 save into a PS5 save. Yeah. And I, then you can I transfer was, it. <laughs> I had unplugged my PS5. I mean, my PS4. By the time I got to the start screen of the PS5 version of Miles Morales and just went, wait, what? Yeah. And then had to go back and redo that. So that's it's, a whole thing. It's stupid as fuck. It's dumb. <laughs> um, but open world, the open world of Ghost of Tsushima is first and foremost, fucking gorgeous. This game is beautiful. Um, and I, I say that as somebody who watched the initial trailers and said that's never going to look like that when that comes out like there's just no way Mm. turns out it totally looks like that and it looks even better on the ps5 Hmm. which god i really really love running things at just a little bit over 60 frames a second it's not it's not that important to me but it looks really fucking good anyway goes to tsushima as you are moving from one location to the next you might happen to because you're on the road that's where everybody travels come across somebody that needs help when you do that they'll say they'll do their whole thing they'll be like lord sakai you play a character named jin sakai he is actually technically next in line to rule tsushima um it's like his uncle is is a lord um so he's not a ronin he's not a ronin okay but in the beginning not a huge spoiler basically all the samurai die so so you are building up your legend as jin sakai and everything you do ends up like building to this as you get skill points this meter is building and it says your legend grows and it's at the beginning it's like broken warrior or something like that and then it gets it gets stronger and stronger as the story goes on where throughout Tsushima they're talking about hey there's this samurai that didn't die and he's defending us and he's not fighting like a samurai he's more fighting like a ghost he is the ghost of Tsushima and Mm. like that legend gets spread out further and further and it's reflected in the in the skills upgrades so you get skill points and the legend grows and it'll be something like traveling warrior 
Um, I think right now it's like avenging spirit and, and, and it's all like a little bit, a little bit ham fisted, but also that's what the, that's what haikus are. And so everything is coming at it from this like perspective. The haiku shit is actually like kind of nice. It's, it's well done. So it's Um, not, it's not the, it's not the like aspect. Cause I do think it's cool. Like having this very like kind of like reflective like you can like write a poem like while observing the landscape but i remember and i haven't really engaged with this game at all so take what i say with a grain of salt but i remember austin walker talking about this game and talking about how uh the haiku stuff kind of broke the illusion for that game broke the fiction for him because haikus were not invented for another several centuries after this game supposedly takes place so it kind of you know i you know i am not I'm not a weeb. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a <laughs> Japanophile at sure. all. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it's... I uh, can't see it, but I'm throwing my hands up in. Yeah, I know. Who I, the like, fuck it, cares? Well, I mean, it it depends on what they're trying to sell you, right? Like, if they're just sure. saying, like, hey, this is just a mishmash. Like, if it, if we're going for the Sekiro style of, like, it's just a mishmash of, like, Japanese influences, that's fine. But they definitely, at points, came away from it very, uh, like, oh, this is, like this is like stoic and dedicated to like the reverence of like displaying like, and I don't know what century this game's supposed to take place. I assume like some form of Shogun at Japan. Um, I, and- it takes place during the first Mongol invasion of Japan, which happened between uh, 1274 and 1281. Okay. Um, and who is the famous Japanese director that they also like styled their black and white mode after? Alex, you say it so I don't fuck up the name. Oh, God. Uh, you're going to have to pick it to me because I don't even know the name. All right, one second. Uh, <laughs> who directed uh, uh, Seven Samurai? Kurosawa. Kurosawa. There we go. Akira Kurosawa. There um, we go. And it's like, you know, when when I would hear about, like, film critics, like, look at, like, the black and white mode and Ghost of Tsushima and say, like, well, like, all they really did is put, like, a a black and white filter over all the visuals in this game. Like if you look at the Kurosawa film, like there's like intentionality behind like how things are lit to like mm-hmm. better accentuate, like using chiaroscuro or whatever to like help with like the, the, the differences in the values of the blacks and the whites. Um, so yeah, so like, I think part of the reason I didn't really engage with this game was because of that, like weird hackneyed, uh, uh weebishness or like <laughs> japanese culture thing hmm. uh but again like if the game's fun and like it seems fun and people seem to enjoy it i'm not i'm not trying to bring it down yeah i so the open world <laughs> part is cool uh-huh. because what they do with the mechanics is they simplified everything so that as you are playing the game it does what it thinks you are trying to do so best example is, hey, um, are you trying to walk on this rope? We're just going to snap you to it. Are you trying to uh, get from one place to the next? We're just going to set that as your new marker. And don't worry about opening the map because you'll just follow the wind. Um, so much of this game is just play it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like. Because of that, it is a lot easier easier to play this game than it is to play most because it is more interested in getting you from uh point a to point b and having that either be a b 
beautiful experience or a fun one mm-hmm. um, m- makes it just way easier to want to keep playing. And That's I think cool. that I think that is the bigger thing with with the open world aspect is just like, yeah, the stuff there is actually important <laughs> or the stuff there is actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't it's not a hassle to to play with. I think I'm like, I am the the loudest person to say that Metal Gear Solid 5's third person controls are some of the best ever. This is closer to that than most games that are open world, I feel like. Like, I feel okay. like this, like, took a lot from the newer Assassin's Creed games and said, okay, cool, but what if we just made it immediately fun? What if we jumped into it? Mm-hmm. yeah i uh i'm interested in checking it out it's just it's hasn't good. been high on my list yeah uh sony's definitely been hitting it out of the park this year with first I, party again i am surprised at how much i am enjoying this game considering i kind of hate open world games now maybe i need a ps4 fucking god ps4s are pretty cool <laughs> he had one and he's like oh, i'm done cool. with this Sorry, right. I was done with it. <laughs> <laughs> even Monster even owning a PS5, what else does it is it used for? Oh boy, even owning a PS5, I have found great use for my PS4. <laughs> Remote Doorstop. play, cross save, the Yakuza games that aren't playable on the PS5 for some reason. Yeah, there's like a few that are just like, hey, this is we're not. Don't do that. I think they're all on Game Pass. Want to skip a step? Um, all the Kawamis and Zero and Like mm-hmm. a Dragon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Like a Dragon's on there, but I think all the elements are. Yeah, that was Probably brand new, so maybe not. Yeah. Um, let's talk about another Sony first party real quick. I want to hear about Astro's Playroom. Game's so fucking cool. What is up with what? Why are people losing their minds over this this uh, platformer? Do you enjoy good platforming? The Wii Sports Dylan? of the PS5. Do you enjoy good platforming? Well, I just told you I replayed Super Mario Odyssey this year, so yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, Super Mario 3D, and I was... Well, all of them, yeah. All good platformers. All fantastic. So imagine a good platformer that also is a great tech demo. Okay. It's yeah, so tell me about fucking the, good. The cooling springs, and tell me about the... Du- Actually, excuse mm-hmm. me, forget yeah, all that fucking bullshit. Let's talk about the, DualSense. DualSense. Talk about the, about the DualSense. goddamn DualSense. All right, I have it here. I have it. I have it here on this uh-huh. audio podcast. Look at it's, it. It's, it's actually. I actually think it's well designed. Um, a lot of people don't like the PS5 design either. I like both. Uh, so, I think you. I agree with the criticism of that. The face buttons, the fact that they have no color, makes it a little frustrating just from like a usability standpoint because you can't tie the icons, the UI on the screen to face buttons and then also i've heard that they're a little too flush with the controller like they don't have much throw do you feel that way no no i actually saw from somebody else it was um from i can't remember which fighting game player but they were like it is absurd that this does not drop inputs like they were like (laughs) the fact that it's heavier means that it is more solid in my hands and the fact that i can feel everything responding appropriately means that the PS5 is not the worst place for like gamepad players, which is nuts. Still kicking myself with the fact that it took 
Sony five generations to get to the controller that Microsoft got to in a generation. And then they just keep putting out the same one. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Which is like, it's, it's a good one. Um, yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. But so the, so the DualSense has haptics in like pretty much everything. Um, in the, in the middle, if you, when you start the game, uh, so the whole pitch of the game is that Astro's Playroom takes place inside of your PlayStation. You go into GPU Plaza and like or GPU Jungle and GPU Jungle there is literally a robot singing a song to you about all the things that the graphics processing unit does. Oh my god, this is like Mark Cerny's wet dream. What is this? <laughs> it's also a lot like Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. It is surprisingly close to that and the more i played this the more i was like oh shit sony could just make this a a, a new franchise which um, is hilarious because they also made a Sackboy boy 3d platformer that apparently is not as well received yeah I, I heard that but so so you start the game um there is an there's a robot in your controller and you swipe it up to fling them out of it you feel every single centimeter of the swipe up like you you Everything that's happening on the screen responds. So, like the controller that's on the screen rotates as you rotate. It's again, it's just a good tech demo. Um, I buy into the the sand. Walking in the sand feels different from swimming. Feels different from walking on the beach or walking on the on the boardwalk. And it it actually does. As much as I poo poo like motion controls because I don't mm. think motion controls add a lot to my game experience. I am the fucking I am a diehard for haptics because oh, yeah. It's, Especially when done well. When done amazing, it's like it's it's so it it lends so much more to the connection. And we can talk mm-hmm. about Forza Horizon 4 in a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I am yeah. so goddamn excited to get my hands on a dual sense to just see how that <laughs> thing fucking feels. I I'm fighting everything in me not to buy the new call of duty specifically to go into a shooting gallery and just try every gun yeah because they have it set where yeah there is different adaptive resistance for each individual gun to the point where a sniper gun a sniper rifle or any bolt action rifle you like actually have to commit to pulling the trigger down yeah otherwise it won't go like it actually stops you like i've been i've been a proponent of of like analog triggers and haptics since fucking super mario sunshine like there's 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 something to it man like there's so much so much more interactivity can be done when that shit's done well yeah yeah and Um, and it's just like it's it's good platforming plus that plus like just honestly it is a celebration of i say that i say this whenever i like things that do this um it really is like a legitimate celebration of PlayStation because as you are walking through the worlds, um, there are other robots acting out scenes from other games. And then there's a cameraman, like f- a camera bot filming it. Um, so as that if, it's like, like, this is the translation to like the actual game. Exactly. Exactly. Like there is a, there is a Dante from devil may cry one dressed like devil may cry one Dante fighting a bot <laughs> that looks like a Devil May Cry 1 enemy. There is a, a campfire where there are just four bots playing Monster Hunter on PSP goes or on PSPs Aww. or Vitas <laughs> or whatever. And you and each and you 
you start collecting different things and you start finding these puzzle pieces and all of it goes to the PlayStation Labo. I don't know why they called it the Labo. Like That's, that, part's, yeah. that part's super weird. I got to um, talk to Nintendo legal it's, it's, about this. It's super what? weird. <laughs> and as you're building the puzzle pieces, you find out that it's building this giant PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 5 mural and you're collecting art artifacts of mm-hmm. PlayStation history all the way to oh i found a memory card i found a controller i found a console and then you can just go and look at it whenever you want it's 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 the, it's it's the smash brothers it's the smash brothers of sony it's the smash brothers it's of a sony. more fun smash brothers sure whatever but you know the it's the, a smash brothers for sony the celebration of of a certain uh gamedom mm-hmm. yeah it is a it is it's a lot of fun and like again good platformers are just good platformers um and the fact that this is just built in so you can play this while everything else is downloading is one of the smartest things that uh that sony could have done yeah i'm excited i'm excited that it's just there installed it's fucking awesome uh that's cool that's fucking cool all right haptic feedbacks Mm -hmm. let's talk about fucking forza horizon 4 the game's (laughs) rad I knew you were a proponent of it last year, and I'm like, okay, racing game. And I was like, well, I have Game Pass now. Well, I guess I had Game Pass last year, but I was like, all right, I'm going to install this because, like, Nelson's going to talk about Forza again for the second mm-hmm. year in a row. Mm-hmm. Holy game's, fuck. Game's cool. Holy fuck. That game's really cool. Holy fuck. Yeah, I have, cool. I have never had such visceral reaction from a fucking simulation light racing game holy shit holy shit if you're not playing this game with an xbox controller xbox yeah. one controller you are you are fucking yourself up this game there are rotors and mm-hmm. haptics in the xbox controller that i didn't know existed until i played this fucking game exactly because when you go into a drift and then you hit the left trigger to like hit the brake it rumbles the same way being someone that's driven and being someone that has like had to slam on the brake every once in a while, if I have to like make an immediate stop, being someone that drifts, yeah, being someone that drifts on the streets in London in England, um, <laughs> it feels just like slamming on a brake and feeling your brake pad bounce off your tire. It feels the exact same. You hit that, you feel that rumble of just like as like you screech into the drift. And I'm like, holy shit, this makes this game so much more like I I can react to this game so much better because I, I know like I know what this feeling is like I know what this is like and it's so rare to be able to to take that one to one and I always do like I fucking talk about like my one to one like understanding of like driving a car in a video game and driving a car in real life. But like it's wild mm-hmm. how much it's there and it's like that alone makes me want to keep playing the game and that and they have their drive lines and their drive avatars and all that shit like it's all there um and that's all fun to engage with it also is has the open world stuff of like here are a bunch of icons on the map and drive to the icons uh but yeah it's 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 the haptics and it's stylish as hell it's really every, dope every time you run over a finish line it cuts to like this big blank expansive room that your car just kind of like glides into it just cuts immediately to it and there are big like giant jumbotron screens where it shows like your positioning and like your lap times and all this shit and like how much like currency you accrued 
that like fucking i'm sold like holy shit mm-hmm. all that plus drop in drop out multiplayer plus cross platform plus cross save plus it's on game pass yeah like it's it's so hard not to recommend this yeah if you have any part if you're a part of that microsoft ecosystem at all it's like it's kind of a no-brainer it's pretty killer that's it's all just I like to it's say. fucking fun <laughs> yeah it's just like just go race yeah i i love i love a racing game that's not too uh uh up its own ass mm-hmm. about like the the preciousness of, of, of a of a perfect race because if you fuck up you just hit the rewind button you rewind mm-hmm. a couple seconds you're like all right let me take that turn a little tighter a little looser let me let me do this a little better yeah um like I don't need like I don't need to be like oh I fucked up that turn let me go and reset the race and start over from the beginning. Other very cool things that very cool thing about Forza Horizon Four the showcases have you done them? Any mm, of them? I might have. Are those any different than like yeah. it's it's kind of hard to tell what like yeah they're mad I'm doing. different. So okay. the showcases are different cinemat- cinematic showcases for for the racing um so in one of them you might race a train in another one i'm not even kidding you race a jet oh Hmm. i have done one of these i think i think they do one of these as like the intro like tutorial and the the coolest one is when you play as a warthog oh you're playing as master chief and you have to get from one place to the next and the whole time it'll be like banshees or whatever the other things are will be sure. like flying overhead Hornets. and yeah and they set up the barriers instead of normal barriers it's the energy barriers from halo so like there is just a lot of love behind the way this game works it's the smash brothers of my- <laughs> of racing i'm like it is it just is much like street fighter 3 is the celebration <clears throat> Street Fighter 3? I'm sorry. Yeah, Street <laughs> Fighter 3 is a celebration of Street Fighter because Sean Matsuda and Alex take over for um, for Ken Ryu, and then Alex basically takes over for Guile, mm-hmm. but they never really they never really uh, stuck it. Like, they just kept moving forward with Ken and Ryu because people didn't like it enough. Huh. The uh, Forza Horizon 4 also has like the season thing where it'll change seasons because mm-hmm. like the Horizon event is like year long now. Um, and at the beginning of the game, it like shows you the the how the seasons work. So like you start a race and it's in, I think, like either summer or fall and you transition through all four and it has like a little subtitle. It's like summer season and there's like, haha, like like summer fun time, fun in the sun or something like that. And there's like one where you like race a bunch of like BMX bikes <laughs> as like a stock, cool. stock car, which is really weird. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I'm going to kill someone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're like going through a dirt road. You're like going through a forested area. Um, and then they transition to winter and like they make a big deal about how like winter like opens up new paths so it like freezes a lake and you can drive over the lake and access areas you couldn't access in like spring or summer it transitions to winter and the subtitle comes up and it says a song of ice and tires and i'm like get fucked okay (laughs) yeah this came out when that was like mad hot yeah wow um I just thought that I was like, okay, come on, guys. Like, yeah. that's yeah, that's a bit too much. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but no, game's cool as fuck. Like you, you, you bring it up on your list. You don't even have it on your top ten list. I don't even have it on my list anymore. God, I it was on my I, list last year, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Because like before, I was like, this doesn't seem like a contender. But now I'm like, it's pretty fucking cool. Mm, <laughs> maybe. It's pretty fucking cool. I got to tell you. Maybe. maybe. All right. Um, uh, you know what else is, is like a car? What? A, a ghost. <laughs> Jesus. I, I'm i sorry. What else has Master Chief in it? <laughs> <laughs> a ghost. Phasmophobia. <laughs> Phasmophobia, Alex. I, <laughs> tell me all about I, it. Look, I really wanted to interject at the end of Ghost of Tsushima. We just rolled right ahead. <laughs> I was like, no, I no, was no, so just, ready. Just do I was it. queued just up do and it. everything. <laughs> yeah, so Ghost of Tsushima is pretty cool. Alex, what do you have to say about that? So, uh, so you know what else has a person in armor? Hello. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh my god. Fan- All right, is it phasmophobia or phantasmophobia? Phasmophobia. Are you We've sure? been saying phantasmophobia mm-hmm. as a joke. We also say phasmataz. We fa- we say phantasmataz. I we we got all sorts of fun ways of calling out this game as, you gotta as razzle the thing dazzle we're doing. the ghosts. Yeah, we're we're gonna razzmatazz these ghosts. Uh, it's man, I I can't think of a better game to be labeled as lightning in a bottle. Mm. I it's this is an perhaps exp- you've heard of Among Us. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the caveat for that: uh, Werewolf already existed. Um, <laughs> that's actually yeah. that's actually a really really good point. You know what else already existed? <laughs> Ghostbusters. You know okay. you know that this game was originally a licensed ghost hunter game. Yeah, it should have been. Apparently, there is some history behind this being something funded by the Ghost Adventures crew. Uh, ghost Adventures being a reality TV show where Zach Bagans, uh, F-list TV celebrity, and his crew. Um, go to different locations around the world in an attempt Howie to find... Howie Mandel's there, Joe Rogan's there. It's <laughs> yep. all the, the hitters. <laughs> uh, go to various real-world real locations that are haunted in an attempt to find paranormal evidence. Um, and if you want a better... If you want an argument as to why that show's fake as hell, everywhere they go is paranormal. Riddled with ghosts. Haunted to hell. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, <laughs> my favorite joke so far has been from YouTube channel Girlfriend Reviews. Shout out to Girlfriend Reviews about um how uh Zach Bagans must have pulled the plug, pulled funding and licensing from this game because he found out you would actually be able to see a ghost in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, but it it's a multiplayer experience that just has not been done before to my knowledge of just a horror game in the sense and, and like a very true horror gaming sense in that you you don't really have any way to protect yourself other than running and hiding um that is experienced with friends and is still utterly terrifying yeah a, it's good as fuck it's <laughs> so good i uh it, all right, so we're going to give a brief uh, explanation, explainer on what Phasmophobia is. If you're not familiar, uh, yeah, pick a level. It's got, a dif- it's got difficulty uh, levels. You go into the map. You have tools and supplies with you, and you need to use those tools and supplies to gather evidence to determine what kind of ghost is haunting this house. 
things like setting up cameras and seeing if they capture orbs or objects moving, uh, carrying around a little like spirit box, which plays static and is supposed to allow a ghost to talk to you. Um, there's like six key different types of evidence and every ghost in the game is made up of three. Uh, I, so far, I believe that makes up for, it probably could do more, but I think right now there's only 12 types of ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They also all behave a little bit differently in how they interact with things. So like poltergeists, objects being thrown around isn't a key evidence, but if it's a poltergeist, you will see more things being thrown around. Um, there's a portion there's a part of the game called the hunt if lights start flickering and the front door locks you're trapped in the house with the ghost while it is hunting (laughs) this is the only dangerous part of the game Uh, it's where the ghost can actually kill you if it's hunting a lot it's probably a demon there's stuff like that yeah um fun some are more likely to hunt if so there's also like an insanity a sanity meter for right. each player. Um, and if your sanity gets super low, nothing bad happens to like the player, but it does like, make the chance of a hunt happening much right. higher. It increases the rate of it. Um, gotcha. There's also, you, there's also a, a Ouija board could randomly spawn in whatever level you're in. So there's like, there's a house, there's like a regular, like, like, there's uh, like two or three house. regular houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's like a ranch house out in like the woods. There's an insane asylum. There's an abandoned high school. There's a prison. Prison's like, the brand prison's new. A new one. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you can actually check, check the Trello. Top of the line. Um, I think the coolest thing about this game is I. All right, I still haven't looked this up, but everyone We're has said about it's this. a solo dev, which um, isn't a thing. No such thing <laughs> as a game made by a solo dev. I believe. <laughs> To Dylan's credit, there's almost certainly some asset purchasing happening. Um, lots of varying quality levels in some of these art assets in this game. Uh, and and um, on the tr- there's but there's a public Trello you can see where he's like planning out the future of the game, and I believe like the next two maps include a mansion. Okay. Yeah. Um, B- bougie ghosts. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's the only kind that really matters. Oh, and I think an apartment. It's top one percent of ghosts. Yeah. Um. But man, I I this is just it's such a unique experience. To yeah. no, it's great. Yeah. To 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 get together with a group of four friends and 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 get frightened together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In a game like Among Us, where sometimes it can be frustrating to play with someone you being a new player and playing with other experienced players it can be frustrating because like they know so much more of the meta and can use it against you in a game like this i feel no impulsion to like better learn some of the systems because <laughs> i'm always playing with what like i'm playing with alex or i'm playing with alex's cousin or alex's cousin's significant other or playing with alex's wife um and they all know like the systems better than me. So they're going to, so we, <laughs> you start in the, the ghost hunting truck and there's all the tools There are flashlights. There are infra uh, ultraviolet flashlights that can find like fingerprints from the ghost. There's EMF readers that find like electromagnetic frequencies that the ghost can emit. Um, thermometers, like thermometer guns that can measure. So if the temperature gets down to freezing, you know, a ghost is round. Um, 
I don't pay attention to any of that shit. Like, I, like, I don't like <laughs> study super hard. Like, what, what, like, I will ask you, like, all right, what do we need? But I'm not like, I'm never the one like blazing the trail. It's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead this expedition. And like, all right, you grab that and you grab that and you grab that. Like, everyone's already being like, everyone else in the party is already like super attuned to like how to like min max the game. Where I'm just like, la, 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 la. Oh, we need a thermometer. All right, I grab that. All right, we need a flashlight. Get that. Uh, and then I'll just walk into the house and, or, oh, we need a crucifix. I'll bring the crucifix, throw the crucifix on the ground. Um, cause like one of the optional objectives could be like stop a hunt from happening with a crucifix. And so you just like, there's like a light, a lot of the game is just like figuring out what the pathing of the ghost is going to be. So they're like oh. motion sensors you can set up and be like, all right, we know the ghost is in starts in this room because the temperature is freezing in this room and we can see our breaths. How, like how long is his path? Um, hmm. You, you got to like track it to collect the evidence. You have to know where it is. Right. Like sometimes like one of the things you want to, uh, one of the optional objectives is like find a faucet that runs dirty water. So you like run a faucet nearby in like a bathroom or a kitchen um, or maybe like in a basement and like some like utility sink. Uh, and if the water starts running like a muddy brown, you take a picture of it and that's part of your evidence. Um but if like they start a hunt and you've thrown a crucifix down the ground, like in their pathing of where they start their hunt from, it'll, axe the taunts and you'll hear like a sound effect they'll be like <sighs> yeah and it means like they've been like de-summoned or exercised from initiating the hunt right um this Terrifying. game is i love it yeah but so it also has rudimentary uh, uh voice recognition yes. in the game so every ghost has a name and it's like some white guy named like ron johnson or something <laughs> Jareth. i yeah. to its credit they used to be extremely white um as of <laughs> the time of recording this podcast, they've incre- they've implemented some some more diverse names. Yeah, there's like some Latinx names white. now. Yeah. yeah, it's like Rachel Ramirez now. Yeah. It's like okay, it's a little less white. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, y- you can say their name, and saying their name can sometimes anger them or like communicate with them. So if you have the spirit box, which is like the radio thing Alex was talking about, and you're holding that, you can like you be like, "Ask them where are you or how f- or like how far are yeah. you?" And they'll say things like "far" or "close" or "behind you." Yeah. And it'll be like kind of digitized, like a not super Microsoft Sam, but kind of similar. But it'll be like here, which here, if you watch here. the Ghost Adventure show, which I have to admit i have like a bit of <laughs> big a fan. Uh, big, big fan big fan big <laughs> fan it's a guilty pleasure um that is how those ghost hunting devices work is they just like okay. emit static but there's like a microchip inside that interprets the the waves that a ghost emits as words and, okay. and says it as like a microsoft so voice. yeah okay amazing iconic but my favorite is like so like uh, the best person to play this game with is uh alex's cousin mike oh yeah because mike has no fear <laughs> he, ha- he has no fear until he has one fear yeah um and that one fear is ghost that fear is ghost but yeah. he will fuck around with ghosts so much so he'll grab the spirit box immediately run into the room where we think the ghost is like hey hey little asshole what do you want what do you what do you want what do you want john and then it'll be like kill and you're like fuck and you'll just throw the box down and like we gotta get out of here but like the last the last game so i've never seen like much paranormal of it like i'll see the ghost every once in a while i'll be like oh there it is your first game was had a lot of activity i remember i remember your first game specifically because she kept showing up in the corner that ghost Mm. like popped in and kept staring at us 
while we were right. in that room and and like, like you had to stop after that first game because of how much she appeared in front of yeah. you <laughs> but since then it's been a lot less like it's stopped been like much uh action like sometimes you don't see the ghost at all sometimes you're just like oh the ghost there is flickered in the corner you, you play enough mm. games you see enough variety in it also ghosts have a chance to be shy which means sometimes they will only do things if only one person is in the room with them Right. right. Yeah. So, right. like, sometimes if you need an event to trigger to like get the additional uh, objective, it'd be like, all right, who's going to be the patsy and stand in the room in the dark by themselves and just shout the person's name over and over again to get them to to show up. Um. But yeah, I've never seen like I've never seen a hunt. Like I've never seen a real hunt just because the people I've been playing with are just so good at like setting up the traps and the crucifixes that as soon as a hunt triggers, the thing gets desummoned. But last night or. Was it last night? A couple nights ago? A couple nights ago. Recently, I was Mike and I uh, were in the house, and Mike and I also we both like to fuck around. So we have like a little <laughs> like summoning dance like song. Yeah, it's like yeah. we figure out the guy. I've done the like, summoning Ron dance Johnson, with him. Johnson, Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson, and we'll just like walk around in a circle in the room, just like try to get the thing to trigger. And then we like we're in one of the suburban houses. And the thing was in the garage. We found that the ghost was going to be in the garage. And so we like walked out of the garage and like down the hallway past the kitchen. And we're just like standing like in the hallway, like next to the stairwell that went up to the second floor. And we were just like shouting its name, like down the (laughs) hall. It's like, Ron, come on, Ron, Ron. And then like, it just showed up in the hallway. We're like, Oh fuck. And then we both just like, all right, time, time to run upstairs. And like, there's no, there's no full animation in this game. It's all like, just like, main frame so it's like mm-hmm. this is you running it's just like frame and then frame and then frame and you oh, clip through everything so like there's collision <laughs> on your character but like you'll clip through other characters like it's 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 funny how janky it is in places it, but it's, um, it's very 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 early access but this was the only time i ever like actually was like engaged in like where my like life was at risk within the game <laughs> And Mike was just like, we got to fucking go upstairs. I was like, okay. So I was just like hurriedly following him. And then he, we're in the upstairs hallway and he just opens up a hallway closet. And he's like, get get the fuck in here. And then we both <laughs> jumped in. He's like, all right, shh, 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 shh. And we closed the doors. And then I just like crouched. And then we just heard the footsteps getting louder and louder. And we just heard him coming up the stairs. And then he was like literally right outside the door. And we're both just kind of like staring at each other. Just like, and like right before... <laughs> Uh, right before he got to the door, we like my flashlight was still on, and like I knew not to make any sound because the sound would alert him. But I was like, "Does light alert him?" But I didn't want to ask Mike because that would make sound. And I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna turn off the flashlight." But the flashlight also makes sound when I turn it off, and so I just went click click, and then we both just held our breaths, <laughs> and then and then the ghost went away and it was fine. But like that that was like the only point where it's like, oh, okay, here's the actual like action sequence that I hadn't ever really seen before yeah. that point yeah i i i it's that, rad. i have to i have to sort of retell a bit of that experience because um i was out in the truck getting supplies when the hunt triggered and it was you and mike and i think junior was in there too um i, I don't know where she was she was in some other part of the house right uh so as soon as it started i went to watch through a window and i see <laughs> mike and dylan standing in the kitchen of this house watching that hallway and all i <laughs> <laughs> you can't um it's uh, the game has like a proximity voice chat and if you're outside yeah. the house you can't hear the people in there very well i can hear very muffled talking between them extremely muffled i, I can't make it out it's super quiet but i hear them scream 
<laughs> both at the same time, <laughs> right as they like turn to book it up the stairs. <laughs> did you see the ghost come come around the corner? I did, and then I watched the ghost follow you guys, and was like, "Oh shit, that's why." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's we right. we were we were fucking with that ghost, and the ghost was like, "Hey, what's up?" We're like, "Oh oh oh god, we gotta get out of here." It's amazing. So you play with the ghost, game. and then as soon as the ghost wants to play with you, you just leave. That's rude. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, how dare you? <laughs> It's amazing that as rudimentary and, for lack of a better term, early access this game is, how much I want to keep playing it. Yeah. Like, it's I, just very I can't good put at, it down. It's, it's, it's my new nightly obsession. It's very good at taking advantage of, like, sound design. Like, it knows, like, what it needs to polish and what it just, like... Like, I don't give a shit that I'm clipping through the other players or, yeah. like... Or the like, fact if that you when look... you, like, aim up, your your character's body bends, snaps backwards right. at the torso. Yeah. Yeah, you bend at the waist and you're just like, I heard something upstairs! <laughs> um, but, uh... But, yeah, the sound design is what makes it killer and then just, like, randomly, like, just spawning in the model and just, like, making it flicker uh like that's that's where it's important like yeah, that's so cool it's a good game i i eagerly await a little more polish and a lot more content uh, i'll keep playing this game for years i feel that's, that's pretty rad that it yeah. that it is that janky and that interesting of a concept and execution that they're just like hey it doesn't matter yeah like, i mean just, this is just good I don't know if it's because of the quarantine or what, but this definitely feels like the year of... Oh, and also this game kind of like started as like VR. Like most people played yes. it originally in VR. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think um, that's why all the animations are like... All the all the aiming is like tied to various bones on the character model. Right. Because that's sort of how VR works. <laughs> uh, hmm. It's only hmm. 14 bucks. Yeah. Nelson. It's not bad. If you want to join us. I don't like getting so. spooked that much. It's not that spooky. I'm also I don't like getting spooked a coward. that much. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I am a coward. I'm also a coward, and I'm telling you, as someone that is very cowardly, this game, because there are other people around. Oh, sure. That's it, too. Like, I, I, I happily get into this game because you're sharing that experience with friends, and death isn't too bad. It's scary as fuck, Famous and your heart words. rate definitely races, but, like, once you are dead, you just kind of get popped into a spirit world. It's yeah. the map, but every texture is like a light blue and there's a haze. Um, and you can fuck with objects. Right. Hmm. That's the cool thing is you can also fuck with your teammates and like pick up objects and throw them at them. That's kind of <laughs> great. Um, but if but if you do die in the VR version, you die in real life. Correct. Cool. So it's Sword Art Online. <laughs> I thought you said you weren't a weeb. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> all right. We got a handful of other games to talk about. Um I don't really need to talk about Ring Fit. Yeah, which one of them are actually good? <laughs> okay. I'm all of them. Mm. Oh, I mean, we have Demon Souls on here, so I'm not uh, this <laughs> too sure. Have you all played right, Dark Souls? Have... It's like that. Yeah. It's like that, but really, really pretty. <laughs> also, so pretty. phenomenal sound design. Fucked up sound design. Uh, Hold on. I'm just tabulating what we have left. I think I'd like to talk about shotgun farmers at the very least. That's fine. Um, do you want to do that now? Let's do it now. Now? Okay. So now? <laughs> yeah. Now? Yeah. Now seems good. Uh, man, I've had a lot of first-person shooters in my life come and go. <laughs> a lot and of loves. 
A lot of loss. <laughs> I I this year alone I've been playing more Overwatch than I had last year. Um this new thing called Valorant. Uh some Halo. Mm-hmm. Man, that Halo. The fact that Damn shotgun Halo. farmers can still stand out to me, I think should be testament enough. But we're gonna get a little deeper into it. It's a very casual FPS, multiplayer deathmatch first person shooter. Mm-hmm. It's got one unique mechanic in that every shot that you miss plants a seed in the ground that grows into the gun that you were using. Uh and and that's kind of it. Otherwise, you got cool maps, you mm-hmm. got faster movement if you're holding a melee weapon. You got I organic some, colorf- some colorful farm art to table artisan violence yeah that's a good tagline we should send that to them call us up i think what makes it special to me and what puts it on my list is that when i got tired of other first person shooters when i got stressed of other multiplayer first person shooters that demanded like the highest skill level from me shotgun farmers feels relaxing (laughs) it feels like it's not asking too much it's just hey want to have a good time want to want to shoot some other players with like a corn of the cob shotgun like it just it does a good job of playing up a more relaxed atmosphere and offering up mechanics that are easy to grasp and don't require a ton of skill level it's just mostly point and shoot yeah it does sound nice yeah i I feel like Man, I feel I, like this year. Sorry. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. I feel like this year is the year of, hey, do you just want to like wanna play a game? Wanna, like have a good time. The year of, hey, shit's rough. Do yeah. you just want to take it yeah. easy? And I think Please? it's really funny that I bring this up on the cusp of Dylan sharing a pretty great article. <laughs> oh, yes. About some COD pros wanting non- skill-based matchmaking in Call of Duty so that they can have a stress-free Call of Duty experience from time to time. The quote quote being, you should should take matchmaking to work the way it worked back in Halo 2, to which the devs responded, it works exactly the same way it worked back in Halo 2. (laughs) You dumbasses. Amazing. Um, Amazing. I actually kind of wonder if Shotgun Farmer has any skill-based matchmaking because... I keep dominating. I don't want to brag, but like sometimes I feel <laughs> don't like... Don't want to brag, but I will. <laughs> well, we're here. Uh, I definitely keep feeling like I'm really, really good at this game. <laughs> like topping the leaderboards with like a margin of 20 or 30 kills. <laughs> uh, no big deal. I, I, you know... But... It's it, all that, um, it's all that Valorant training. Maybe yeah. it is. It's all yeah. the shouting at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Valorant. Um, I mean, it also might just be the effect of the player size. Like, like I there think might, that might have something to do with it. And, and my actions are certainly metric. diminishing it further. Uh, <laughs> what's cool <laughs> is... I, this game anymore. What's, what's cool is... Uh, I think it just had an Xbox release a month ago. So now mm-hmm. it's on that store. Um, that That's might awesome. grow it. Yeah, I saw that. Um, is it on Game Pass? Oh, I don't know. 
But, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot to say. It's colorful. It's cute. It's a relaxing first multiplayer first person shooter. Uh, oh, unheard of. Honestly, I think I think it needs to. I think the last thing that needs to be said is that it is full of produce puns. <laughs> yeah, that's and, what I was waiting for. Like, yeah. what are the guns called? Uh, okay, we have uh, the sniperagus slot, uh, which is a sniper okay. rifle. It's stock of asparagus. Rocket launcher. It's a big carrot. Um, Grenado launcher. Just the grenade launcher. <laughs> uh, chili thrower. It's the flamethrower. Let's see. Um, so there's cows scattered around the level, and the cows are like li- uh, licking up uh, some sort of weird toxic purple goo. Um, and you can interact with the cows, and they give you one jar <laughs> of purple liquid that when you throw explodes into a, a puddle of fire on the ground uh, and those are called the mulatovs we got there Good. we yeah. got there gentlemen. <laughs> Good. i had to explain Good. that one a little bit uh, <laughs> um man oh there's the pea shooter which is the pistol <laughs> that makes uh, sense. i like that one a lot uh the m6 uh the melon melon g that's it Ah oh, man. Okay. Uh there's some game modes like uh, uh capture the pig, which is just you know, it's capture the flag, but you're like you have to get onto the pig and guide it with a with a carrot on a stick back to your base. And the the pig moves really slow. So it's actually I think it's good. It's a it's a capture the flag that works to the game's strengths. Everyone has like an apple I ample see. opportunity to attack you while you're vulnerable, slow, right <laughs> driving this pig back to your base. And your team has to work really hard to defend you. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a. I, I think if you just want a a chiller multiplayer FPS this season, I would urge Shotgun Farmers. Apparently, back in September, it was at the top of the paid games chart on Xbox. So oh, no I don't kidding. know if there's if there's crossplay available for it, but maybe the player sizes larger than we think could be could be overwhelmingly positive on steam yes i it feels good it's solid it's very well polished uh i think it's also another very small team like three or four people uh so i highly recommend it it says cross-platform multiplayer on steam so maybe okay yeah shotgun farmers seems cool Nelson, is there anything else on your list you want to talk about? You have Demon Souls, you have Star Wars, colon, Tales from Galaxy's Edge, you have Super Liminal, you have Titanfall 2. I think that to talk about Super Liminal would be to do a disservice to that game. What I will say it is, is it is perspective-based puzzles, and fuck is it cool. <laughs> everybody should play that it's definitely one of those games that's been making the rounds on the indie social media circuit for a long long time right and i think i think the only other um thing i would want to say is in regards to hmm i think in a lot of ways as a star wars fan i am both disappointed and hopeful for what's going on with the franchise as a whole. Um, I think there 
were missteps in some of the bigger budget things, movies. Um, but there's a really interesting thing going on with with the games where they're actually doing a good job of telling stories and the older public aside. Um, and that's fucking nuts. I, I mean, I wouldn't even consider older public part of like the current generation of star Wars. Right. Like, but, but, but to say that I think the fact that they are still coming out with anything around older public still puts it in this, like, Hey, there are Canon representations out in 2020. And 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 what I mean by th- what I mean by that is that the the adjacent media version of those canon stories is actually like not bad. Like Fallen Order was good. Fallen Order was a pretty damn good story. Um, Mandalorian, we've been talking about that, but there is there off are these m- off mic, but yeah, yeah. But there are these two games that are in their own different ways interesting star wars squadrons is fine i'm not going to talk about that here i will say with a vr headset that is damn near a vr killer app it is fucking absurd how cool that game is in vr because everything turns into um a one-to-one representation if you're in the cockpit you're in the cockpit you're not in a representation of the cockpit you're just there and you get the you get the sense of scale as well as if you're in a vr headset you can look up and lead into your turns there are just certain aspects that like vr is helping me understand oh there are potential very cool aspects to to what this can do and that brings me to tales from galaxy's edge uh tales from galaxy's edge is the new industrial light and magic slab game alongside um facebook slash oculus where the 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 game is set in between the return of the jedi they just blew up the um the death second star death two. star and the force awakens on batu which is where the disney world exhibit is um all the disney world stuff takes place in batu well that's that's in orlando mm-hmm. it's in florida yeah uh, it's in it's Not in another planet. planet oh okay yeah it oh ah um and then but the thing is it's like hey just go explore it you you're you're here just go explore it you are actually living out a star wars story where you're not you're not some jedi you're not some super important character you are a person who's also non-gendered which is which is pretty cool like they specifically make a point to say they um they don't call it out but it's like oh what's up with the kid? They look like they're having trouble or whatever. And it's just like, Oh good. I don't, you can't see my face. So you're not, you can't see my face. You can't hear my voice. You can't do anything. So you're not going to gender me in any way that most people might. So you're, you're in it. You are, you're just like trying to do your job as a, as a freighter operator, you crash land and then you have to, kind of do the outer outer worlds thing of hey you crash landed in this place now try and survive um if you can get here we'll help you out and then you meet c3po and then you meet (laughs) r2d2 and then you like are collecting just by virtue of doing it you are collecting ingredients for a drink to go back to the bartender 
and the bartender's like, hey, I have this like knack for telling stories. It makes you feel like you're there. He makes you the drink. He starts telling you the story. And you are not Yoda's Padawan, but you become a, you're basically living out a story of a nearby Jedi temple where a Jedi had to fight against this temple of darkness. It's an, it's an actual like canonical temple of darkness. It's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so you play as that character and Yoda is helping you out the whole time. There is a point. I cannot stress enough how cool this is. There is a point where you walk into a room and Yoda pats the ground next to him. He's like sitting and he's meditating and he pats the ground next to him, inviting you to sit next to him and you can do it. And you can literally walk over, sit down, look to your left and, and you'll be talking with Yoda as if you were in the actual world, as if you were actually there. And there, there are just certain moments that you can't, replicate without vr and there are certain moments that you can't replicate the the experience of of that and it was just such a beautiful subtle thing of like they they had the character model just pat the ground and you could you could totally not go over and walk and you could totally not sit next to him it's not necessary but if you wanted to feel like you're part of like the story then you start doing certain things yeah. And it was just such an easy way to be like, hey, we're we're really we're gonna show off what VR can do. And it's just such a it's a it's such a cool brain experiment to to put yourself in that yeah. in that position. Yeah, I it's just wish good. the hurdles the hurdles weren't as high yeah. to get to get to that point. Like I wanna get I wanna I wanna get to that experience. Mm-hmm. But there's to me, I guess, or just in general, it's like there's a lot to get there. But it's cool that that physiologically vr is fucked up (laughs) like it's it's it it's tricking your brain to do a thing that your brain's not supposed to be doing which is putting you elsewhere um vr shouldn't work the way that it does but the fact that it is good blows my mind i would be super curious if a quest 2 um for you dylan might be better than any of the headsets before considering it is technically more powerful yeah, but then it's Facebook is the thing. But then it's Facebook, which you you got to choose which devil to sign your name in yeah, your I get book. It. Facebook to me is and a mine is Nintendo. Of- What's up, Zelda? Hey. But yeah, those are cool. That's that's another one of those like, hey, we're just going to use te- it's like this and Astro's Playroom are just like, hey, we're going to use technology and super liminal. Um, we're going to use technology very interestingly to tell this story or to have you experience this this curated experience yeah super liberal to me feels like that that trick Mm -hmm. was either extremely easy or extremely difficult to do i could see it being both like yeah i could see it being both depending on like the room that you're in the edge cases probably make it super difficult but like making the chess piece super big I feel like all you need to do is just you take the model and you scale it up proportionally to where you're looking, but you have to like ray cast to like measure like there's a there's an equation happening there of like figuring mm-hmm. out how far away it's basically you're just doing like linear perspective like mm-hmm. and figuring that out. But it's I wonder like if the, it's like on click, this now becomes a real this now becomes an object that is at this size. Mm. It's probably on click, like give it collision, like mm-hmm. give the mesh collision like they're probably hmm, maybe I don't know. I guess it depends on how uh, uh, 
computationally intensive, like scaling up and down all that stuff would be. Because I imagine yeah. when you scale something up, you don't want the mesh or the, the, the textures that look super low res. So do you just always, even when it's super teensy tiny and has really high res textures, so that when you scale it up, it's fine? Or do you like swap out the textures yeah, as you scale I, it? I'm wondering if it's just like, by I'm actually kind of curious what engine. Yeah, so it's built on Unity. So I'm curious if it was just like, hey, um, load this in once at yeah. at all the same texture or at all the same resolution and just don't freak out. Yeah, I could save it and then swap them out. Like I like I know how to do some of this stuff. I'm just curious, like I'm curious what the challenges are that I that I can't predict that you would run yeah. into with that. That that the super liminal thing is less challenge or less intimidating to me than the one. Have you guys ever seen the prototype where the guy he has like a Polaroid camera and he takes pictures and it cuts into the room. Yeah. He like oh, makes cool. a duplicate. Like so he takes a picture of something in the room and then he has the picture developed in his hand and then he moves it. And then he takes the picture away and all that stuff is now physically in the room. Yeah. And if it is like, you know, if it would have collided with like the walls, it like just cuts that part of the wall out. That shit freaks me out because <laughs> I don't know how you deal with like cutting into meshes like that. I know you can do it. It's just, I don't know. It's intimidating as fuck. Yeah, Mildly terrifying. That one's done. Um, cool. All right. Galaxy's Edge, super liminal. Um, all right. We have on here Demon Souls. It's it's Demon Souls. It's okay, just like it's a Demon really Souls. fucking well made version of Demon this is, Souls. This is your first time playing it, right? Like you've it never... was my f- first time playing it. Not to com- it will be my first time finishing it. Okay, you're now a convert. Are you now a Souls like yeah. Soulsborn convert? Okay. I, I I will Lost say this. another one. I think there is. I think there is a lot to be said. And and I, I know how this is going to sound. I think there is a lot to be said about the fact that it defaults to performance mode so that it gives you frame rate. I think I think Souls games are really fucking good with high frame rate. Yeah. And Especially if, since they haven't had it in in most of its history. And and playing playing this after playing Demon Souls years ago and also like not super long ago, like I think it was only a year or two ago when I tried it back again um totally totally like revolutionary version of this game i hate that they changed the you died font Mm. (laughs) fonts classic the font is pretty classic did you see uh the italian translation to for uh body restored the body restored uh in in italian it's called anime recuperate hell yeah (laughs) welcome to my new tumblr blog anime recuperate (laughs) hell yeah <laughs> all right um we have left on here uh ring fit adventure which i don't really have much to talk about i think it's great that i had an opportunity to exercise <laughs> at home thank you yeah. ring it's a fit really adventure for existing yeah um i think the one weird thing is that it so i never do so it's a version of planks so you do a plank you yeah. hold yourself mm-hmm. down and you just kind of hold that form and that's sure. you work your abs. We've all seen this, the internet phenomenon planking. Right. Well, that's just laying flat. Like it's a different planking. Like planking usually holding yourself up at the elbows. The planking in this, you like do like a weird reverse push up. So you like you start with a plank and then you do this. And it has you do this. I don't mm. like that. And it's I a really like good that. workout. 
but I wouldn't call that a plank, Ring Fit Adventure. I guess it just had to have some sort of motion to measure. Yeah. Yeah. For it to be an attack in the game. Because it's always it's it's based on how well you pull off the move. And it can't I guess it could tell how much how well you were standing still in a plank, but it would just time it. It would just time it. Um but I don't know if there were any other workouts that that just time you holding a like even the yoga poses you're moving mm-hmm. i don't know ring fit adventure is good i need to get back to ring it fit adventure is very good yeah is there anything new in the world of titanfall 2 nah it's just a good ass death match it's just man. a real good game yeah. yeah i played a little bit of it at the beginning of this year um because it came to ps plus mm-hmm. i think you and i should play some titanfall 2 dylan someday uh, I'll play is it coming to game pass when all the ea play stuff comes on pc i cool. would not be surprised um i think ah never mind <laughs> okay. your thoughts don't matter yeah they do not, not uh, on this. all right well i could talk about deep rock galactic for a sec oh yes tell me about the deep rock so and the galactics i am a dwarf and i dig in a hole Diggy diggy hole. Diggy diggy, diggy hole. Diggy. Uh Deep Rock Galactic, you're a dwarf. And you're digging a hole. I <laughs> for my top ten list, the reason I put Deep Rock Galactic and Risk of Rain 2 together is that they are both four player co-op mini campaign adventures that you can sit down with friends and take part of sort of bite-sized instances of. Uh, and they both have a theme of, of space, murder, space colonialism. Murder. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Murder. Cooperative space colonialism. I, oh, okay. I think it's funny to me how Risk of Rain has like a real air of sort of moody edginess to it, of mm-hmm. of like an understanding that maybe your characters, you as a player and your characters know that what you're doing is kind of wrong um and and it doesn't like hit you over the head with it like say spec ops would but it 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 leans into that feeling deep rock galactic is on the other end of the spectrum where it's really funny that you're eradicating this indigenous life <laughs> and, and stripping this planet of its resources <laughs> Oof. uh i mean fascinating <laughs> It, it it plays it up as as kind of um i don't know I, I i you get a lot of they're all bugs it's a bug planet um are they snacks, oh, bug snacks. they are not snacks unfortunately okay. um it's it's very much like starship troopers in that sense it is extremely starship troopers from from like the humorous overtones right down to the to the all of the lines the characters say about like the only good bug is a dead bug. I'm pretty sure that's an actual line in the game that the dwarves will say. Uh, Does someone say I'm doing my part? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Um, it's like steeped in that sensibility. It's about dwarves. Everyone is a space dwarf. Uh, you go on a Left for Dead esque mission, uh, where you're you're supposed to like, get from one end of the map to another. And then back to not always back. You call like once the mission is complete, then you call for the drop pod, and the drop pod shows up somewhere else in the map. The really cool thing about these maps 
is that they are caves that are fully voxelized. Mm-hmm. So you can oh, carve yeah. into them and build your own path however you like. Yeah, so in my brain, I have a hard time separating this game out. I actually don't think I've ever seen screenshots of this game. Really? I think Astroneer and Deep Rock Galactic were the same game to me. I can see that. They look very similar. Uh, yeah, but Astroneer is much more colorful, like a lot of pastel colors. This right. is like very, this kind of reminds me of Evolve a little bit in terms of color uh-huh. palette. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Deep Rock Galactic is uh, de- deliberately very dark. And in fact, I think one of the cooler things about this game that I should touch on is the fact that managing light is a deep mechanic baked into it. Um, everyone carries flares that you have uh, that you have that you have to toss out like grenades. Um, and they roll along the floor and they light up an area. Without flares, it's very, very dark. It's pitch black. Um, everyone needs to sort of manage how they're keeping an area lit as they move through it. And flares don't last forever. And they're also like on a set of charges with a cooldown. So if you like pop all four of your flares, you have to wait a long time until you get them back. Uh, there's also one of the classes is the scout and the scout carries a, a super flyer that's like attached to a spike on, in a launcher. So one of the spikes, uh, one of the scouts jobs is to well scout ahead and light up rooms by like essentially attaching lamps to the ceiling that that will really light up a room as opposed to flares which sort of have like a medium amount of light uh it's it's all built around a sense of cooperation every dwarf has like two weapons a specialty thing and a tool that is solely for uh cooperative use so like for scout it's the lamp um, the engineer carries a gun that can uh, you shoot at a wall and it creates a platform. So if you've got materials that you need to mine up in like the ceiling, then the, the engineer can create platforms while the scout can grapple hook up to there. Uh, it's pretty tight. Yeah. Um, you have a little robot mule that follows you around that everyone calls Molly, and and Molly, to- Molly. Yeah, before before Valorant, I was playing a lot of this, and and that's where like Molly was originally for me. And like the dwarves also have very gruff brimstony voices. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's very cool. I think there's like it has not been confirmed for some reason, but there's like a fan. The fans are sort of rallying around the consensus that all of the dwarves have the same voice actor, and you can <laughs> kind of hear it. They just sort of pitch inflected the different classes. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> So like That's the scout great. has like a Just slightly fishing. higher pitch than than say the uh, the driller who's like the biggest hulkiest one, who like talks way down here same. and uh, and they but but they all like call for Molly with like the same exact tone and inflection, <laughs> like some of the lines are the That's same. <laughs> Molly, cool. come here. Where's that mule? <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> uh, there's like, uh, yeah. yeah. I played like one minute and thought that it was extremely charming. But also, it's got spider stuff in it. So like. yes, full of bugs, <laughs> but not snacks. Tight, but not snacks. Um, Unfortunate, it's, honestly. It's got a good deal of challenge, and uh, the progression is really solid because you're upgrading guns, you're unlocking new guns, you're unlocking lots of cosmetics. Um, there's a deep end game surrounding like carving into obscure areas of these caves in order to find secret rooms that contain secret chests that unlock like new parts that 
only only uh uh retool the look of your gear so but you gotcha gotcha yeah so like the prestige of this game comes from like look at this awesome weapon skin that i found deep within one of these caves it it, it really plays into the sense of being a dwarf and digging in a hole uh i dig it yeah <laughs> i i oh, think that's a really good it. one that was unintentional oh wow well you you got the points anyways yeah i you shouldn't have said that now you've lost them I'll take the loss. <laughs> uh, take the L, not the dub. Um, cool. All right. Fall Guys. I don't need to talk about Fall Guys. I've, I think I like Fall Guys, but I want to talk about The Last of Us Part 2. Cool. Okay. The, the Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Nelson took his headphones off. <laughs> um... Nelson, do you not want to be spoiled? Oh, no, I don't care about spoilers anymore. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ever. For the rest of my life. And I listened to the last episode, which basically about this had spoilers in it. So. Oh, well, we're going to get way deeper into these spoilers. Okay. So, Last of Us Part 2. Um, so, yeah, when Nelson and I were talking about this game, kind of got... Yeah. So, just to clarify, going to spoil the shit out of this game. Just going to spoil the ever-loving fuck out of Last of Us Part 2. Yay. So, Last of Us Part 2... Uh, when last we spoke about it, it um we talked about Joel having died, uh, being killed by Abby, who you play as a little bit during that uh epilogue or prologue. Um, so the prologue kind of plays out where like you're in uh Jackson, which is where you end up at the end of the last game. Uh, there's like kind of like a big swarm of infected that need to be cleared out. They're kind of like patrol routes that people that live in jackson that being ellie joel joel's brother tommy tommy's wife bunch of other people they constantly have to go out and clear out all these infected areas um so ellie and ellie's friend oh man i'm blanking on what's ellie's friends uh what's ellie's love interest oh name? my god i can't believe i forgot her name dana dana dina i think it's dina let me look it up i'm, I'm looking it up you keep going um they're part of a patrol group and then joel and tommy are part of a patrol group and joel and tommy actually save abby from being killed by infected and they go back to like the ski lodge where abby's group is with and joel's like hey i'm joel and then everyone kind of looks at him and he's like kind of seems like you guys know who i am <laughs> and then they're like that's because we do and then they shoot him with a shotgun in the knee and then abby beats him to death with a golf club uh, like you do, I guess. Right. Yeah. And Abby tries to, or or Ellie tries to save him. Uh she gets caught and they kind of knock her out and leave her there and go back to Seattle, which is where they're from, which is what uh Ellie figures out over the course of the next part of the game and decides that um she wants to go after them. Tommy, who is also left alive, says they shouldn't, but Tommy <laughs> says that and then goes and tries to go after Abby himself. So Tommy goes uh, pissing off his wife and then uh, Ellie and Dina, right? Mm -hmm. It's Dina. Uh, Ellie and Dina then go and try to uh, both meet up with Tommy and then also avenge Joel in Seattle. So most of the game takes place during Seattle. So you go through this whole event, you go through this whole game um, 
and you're like following the path of of Abby. Abby is part of a uh, a group of like military, like a PMC group called uh, the Wolves. Um, well, the Wolves are uh, the nickname of what's called the Washington, Washington Liberation Front. Yep. Uh, WLF Wolves. Um, and uh, so like Seattle kind of used to be like a quarantine zone. Um, but like there was like an insurrection from within of these kind of militarized people. So like kind of similar to the fireflies, but not exactly the fireflies were more like altruistic a little bit more concerned about like the preservation of humanity. The wolves are more like about the preservation of their in group and they have totally mostly taken over uh seattle and like house a bunch of military complexes i think they have like the old seahawk stadium uh as like their main base of operations and they have like just huge operating stuff they have like a bunch of like german shepherds they train to go on patrols with them they have like humvees and shit and they have like a big training ground and all this stuff um there's uh another group another faction uh that are colloquially referred to as the scars um do you know what their regular name was? They Looking call themselves up. something else uh, internally. What the scars Seraphites. are? Seraphites, and the Seraphites are a religious group, like of like kind of forming this new religion uh, based off this woman who was a martyr to this group that basically like was killed or gunned down by the wolves or sacrificed herself to like rescue someone. So she's basically their Jesus Christ um and they have like scripture and they do like they carve wood sculptures of her and do murals of her like around seattle and they live i think on like an island in the puget sound uh and they are also anti uh technology so they like do very like old-fashioned like uh agriculture and farming all their houses are made of like chopped you know lumber they have like huge log houses that they live in and these are kind of like the two main factions you face off against when you're as ellie trying to go through uh seattle to kill abby and you're just like figuring out like where she is you find out like where some of her other uh associates are there are points where you like you get captured by the wolves and dina saves you and then you kind of like you make a base of operations in like a movie theater somewhere in seattle um and so you build this whole thing to where you finally find out that for one reason or another, Abby is kind of by, by herself in the old uh, Marine Science Museum, the aquarium, like on the at the beach on Seattle. So like you finally make your way over there and you find out, hey, she's not here. But two of the people that you uh, that were on that same mission to kill Joel at the beginning of the game are here. So you kind of kill them. There's a dog that attacks you, you stab the dog. Um, and in killing, uh, it's a man and a woman. And in killing the woman, you find out that she was pregnant. So not only did you kill this woman, uh, you, you know, in an act of self-defense kind of, um, you also killed her unborn baby. Um, and, but you haven't killed Abby. So you feel super bad. Uh, and you go back to the theater and be like, well, we couldn't find her. You've also met up with Tommy at this point. Um, and you're like, well, like, I, I don't know what to do. She was supposed to be there. She wasn't there. These other two people were. And I killed him. And, and at this point, like, Ellie is, like, super, like, kind of shaken up about because she killed this woman and her unborn baby. Um, and also, she found out that Dina is pregnant. Not from her. They are, they are 
you know, they are uh, in a relationship together, but Dina used to be in a relationship with uh, another guy, Jesse. Um, and Jesse is the father of Dina's baby. Um, and Jesse also joins you, comes from Jackson in Wyoming to Seattle to join you. So now your group is Ellie, Dina, Jesse, and Tommy. So then it's like, okay, like I just played like, I don't know, 10, 12 hours trying to find Abby, like going through Seattle, learning all this stuff about like what the relationships are between these Doing factions a lot of, of really Seattle. Up stuff too. Doing a lot of shit, calling a lot of people fucker as I opened up their throats with a knife. Um, and going like okay like we're we're clearly getting near the end of the game and then shit pops off where abby has tracked you to the theater um you run out into like the lobby area and uh where you hear like some shouting oh the theater from the trailer it's yeah it's like a movie it's not it's a stage theater it's like a broad it's like a uh acting theater hmm. okay never mind um and you run out and you like swing open the doors and Abby shoots Jesse dead. So Jesse's dead. She has Tommy at gunpoint. Um, and she like tells you, like, you killed my friends. I'm going to kill your friends. And like, you're like, shit, this is it. Like, let's, let's settle this. And then the game stops. The game stops and grabs the gear shift that this game was building all its momentum towards this final confrontation between Ellie and Abby and wrenches it in reverse and it spins the clock back three days and you play from Abby's perspective that entire arc. So then Mm -hmm. you play as Abby coming back to Seattle talking to like her commanding officer. You learn that the the uh, uh, wolves are about to launch an invasion on the island where the scars live and attack them. And there's this this whole you learn everything from Abby's perspective, all of everything she's going through. You learn that Abby is the daughter of the doctor that Joel kills at the end of the first game. Uh, so the guy that you sh- fucking shove the scalpel into mm-hmm. uh, that was Abby's uh, father. You have a flashback between Abby and her father. There's also a bunch of flashbacks between Ellie and Joel. You find out Ellie is like a space kid. Like Ellie is like super wants to be like an astronaut. And, and Joel finds this old cassette recording of like a, uh, a space shuttle launch from the astronauts perspective that he gives to Ellie for like one of her birthdays. And they like go to like an old abandoned science museum in Wyoming. So like all this stuff happens. There's like all this interaction in the in the game is just about it's like this fascinating arc because like if this were like a traditional, you know, uh 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 like kind of by the numbers triple A game, it would have been like it would have followed Ellie's arc and like had the confrontation and that was it. But it does this whole arc showing this whole game from this one character's perspective and then spends the time to make you go back. And let me be clear, I hated it when it did that at first because I'm like, we just got to the fucking climax of this game and now I have to play this whole game again <laughs> from this other person's perspective. Um but it it makes you learn about the whole what is happening in this world outside of Ellie's perspective, which I think is like really fascinating um and then by the time it gets back to that confrontation between uh ellie and abby there's still like a fourth of the game left (laughs) 
Um, and I mean, it's a lot to cover right now, so I won't do it. But it, it, it like it travels. It, it covers things like they have a confrontation. Abby eventually like wins over, and she he she threatens to kill Dina uh, as a weird like reflection of Ellie killing Abby's friend who was pregnant. She's going to kill her friend that's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, they eventually like just kind of like stop. They stop fighting, and they both walk away. You know, kind of scarred but alive. Uh, Tommy gets shot in the face, but he survives. So he's Loses like super fucked eye, up. I think. I think so. I think he also has like a limp because he got like shot with an arrow mm-hmm. in the leg. Um, they go back to Wyoming. Abby leaves Seattle because they basically like left Seattle in ruins. Um, and Abby's like trying to get back with the the whatever remnants of the Firefly still exist. And there's the, there's a whole like another chase and fight between those two characters that happens and is also exquisite and also shows like like there's even worlds outside the world that they crafted within this game. So they like travel to California and the last act of the game is Abby or Ellie trying to hunt Abby in Santa Barbara, but Abby has been captured by another group of people in this faction they're like weird they're like slavers that enslave people for like to play the most dangerous game with them and they keep like a bunch of people like trapped in this resort and let them loose to hunt them and they just like find strays and, and scavengers and so ellie has to actually break abby out of this like encampment prison to then have her final confrontation with her but by the time you find her abby has already actually been punished for trying to escape previously and she's been there for like months at that point and they have their punishment for people that try to escape is that they take them out to the beach and they have giant like pier pylons that they just tie these people to and just leave them out in the sun for like days and weeks on end so by the time you find abby at the end of the game you are like you just find this like like starving like you know uh emaciated person like strapped to this 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 pole that you then cut down and you say okay fucker like we need to fight now and it's just like this brutal like you're fighting in like the shoals of the water like in the and like they're trying to like drown each other it's it's like it's some of the most brutal stuff and i think it really turned a lot of people off because it's so brutal um but I don't know. I think it was what I needed. <laughs> Not the brutality, but the the uh I think Alex can't hear us. No, he can yeah. hear. Oh, okay. Um but yeah. I uh I just wanted to kind of talk about that because like I think that game does so much with its non-traditional storytelling pathway and I think there's like so much so much value in that and uh even though i have spoiled the shit out of it i think there's a lot that i left out uh not even talking about like the relationship with the scars and everything that i think people should really check that game out i i i got stuck on a joke in my head it's like <laughs> i i couldn't imagine a group of people so bored of the apocalypse that they tried to recreate pubg <laughs> Damn. They're also like <laughs> from what I saw MAGA ish. 
Well, yeah, they all seem to be like it's like most dangerous game, even to the fact that like they all seem to be like higher society, like kind of affluent people. Right. Um, That's the impression I got. You don't spend a lot of time with them, but it's also just super fascinating because it's like it's so separate. It's so different from what you spend the rest of the game doing, because like the rest of the game is mostly like the Seraphites and the wolves and like seeing this whole like different take on like it shows like oh there's there are other worlds there there are other things happening um and like the amount of like production you know the the game brags on like its production values right and how much like asset generation there is and i but i mean like i think the thing is in order to tell certain stories in order to tell like this story of like you know going to like different locales in like being able to like have this weird epilogue closing chapter that takes place in a completely separate area would only be possible with like a really big like production budget because mm-hmm. like other games just simply couldn't justify that. It's like, well, we already create all this other stuff. Why are we abandoning it just for this final confrontation in this other place? And like, there's also huge conversations to be had about the, you know, the crunch that is involved in producing this game at naughty dog and things of that sort. And I'm not discounting like, like does the, the product on hand justify like the means that it took to develop it. And I mean, I don't think so. Like, I don't think no, no one should like crunch 10, a dozen hours a day to bring some entertainment product into the world. But I think, I think if it can be done ethically, I think there are only certain types of stories that could be done in this way with a certain level of, of, of production. And it doesn't have to be like these high, these ridiculously high, like uh, fidelity models, like, like another, like an indie studio or whatever. It's like, okay, we're going to have like the epilogue chapter take place in a completely different world, but we use like low poly models. And so now we have to create whole new low poly models for this other area. Like it's still the same consideration it's like why are we making whole new stuff just for this final end and there are storage story justifications for that um so i think i really enjoyed that game i know a lot of people bounced off of it i don't know how far you ultimately got nelson i think i only got as far as the second oh this is an open world part um and for that reason i would like to say that i agree that the idea of what they were going for with the story is really 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 interesting especially in terms of the structure i really hated the story i i i really dislike certain there are beats to it that i feel like either for me, okay, how's, how's the best way to say this? So this goes back to my open world thing. Um, this goes back okay. to my open world conversation because in having this talk with with Michael Macassiano, like we, we are both of the mind that the majority of not just open world games, but games that use certain open world aspects, and I'll, and I'll get to what in a second, don't don't value the time of the person playing it enough so my biggest complaint with the last of us 2 is not it is the game like i i think that 
the fact that it opens up into a world where now if I go to the left, then I can collect a bunch of pills that I can then use for my upgrade. But if I go to the right, then I can maybe collect a bunch of ammo. But if I go straight, then I can get to the story. And and it's it's a little bit of the it's a little bit of the like, hey, Ludo narrative dissonance, you are on a revenge path. But go over here and explore this like comic book store so that you can get these collectibles. And I think the fact that Naughty Dog was trying to make a big game bogged down the story for me. Like mm-hmm. for me, it became a thing of I don't want to play this story because I don't want to have to play the game to get through the story. Okay. And then there's the other aspect of like, I personally, like I really don't need the Seraphites. Like I really don't need that type of, there, there are some parts of this game that are just like creepy and unnecessary. And, yeah. and like yeah. beyond like, Oh, these are villains. Like there are, there are some aspects where it's like, Hey, do you, do you want a villain? Because if you want a villain, this guy <laughs> I is, got one. is gross. I, the um, more I this heard guy this... is a cult. Like there was, I, I, I hate this. I hate this. And this was like the immediate part that even in the, in the cutscene video that I was watching, because I really didn't want to play the game in the cutscene video that I was watching. It was those like California people. They caught Abby. And like the first thing that they say is like, Oh man, we got a hell of a catch. I never want to hear that in a, in a, in a, in a game. Like I just didn't, <laughs> there, there are certain like shorthand for evil or shorthand for bad tricks that they used in the, in between the gaps of really good storytelling. I can and, see that and though. And those things brought down like some of its parts, those things brought down the sum. Yeah. I mean, I could see what you're saying specifically with that. Uh, uh, with with the people the the trappers or whatever they call themselves in in so just didn't enjoy playing it like that's another aspect that's interesting because i really enjoyed playing it like i saw the stealth sequences like i I felt the same way i felt about the first game where the game knew when to make it an action encounter with humans and then when knew when to switch to make it a encounter with infected like i never i never felt like any encounter overstayed its welcome like, I felt like there was a good rhythm. Also, the open world aspect only really exists at that be- opening section of Seattle. Like, the second cool. you that, that's and... That's worse for me. I guess. But, I mean, like, I it, I understand the complaint of, like, I don't know why this is here. Like, I don't know why it's letting you explore, like, a dozen city blocks of Seattle for no s- seeming reason except to find, like, optional collectibles. Like, mm-hmm. I get that. But they they pare that down pretty quickly and it becomes much more linear in the way that the first game is like, there are still like, you know, open areas in terms of like, if you think of like the neighborhood you're in, in the first last of us game where you're trying to find like the car battery for the guy, uh, like they have places like that where you can like multiple areas of, of ingress. You can go into the Starbucks cause they have their knockoff Starbucks in Seattle. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me. By law, any depiction of Seattle must include a, right. a variation of Starbucks. Exactly. Um, I think the only actual monument they like license for real, because like the the Washington Convention Center is called the Seattle Convention Center in the game, but they still call the Space Needle Space Needle. So I guess they thought that was a big enough thing to <laughs> actually mm-hmm. license for. Um, 
but uh yeah the the i the shorthand for evil thing is an interesting argument that i can understand it's weird it, it might be for me the fact that like i had gotten so far i i was already so there's so much buy-in by that point with the game and, and i assume you're talking about like he watched like like a like a super cut of like yeah. all the the uh cut scenes or whatever um yeah yeah, and I I'm think also, also I'm fully aware that that is not the way that the people who made this game wanted me to experience it. I just also sure, really I, disliked I no what they made. With, yeah, I get that. I, I it's it's hard for me to understand. That's more for your comment though. section. I, that I, I mean, don't yeah, actually care yeah, about. Yeah. So so like I walked away from the first one feeling just so upset and so bummed, and when I saw that this game was like, oh, we're gonna do that, but worse, right? was like it's it's weird to make two really turned me off (laughs) well the first one's not a revenge story the the first one's not a revenge story it's weird to me also here's a story beat that i didn't like (sighs) joel tells ellie what he did yeah by the end of the game after after two revenge plots have now been given up on um but you have spent this entire game out for revenge it is revealed that ellie forgave joel the night before joel died yeah well she was she was a beginning to forgive him like like they had she had frozen she had like basically cut ties with joel for who knows how long maybe a couple months at 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 the beginning of the game because she 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 traveled back to salt lake city by herself to like pick up the pieces of what happened to the fireflies and she she is uh, uh the joel chases after her and tells her and you know as as much as he can without like fully admitting that he killed all these people because he didn't want her to die mm-hmm. um and yeah then she proceeds to like basically have a distant relationship with him and then on the night before they joel dies she she's like okay like we can we can try to have a relationship again Mm-hmm. what's the issue is, is there it just doesn't it like th- i that's what tragedy is built on though nelson that's like, not that's not no i i there's a way to use a flashback and i don't think that's it i mean the game is 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 dirty with flashbacks like it's just <laughs> littered and with if them. you use it well dope. soaked in them <laughs> what I, but, but what I, but what I, what i'm trying to get across is like there are these like really strong emotional moments that don't match up with for me that don't match up with the playing of the game because if you give me the so again back to the open world thing which is like my biggest issue is is playing the game if you're going to give me an opportunity to min max everything i'm gonna do it like if if you if you open the world up and say if you go over here then you'll be more prepared for the next however many chapters of the game i'm gonna do it but how is that i also understand that like when you switch over to that when you switch over to abby she might not need to do all of those things yeah but how I, does it relate to, to narrative dissonance because ellie ellie's whole thing is i need to go hunt down abby yeah but they still live in a world where every resource is precious so like but is she is she hunting down abby also searching for resources and also going to bring those resources back like is this a revenge mission is this a scout mission 
what's well, a survive you know she can't just go into enemy territory like she has like she's going in completely blind like and and she i think as that you can could. solve that problem with i think that you can solve that problem with something that i don't see enough in games anymore which is linear progression for the actual character i think what would have been interesting is like example the beginning of the game she picks up a knife so so that she doesn't have to pick up like shards of glass anymore like you had in the first game mm-hmm. you don't have to create a shift you just have a knife but I she shows what, that like i mean I like think her, what could have been really knife. interesting is more of that okay i think what would have been what would have been more interesting instead of like instead of me feeling like i need to go hunt down pills and hunt down like nuts and bolts is to have is to have that built into your story because i think i think there is something powerful to Ellie is a different person by the time you get to the middle of this game. And again, by the time you get to the end of the game, then she is at the beginning or then she was at the end of last of us one. Your argument about resource collection. Did you, did you feel that same way about the first game? Yeah. Okay. I I don't, I just don't think it's highly necessary here. I do appreciate the, I am going to build a bomb that is different to me than I am going to upgrade my character's ability to walk faster. But they do both in the second game. Like you still have to build and I ordinance. and one of them is cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, one one of them works for me. The other one could have been one of them works for me because it is it is resources for specifically you are doing a thing that helps you in 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 this environment. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is time could answer this. Last of Us um, Two, very controversial game, and and yeah. again, like the, it's it's very fair to to say that I have a particular perspective on this that might not match up with a bunch of other people, but like I just didn't I didn't love playing it for uh, for a bunch of reasons that added up to the sum of its parts not being my favorite thing of this year. That's interesting because I feel like even if I were even if I didn't like the gameplay, which I did enjoy playing the game, but even if I didn't. The story was so engrossing for me that it was still a push. Like I've played plenty of games where I mean, God of War, I would consider one of those games like God of War. I didn't find the gameplay particularly interesting, but mm-hmm. um, and I think that game is even more so like uh, weighed down by like upgrade trees and and sure. and, and loot tables. Um, but we're not comparing these two games, but uh, I don't know. I have a question. Here's a question. Mm hmm you guys kind of touched on it before does is does the brutality of the game part of the reason why you're turned off by it yes okay a little bit i i think that's a little bit but also like i've seen a lot of the other things that i that i interact with and i think i think this game is I think it's fair to say that this game is brutal because of the way that it portrays its brutality and in how emotionally impactful it is. Yeah. Um, like you, you kill a dog and then yeah. you do a flashback with that dog yeah. from Abby's perspective. And it's like, it's like pretty fucked up where it's like, it's toy and people really hated that. Like, I remember mm-hmm. like that being a big thing on Twitter. It's like, you made me kill this dog. Like it wasn't like an option. One of the dogs, there are two dogs. Mm-hmm. One of the dogs you have to kill in a like quick time event. The other dog optional, you could avoid it. But like, I think it's also because like, you know, animal. Uh, yeah. And, and, I, and I, th- I also think that it is fair to say that there are moments of this game that are emotionally manipulative. And like that, it, 
there is a fine line to walk and that yeah. and that affects everybody differently and it affected yeah. me negatively yeah and it, and i and also like opinions no i get it um part of me is also trying to figure out not from our conversation here but from the you know general consensus of this game how to separate the wheat from the chaff of like here's an issue i have with the game uh you know with the game's narrative construction which is what i think you're addressing nelson and then i think people are like here (laughs) i have an issue with the game's brutality because of what the world is like in the year of our lord 2020 and then and then there are people that are very much like that do have that triple a fatigue and last of us part two kind of becoming a poster child like uh, 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 patricia hernandez and polygon had a whole article like when this game first came out about like how the discourse on this game is like pretty broken and we haven't even touched on the things of like the latent sexism that people are holding this game you know against like the sexism people are using for their arguments because they didn't Mm. like that joel died because people have this weird attachment to joel even though he's like kind of a piece of shit and then also like but like you talk about the scars right you talk about like you know there is a weird like uh otherism kind of thing happening with like this you know you know it's a very really annoying stereotype you can see sometimes like oh we're returning to nature you know like yeah. the noble savage kind of thing but also like the the scars are used to tell a trans story in their arc because they are hunting one of the characters abby befriends is this character that is a trans man mm-hmm. and because they are a trans man they cut their hair and mm-hmm. they're not allowed to do that in their society so they sentence this person to death mm-hmm. and so this this character and their sister have to go out they have to go on the run and that's when they meet abby and then they have a whole arc together um you had it you raised your hand i think it'd be he, question wouldn't it be really rad if the if the trans character wasn't being hunted down f- for being trans like I, yeah. like they, like there start there start to be those like oh it's a religious cult trope yeah yeah and, I get and, that. The, and then it, and then it falls into that for me and and for me when i start seeing the strings of certain things and it's like oh you're you're pulling on this one because it does this other thing like that that's where it it that's where it broke apart for me yeah i can i can see that and it's like i think how the reason that trans story with that character worked for me is because you know obviously i'm a cishet white man so like my my opinion on a trans storyline is not one of of value but uh i think it worked it partially worked because they didn't just hit you over the head with it the second you met that character. Like you met those, you met the siblings and they were like, we're on the run. Like our, our family and everything, everyone wants to kill us. Like, uh, and you're like, okay, like, well, enemy, my enemy is my friend. And you, you don't learn about like the fact that they are a trans man until hours later in the game. But Mm -hmm. I do understand like using a religious cult, uh to like persecute a a marginalized group how that can be again you you talked about you know emotional manipulation mm-hmm. um but the thing is all storytelling is mono- emotional manipulation it's just there's a fine it, line no i get it for yeah. me I, I i get that like it, it's just it it it's how, to what ends are you using that emotional manipulation and i think like yeah it's it's whether or not 
I don't know. It's whether or not you, you want to give the creators the benefit of the doubt. And it's also whether or not, like, have I seen this story before in, in previous versions of the story I've seen? Have have they done it, you know, in good faith? Like, and and I chose to take a lot of it in good faith. And maybe I could be wrong. Um, I mean, this isn't cyberpunk. So, <laughs> like, yeah. by default, already a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I found I found the game super engrossing, and it it's I, as much it, as I didn't like it. I'm glad you did. Yeah, if if for nothing else, then it told a story in an interesting new way. Like I I personally, as someone that like you know aspirational developer, or I am a developer, or whatever, um, you know, you I are a developer. I am a developer. I am a dev. You are um, a game dev. I really i don't think every game story has to solve the ludonarrative dissonance conundrum like i agree and i think I, I i talked about this on twitter a little while ago but i don't i think the reason some uh folks in like the game mechanic gameplay you know emergent gameplay versus emergent narrative versus like ludonarrative dissonance discourse are turned off by linear storytelling uh techniques like what's what what is employed here i think it's because not because those types of techniques that you see in film or you see in 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 prose or whatever not that those techniques are inherently worse for games is that in prior generations they were just poorly done like for every spec ops the line which spec ops the line does deal with like agency and, and things like that as well so it does tie into like the lunar dissonance but for every game of that sort that does a linear narrative well there's a dozen i don't know pick any video game pick any you know a painkiller or a, for, like a uh whatever or a halo. Like, whatever hatred or a halo like uh like dozens of games that just like did linear storytelling like you know the running joke of like you know oh we we can skip the cutscenes because cutscenes don't matter like the story and the game don't intersect at all like it's all nonsense and i think like naughty dog in in the last of us series more so than like uncharted because i think uncharted is a lot of them just trying to have fun and be wacky with it and have huge explosions like the uncharted i think is really like trying to push that envelope from a certain perspective like from a from that high triple a production value perspective and like just as just as much as i see games like as much as i saw telltale pushing narrative from their perspective or as much as i saw games like gone home or dear esther or you know what what remains of edith finch like pushing it from from their like walking sim perspective i think there's there's a lot of value in this game uh that i don't know i i really enjoyed it i'm not like like falling tripping over myself being like oh that's the best game i've ever played and i love it so much but it's like i played that game uh, i played that game to its fullest and i i, I felt m- many different emotional arcs in many different ways and at no Good. point did i ever feel like that game uh uh broke my trust well you know what it's on the best games played, baby. I did it. It's it's here. You did the thing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I would still like to do a top 10, but I think we should take a break and maybe tackle that later. Yeah. Um, so we can we can come back to that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, 
That's a bunch of uh, games. That's a bunch of uh, games we have That's played. That's a bunch of uh, games. That we have played throughout the year. Um, so many games. So we'll take a break and come back with what we think are the top 10. Uh- And we're back to best games played. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're all Thank wearing... you for having me back. Yes, uh, it's been only a couple seconds. Same day. Mm-hmm. We just we're changed all wearing clothes. The same clothes. Oh, whoops. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, I, oh no. I just changed from one set of pajamas to another. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's fair. Live your comfiest life. Exactly. Thanks, right. man. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So there's one last last thing left to do. Uh, what's that Dylan that is we need to find uh, the 10 best games played of this year oh lord we need to find them what can they be here we go number one Super Mario 3D All-Stars it's not that put it it up there alright so usually Super Mario 35 (laughs) man look if that's the if that's the Faustian bargain I have to make to get (laughs) Mario 3D All-Stars on this list I'll do it turns out it is. Yeah. Um, so in, in years past, we normally do a, a, a cutting, a culling of of the of the list of everyone's uh games that they that they uh had on their personal top tens. This year we're gonna do the reverse. We're gonna try to speed it up because you know, we had a you know, long discussion about the games that we we hadn't yet discussed uh, earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. So um so instead of spending all this time trying to pare it down and whittling to the to the sharpest point of best games played, I think what will be good is uh, we should choose the games you know that better that that represent us as a whole. I think like picking out like going we're gonna go round robin and be like, all right, I think this game should be on on the uh, on the list, and if there's no objection, just put it on there. It's okay. done. It's on there, All right. um, be, because I think I think what happens in years previous is that there is a lot of like people just like trying to like eke out their little territories on the list, mm. and then instead of it representing us collectively, it represents us kind of individually. Um, so I think it's it's maybe we focus more in on uh, uh, the games we all agree on. And then, as you know, as those those games become less and less prevalent on the list, then we can like kind of like find our little angles in. Um, and then also, like once we lock it in, we can like briefly like mention like, yeah, we all agree, or most of us agree, and this is why it should be on the list. Mm-hmm. Is that is that, is that work? Sense. Does that work for everyone? Yep. Yeah. Does that sound okay? Sure does. I'm into that. Uh, okay, uh, Alex, how about you go? How about you start? Oh, uh, do you have do you have the dock up? It, wait. No. Reposted. Oh, God. I'm unprepared. Define document. Uh, this document. This one. Go to the second tab. Sheet four. Define tabs. Yeah, I'm renaming okay. it selection process. So among these games, pick one that I believe belongs on the top ten. That represents you as a human being. Represents me <laughs> or all no, of that's, us that's, living the no, truest experience. No, that's the exact experience. opposite of what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> that represents your 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 learned experiences <laughs> to this point, and and also you know predict the rest of your life. Oh, geez. 
Yeah, well, just don't yeah, mess this up. Needs, ever. Yeah, this needs to speak for the future, Alex, as well. Okay. Yeah. The once in well, future given Alex. how the world is going, definitely think Doom Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Actually, go by the rules. Okay. <laughs> All right. Since you brought up Doom Eternal, let me talk about oh, the time no. we talked about Doom Eternal, and Alex took the chance where I walked away from my microphone to talk about how great the Marauders are, and I'm here to say that the Marauders... Are the worst part pretty great. of Doom Eternal. Are, are pretty are the worst excellent part of, addition to Doom Eternal. Uh, to the d- inherent design of Doom Eternal built as a video to game. challenge your abilities in a bold new direction. That uh, like, it's, what if what if what if you made this game where like the entire point of the game was to run around like these enclosed arenas, and then you had an enemy that that punished you for having freedom of movement. That if you were too far away from said enemy, you got hurt, and if you were too close to them, you got hurt. So instead, you had to uh, do this like that. weird sword dance with this really shitty enemy. And sometimes they put it in like he's also he has he's mostly invincible most of the time, except for a very like small window of vulnerability. What if we put that in our like boomer right. shooter? Wouldn't so now, that be great? Now that Dylan has complained about the Marauder, uh, let me tell you everything about why he's no. Wrong. You already did that. You already did that. Uh, you already did that in that episode. It's done. No, this is my this you is my rebuttal. You you wanted to t- take us down this road again, and now we're never going to get to this top ten. We're just going to argue That's about true. Doom Eternal <laughs> for another hour and a half. All right, well then That's let's true. skip that, and you give me a game that <laughs> you agree with. Why is the Marauder cool? <laughs> Let me tell you, Nelson. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain to me why the Marauder is a cool and b a really good character when it comes to hey, you have to commit to this. Yeah. I first of all, Dylan is wrong. He doesn't automatically hurt you for spending time he and moving around the arena. You. Yes, if you get close, he shoots you with a shotgun. And yeah, if you and get if too far, far away, he, he, there is a projectile that he throws at you that's really slow and super it's easy not to really dodge. Slow. It's like it's almost really hit scan. slow. He swings his axe. It, it sends out a little wave of red energy. It has a lot of travel time. You're fine. If you get yeah, hit by yeah, it, I'm if it sorry. was only him, if it was only him. That'd be okay, but they put him in arenas where there's like 10 other enemies you're also having to dodge around. And also, he summons like a fucking spectral dog yeah, that chases, chases after you. you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, this yeah, all happens I at think... the same time. So uh-huh. it's not like even if that thing was super slow, it doesn't matter because you're also juggling like a dozen other things. That's the whole point of that game. <laughs> so here's the thing. I think I just understood Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal is a first-person shooter character action game. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. It's very hyperactive. Sense. The Marauder is, to me, similar kind of to Virgil. Like, if you get close, you're going to get fucked up. If you get far, you're an idiot because how are you going to do any damage? And as you all know, character action games are bad, and that's why wow, what Doom a, Eternal... Wow, what a weird, <laughs> unfortunate, subjective opinion. Yeah, it's it's... Kind of frustrating, honestly. Subjectivity uh, so, is unfortunate. We should all be objective <laughs> in our lives. Anyway, I think this tea. I think my opinions on the router are much more valid having completed the game. I'll say I that. I also beat the game, motherfucker. <laughs> I played that entire game. So there isn't even an argument to be made of have, have I talked about game, how so you don't understand. Have I talked about how I started up uh the DLC? And then the first time they threw the Marauder at you in the DLC, I like died instantly. But then I like, okay, reloaded the checkpoint and then beat him without taking any damage. 
And it was really Ooh. cool how like I was like, oh, the reflexes are still there. I could still do this. <sighs> it's very home. Go play fucking yeah. Dark Souls. Can't wait to play Doom Eternal and then be like, oh, I yeah, okay. Marauders, Marauders are alright. Alright, we gotta move on. <laughs> all right. Alex, pick a game we okay. all agree on. Here's a game that definitely <laughs> should be on this list. I'm thinking I'm thinking there's a lot of good contenders here, but uh, the one thing You're thinking. The easiest pick, the one that we've all played, the one that we've all I think to some degree some of us more or less enjoyed Valorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, good choice yeah. yes I agree that uh, that's one good. that has stuck with us this year somewhat mm-hmm. it hasn't been too big of an impression I don't know how exactly to put it um, like we, we definitely it feels like a game that we need a little more time with but it has been consistently there for us Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I keep pinging the group. I keep on keep asking who wants to play some Valorant. I've definitely been avoiding it re- more recently. <laughs> Getting ready for those B-wings, baby. I had like <laughs> 11 losses in a row and was just like, I need a break from this shit. <laughs> yeah, just wait till the season resets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I, I never like go that long on a losing streak because, I don't know, I... Uh, I mean, if I lose like two or three in a row, I'm like, all right, I'm done for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because those matches are so long because they could be like half an hour to 40 minutes. Yeah, that's a lot of your um, life gone. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's literally the Dota ment- or the, excuse me, the League of Legends ment- mentality, right. right? It's like, oh, I'm going to play this super long game. Like, I think the best explanation for uh, uh, like a MOBA and like why people get so sucked into MOBA is it's like, I, I think Brad Shoemaker was talking about it once and he was like, you spend like 40 minutes to an hour and a half playing this game and then either at the end of it you you win you're like oh my god that was like such a struggle like that was such like a a a push and pull to like eke out this win and like i i have such a high from that let's do it again or you lose after that long span of time and you're like well i can't go out on a loss so like let's go again (laughs) um and it's like it, it can lead to like a very bad uh brutal cycle um I, I rarely have like long gaming sessions like that anymore. So like, I don't really uh, have that problem, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's a good game. I think I, I really enjoy like being someone that's never played counter-strike except for like once in my life. I think it's uh it made me finally understand counter-strike because before this, I would always like make fun of CSGO. I was like, why do you have to buy your guns? That seems really stupid. <laughs> Uh, and now and you like, get oh, it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Wow, like, make fun of games less, Dylan. Jesus. <laughs> well, you obviously don't know me very well, <laughs> apparently. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a really good game. I think it's a, it's a, a different kind of shooter than what I'm normally uh, used to. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nelson? Nice. Anything? Anything? Any additional thoughts? Oh, um, this is one of the first shooters in a very long time that has ever clicked for me. Uh, I think there's similar to CSGO. Um, there is the sort of puzzle problem solving that you get when you are going sort of not, not entirely, but one-to-one mm-hmm. with somebody else because it is a five on five team. So it's, it's kind of like, Hey, I have a chance to take this person out. Yeah. If I don't, they'll take me out. Yeah. yeah. There, there's so much of that, um, 
puzzle solving. What are they going to do? Where's the right spot to be? Um, risk reward that you guys were talking about, but also just like it's very easy in this game, especially for me to know if I die, it's because I fucked up. Yeah. Like I am more. This game was like because of because of all of the angles or whatever and everything being easy to understand it helps me understand what i'm doing wrong mm-hmm. um and for that reason like it's just it's one of my favorite shooters in like a super super long time yeah and like map control is really important right yeah um and it's like it it differs a lot in uh like i watched the first strike which is like their first esports tournament for this thing that happened a couple weeks ago and like the way pro players like do map control like they almost always do like this weird divide and conquer thing where it's yeah. like all right we're gonna push like two people out to one site and then three people out to the other site and then like they're just kind of like feeling for like weak points on the other team and they're not committing to anything whereas mm-hmm. like when you first start playing the game it's very much like all right we're all just gonna rush one site and bring the bomb with us and like we're gonna we're gonna try to just kind of outshoot them um so i i like that i like this kind of like ever evolving ever expanding thing and then adding like the overwatch style like abilities makes Mm -hmm. it cool so like with uh sages ice wall which is basically the equivalent of maze ice wall in overwatch it feels awesome to thematically i don't know just have like magic in a shooter like this yeah um magic with real guns yeah sure why not (laughs) I, oh yeah so like take all of the cool things about the gameplay and then add a bunch of personality to it yeah <laughs> and then you have one of my favorite games of the year yeah it's uh every time go ahead i, I was just going to tack on i've been thinking a lot about how i don't know i feel like a lot of fps's that i play are focused on making you a superhero and making you feel very strong and and throwing you in a situation that you are more than capable of handling most of the time and this is one of the first games I've tried to get into that doesn't do that. It makes you very vulnerable and and prioritizes being smart rather than being cool. And yeah. I, it's an adjustment, but one I appreciate. <laughs> yeah. It also makes me mad when people just want to play to be top frag. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's mm. not the game. Like, like mm. yeah, like if you have the most kills... Like of the entire like, um, from both sides. Like, yeah, you might end up like coincidentally winning, but like you could also like in in doing that in trying to like get the most kills, you might screw over the team because now you're focusing on not what the point of the game is. Right. Like it's right. like it's more important to like like if I have less kills, but they're more uh, uh, strategic, more important kills, then I I find that more valuable than the person that just rushes out to the opposing team and's like just trying to get headshots. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, Valorant. It's over here. It's locked in. Valorant. Um, locked in for now. Uh, oh. Nelson. How about you pick a game? Pick a game. Pick a oh, game. Man. Off this list. Off this list. Oh. I don't know. That Doom Eternal conversation was pretty convincing. I'm gonna go with Hades. Okay. You know that. Yes. If if you know anything about me. You know that I, last year, chose Devil May Cry 5 as my game of the year, as Mm -hmm. my favorite game of last year. Mm -hmm. Not just because the action was fun, but because there was a surprising amount of heart behind the story and the characters and the evolution of them throughout just this 
installment. And Hades does exactly that. Hades is, is everything about it is, oh, this is just dripping with cool. And then Zagreus starts talking to people. And then you realize that this is just a, a, a good boy. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> a nice just lad. A, he's just a nice lad. And all he wants is spoiler. All he wants is to meet his mom. Yeah. Just wants his, yeah. He just wants his mom in his life. Did, uh, That's all. did you guys beat it? Like, not yet complete a run okay um i did i i turned on god mode because i walked away from that game for a little bit and i came back i was like i'm shit at this coward <laughs> dude whatever yeah, the, I, look man it's the first option in the settings for a reason yeah and it, it's also it's just how i play games like i i put games on easy um mm-hmm. because it's just like at a certain point like single player like you know npc or like computer ai challenge just doesn't do it for me multiplayer challenge great all for that but like yeah like i will i will put a game on easy just because like all right i'm here like games are in a place where like it's about there's a mixture of story and gameplay and i want to see this thing through if i like it enough and why why die over and over and over again so it's so it's the first uh roguelike i've ever beaten because I've never beaten yeah. Gungeon. Um, I've never beaten uh, Rogue Legacy, which are the only other two. Rogue I've never beaten any of them. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. uh, roguelikes are obviously like there are certain roguelikes that I really get into, but I'll never. But like that, like eternal challenge there just like keeps me from like ever like truly finishing it, quote unquote. Um, sure. But because this one is narratively focused, uh, like I want to see I want to see it through. Um, yeah. So and the narrative is so good. It's interesting, just like just from what I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's it's good and it's telling the story interestingly by it being mostly conversation. There's a really good uh, people make games video about how they built that narrative too to make sure it's always awesome. dynamic and smartly attuned to what is happening in your run right now. Right, because there are a lot of characters like I'm sure has to plan for like when you meet. Uh, certain characters before others because a lot of the characters like also have relationships between Mm -hmm. one another so Mm -hmm. um something about how either Hera or Athena keeps commenting on like the upgrades that you've bought for yourself or attached to yourself and there's like an option in the game that almost no one uses to remove those upgrades and if you do when you meet her next she'll be like oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. good for oh, you even moments like, where it's like oh you went for you went for um aphrodite's upgrade and not and not Dionysus. right okay yeah okay <laughs> okay or like there are duo boons i don't know if you guys have gotten any of those mm-hmm. yet um mm-hmm. so like and those are great there's one that's uh it was like aries it was aries and i think aphrodite it was yeah and and the boon was if a enemy was inflicted with weak they also mm-hmm. got doom or the doom would like keep refreshing itself so it inflict yeah. the person with weak and the weak would last like 30 seconds and then you hit them with something that procs doom and it would just keep hitting them with doom over and over and i think that's the farthest i got in at that point that was the farthest i got um hell yeah but yeah but the god mode's great because like it like boosts your damage resistance but every time you die nice. it tweaks it a little higher so you get an extra 2% damage resistance every time you die. That's really smart like that it's it. dynamic god mode. Yeah. So it starts That's at like super cool. 10 or 20%, maybe like 
maybe like 14 percent, something something weird and it goes up every two percent every time you die so like by the time i finally beat a run i was at like 22 percent damage resistance awesome. or something so like there's a That's point awesome. i guess you would get to like you would be 100 percent damage resistance <laughs> if you died enough also uh, i feel like it's worth saying that the studio did no crunch and no crunch forced its oh, employees yeah. to take vacations and lived and breathed by its early access mantra of listening to all of the player feedback and fucking crime it didn't take home best game direction like yes yeah uh, other other thing if you know about me um i really 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 fucking hate toxic work environments so the fact that this was created under such a presumably healthy one Mm -hmm. with the intention of being a healthy a healthy work environment just adds more to the idea that we can make games like this without killing ourselves yes yeah um I think I think Supergiant's always done great work. Um, even mm-hmm. if I've I haven't played like Pyre uh, for any long stretch of time, um, but it's good to see that they continuously get rewarded for what seem great ethical work practices and smartly designed games. Yeah. All right, Hades is on the list. Hades. All right, it's my turn. All right, I think those are the only two games that I think we all three like fully are in agreement <laughs> on. Uh, all right, I'm gonna say, oh yeah, because you guys haven't played Astro's Playroom. <laughs> I want a PS5. If you did, you would. You I'd would probably be, be really into it. Be beating oh, yeah. your tie score speedruns, probably. Um, I'm gonna say Animal Crossing: New Horizons. I think Animal Crossing is an important game that came out in a invaluable time during the 2020 uh pandemic um and i don't know it meant a lot to me as someone that had never played animal crossing i'm always like like even to this day like i consider myself like i enjoy a lot of nintendo franchises but like there's still plenty of them that i haven't played and it's always like a treat to like get invested in a new animal in a in a new nintendo franchise and find out if it's for me so like Mm -hmm. i've never played a paper mario so and i and i know people are kind of like torn between what they think of the new paper mario um but it's like it's still like great to like see all these nintendo franchises that i could still kind of like dive you know headfirst into and have that you know fresh new experience that people and, and understand why people find these these series so you know enthralling and 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 loving mm-hmm I get it. I get. I get why people like Animal Crossing now. It's a. It's a really great game. Tom Nook's a son of a bitch. <laughs> it's all great. To feed his kids, man. Whatever. Timmy and Tommy. They have their own store. They're fine. Nook's cranny is is fucking raking it in. They got like gold plated bathtubs in there, as they should, as they deserve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyone have any uh, arguments for against Animal Crossing? I didn't like it, and it's a very personal thing. I just don't like it. <laughs> do you I, not like specifically this one, or do you not like Animal Crossing? I don't like Animal Crossing. It's just not my type of game. Yeah. Is it- I have tried. I tried really legitimately hard, and I think there was just um, the... I didn't like how the path to progression was explained or like laid out. It's pretty long too, and I mean, like mixed in with the fact that like you uh, things are gated in real time, 
Um, so like, uh, fuck, I forget what the owl's name is. Uh, but like, we'll just go with Owlby. Yeah, it's not Owlby. No. Um, but like when he, it's funny because like I know his sister's name, so now I'm just thinking of Celeste's brother. Is what I'm referring to him as in my head. Uh, it's Blathers. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when Blathers first comes to the island, he's like, "Hey, I need five fossils." And then if you're playing this game with friends and they're just like giving you their excess fossils, you just immediately like, here's five fossils, motherfucker, like without batting an eye. Uh, and then he goes, great. I'll make you a museum in a day. And so it's like, oh, okay, I can't engage with this progression anymore. I'll go do something else. It's like, oh, do you want to build a bridge? Yes. Here's all the money and resources to build a bridge. Great. We'll build you a bridge in a day. Um, right. Or like when people. And, and then what do you do? You just turn off the console. Uh, well, you could do more resource gathering if you want to or like, yeah, but like that's what's interesting yeah. about the game. It's like this is like one of those games that tells you to take a break, not like through any sort of like Wii Sports type pop up of like, hey, you need to take a break. It's like the game is built in such a way that it's like it's not made to like constantly be engaged with. Now, some people will do that. Like once they get to a point where you can like terraform the island or whatever and like constantly t- mess with it and tweak it. Um, but what I like is that there is a put down and put away like i'm done with the the tasks for today now some people might not like that because because it might turn into like a second job for them or like busy work or like also i know people didn't like like i think this is the first game that had uh 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 weapon degradation or or tool degradation in it and people mm-hmm. didn't like that like it's weird like there are I didn't like that there are big animal crossing fans that got turned off by this specific animal crossing just because of the specific uh, uh, form it took or like the way they changed like little things in the periphery that I don't fully understand like I, I understand it like in a ephemeral sense but it's like hard for me to like like I grok it but I don't but this being my first Animal Crossing I'm like coming in I'm like yay it's great I love it and then, like <laughs> like old fans being like this ruined Animal Crossing they're not saying <laughs> that but they're just like this this isn't my Animal Crossing um yeah i don't i don't have that perspective but i do really dislike the tool degradation and yeah the, like the 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 pickup put down thing works except for the fact that it takes me 15 minutes to do one of the things this the, the so ux in this game it's i'm playing it for 15 minutes and then i put it down for 20 hours and then i pick it up again and then play it for 15 minutes and then put it down again yeah the ux in this game is nintendo to a fault but um, I think playing it collectively like caused like great moments with that like real time cycle. So like there was there was so so you get Nook's Cranny, which is the Timmy and Tommy shop where you can like buy stuff. It's also where you sell your turnips. Um, so when people started really engaging with the turnip economy, like they, that's where they did to to flip their turnips. After thirty real time days, after getting Nook's Cranny, the store closes for a day so that you so and then they upgrade the store and it's just like a gated thing it's like 30 days after you start the game nook's cranny gets an upgrade so when people first started playing this game and then within the first week they started understanding the turnip the 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 stock market if you will <laughs> um and flipping those nips uh they would like okay time to boot up the game let's see what the prices are in nook's cranny today oh my god they're closed all right, let me try to go to someone else's island. Oh my god, they're closed. Oh my god, all of the nooks crannies are in a cause like this panic <laughs> for a day, <laughs> and it got staggered because if like someone started the game like a day late or two days late, like all of a sudden there's a staggered panic in the 
in the <laughs> fake turnip economy because no one can like sell their turnips and it's like this very you know this very collective zeitgeist moment that like i think is just so emblematic of like what made the time and place the animal crossing new horizons happened so uh uh unique yeah i didn't get any of that so <laughs> i get it like again like i don't think i think you not like it not latching onto you i think i totally get it or anyone um it's it's yeah. it's i mean like part part of the like turn up stuff like i what i mean by i didn't get any of that is i didn't i didn't love it but i also didn't get to any of that like that didn't sure. that didn't happen for me so like the, right. the coolest parts of it were just like okay yeah yeah that sounds rad but it's also the same thing with like people that get really into like ev values in pokemon right like yeah you can listen to someone talk about that you'd be like that sounds cool never gonna engage with that because like the time investment or whatever the mental investment to get to that point yeah i think there's i think because of how integral it is to because of how integral it seems to be and how right mainline in the game it seems to be that's why it was just like okay well yeah that's a that's a main thing that i'm just never gonna get to and i definitely heard people say that uh they disliked how the turn up market min maxing uh, uh mm. affected the tone of the game like it made the game less like casual because now people mm. are like min maxing this part of the economy to such an extent that to get millions of bells and everything it's like well that, that doesn't seem to be what animal crossing should be about so like why why are we doing this yeah. um which i also get all right animal crossing i put it over here in this column if there are no arguments against it no, i think it's a great addition it's there it's there it's there. okay all right, Animal Crossing. Alex. Okay. All right. I'm going to say Phasmophobia. Okay. Makes sense. All right. That's Any... just... I, I mean, for all the reasons that we've talked about at the beginning of this episode and more, um, continue and to play more. it. Yeah. Uh, still love it it's just yeah just a wonderful chestnut of new ideas mm-hmm. of well eg- executed well enough considering its status as, as an early access jank fest uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I think it deserves a lot of recognition yeah, um, yeah. a lot of kudos I agree yeah, I think I think the things that it's I think the horror elements work so well that you can ignore the jank and because it's early access, like hopefully that stuff, you know, gets it's gets taken a, care of in time. A little but it work doesn't done. detract. Yeah. yeah. I, I would actually I would almost prefer more content at this point. Yeah. Sure. F- fix more locations. Definitely fix some things, but like I want some new ghost types and some maybe some new evidence types. I don't know. Anything that can kinda of shake up the formula even more. Being someone that played a lot of online games this year, I and and with games that have this like uh, 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 proximity audio, like this and Project Winner and Among Us, um, I really wish games that implemented that like had some sort of like sound boosting or sound balance built in, hmm. because like if a person gets quieter as they're farther away, that's hard to tell how far away they are if people's audio gain is different across people like i have to turn people way up sometimes in discord like up to like 200 percent boosted because like 
of like their weird mic setup or like the quality right. of their mic. Um, and so now that we have games that are like are, are using proximity to adjust volume levels, I, I need I need something. I need something to help with with that because it's it, it becomes difficult sometimes. And people Makes sense. Yeah. Use I agree. a fucking you wear headphones, all right? Like I know it's it's I know like headphones sometimes like they're over the ear. It doesn't have to be over the ear. Like I know headphones can be uncomfortable or like there could be reasons to not like if you have like sound oversensitivity, but goddamn, if you're going to talk and then I hear my voice bounce back because you have the fucking audio on speakers, like I'm becoming less and less patient with that shit. So Jesus Jesus fucking Christ, please <laughs> help help me. Help me help you. Goddamn it. Phasmophobia is on the list. <laughs> Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, Nelson. Hey, what's up, dude? Not much. Do you want to pick a game? Yeah, we're going to go Star Wars Squadrons. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're going to go with. Okay. You want to know why? Tell me why. Because there is a ridiculous amount of, of love and detail put into this game that I don't think I was ever really expecting, if I'm being honest, from an EA Star Wars game. Um, Motive fucking killed it. It's $40, so you don't have to feel bad paying $60. I'm also okay with paying more for video games in general. I'm just saying, from a consumer standpoint, $40 for a video game is pretty great. Not to mention... They are constantly putting out free shit. Tell me about these B-Wings. Constantly. All right. B-Wings are the hidden treasures <laughs> of the Republic. <laughs> Good thing you didn't say hidden gems because I don't have to sue you. <laughs> okay. They're the hidden ge- uh, they are the hidden treasures of the Republic. They are... I think they're actually probably the most powerful fighter ships that, that the Republic has. Are they bombers? Are they technically bombers? No. Okay. They're they're like normal fighters, I believe. Okay. Um, they're they're like heavy fighters or something. Of episode uh, eight, right? That's a different ship. Oh, okay. That is a Republic bomber or or something like that. There's there's an actual name for that. Um, Because that doesn't pivot like a B wing does. Right. So B wings, uh, they have a low profile if they're horizontal or vertical. So the cockpit, everything gyrates around the cockpit. Yeah. Um, and they can open their wings for more firepower so they have the same x-wing closed wings for agility open wings for uh firepower do they do that in the game like can you close and open your i don't know if they do that in the game okay that'd be not 100 sure um i'm not 100 sure be partially because they don't actually if i get a vr headset or if i get a 3080 i can put my vr headset look to the left Mm-hmm. and see whether or not the wings close which is another reason this look game to is the fucking left, rad look to your right one of these wings will die mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true and and that's so that's the other really really incredible thing about about squadrons is take all of the the love and detail that that they put into the game and then put a vr headset on and then all of it's one-to-one mm-hmm. this is like for me this is my like VR killer app. It's this and like the Star Wars games or the Beat Saber game um, because it just you you just get it. Like it's very easy to immediately understand like, oh, 
no longer is like the dashboard of the X-Wing spread across my 27-inch monitor because that's not the real size of it. Yeah. The real size of it would be much tighter. And instead of it being like, like it, for example, if this is where you think that the, like the throttle is, you're wrong. This like one of them is over extended. here. <laughs> like in front, in front of, of, you. of you. Yeah. Like, cause like, cause I think it's like the throttle is actually to the left and up and like on an X-Wing. And so there's just like certain aspects that you don't really expect until you're sitting in it. And then you look out to your left and then realize, oh shit, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the world. They did this well. Mm-hmm. So shit's cool. Shit's really, really good. Squadrons. Um, so my argument against squadrons it really has nothing to do with the game because the game seems cool and I was I excited bet. for it when it came. Well, I'm just saying I haven't played it. I think uh, my argument is that uh, uh, I think there are other games that better represent us. I think there are more games on this list I feel stronger about, even if I haven't played them than star wars squadrons simply because i have yet to play star wars squadrons oh yeah i know uh so that's why i think you should go yeah you asked me, the, you asked me to pick a list all right pick I'm, a game I'm, from the list. and i'm and i'm <laughs> saying maybe you should pick a different one but i'll hear what alex has to say i also want to play star wars squadrons real bad yeah. um thumbs up to another game like devil may cry 5 that nobody really played <laughs> i played it i mean for like an hour or two. <laughs> um, man, hey, I, there's too many games right now. Too mm-hmm. many games. I'm looking at this list. There's a lot of games. This is this is this is too many games. Um, also, is the rule like they have to be games that represent us? I think Can it we- just it makes more sense because like if if it's just like all right, here's five, here's three games that Dylan liked, and here's three games that Nelson liked, and et cetera, et cetera. Then I think like what is the point of a collective list? But also, I like, feel like we always like every year have one game that maybe only one of us played that one of us felt and that, so the, strongly about. That was I, Dylan. That's I, what Dylan was saying at the beginning that he's trying to avoid. Yeah, I'm saying we will get there, but let's get through. The collectivism first before okay. we get to the individualism. Oh, if you want me to pick a game that we've all played and like, then yeah, Fall Guys. Sure. Does Alex Fall like Guys? Fall Guys is great. Hold on, hold on. All but right. does Alex like Fall Guys? Alex, do you not like Fall Guys? What's wrong with you? All right, I love Fall Guys. I haven't played <laughs> conceptually. <Fall Guys>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but every everything I see about Fall Guys is like this is great. I love it. Even before it came out, I was just like, hell yeah, Takeshi's Castle Battle Royale. Like I, I was, I was way into the concept. I said, absolutely, one hundred percent, give me that. And then I just never bought it. <laughs> I will probably well, buy it eventually. Plus, I don't have a PlayStation anymore. I know mm-hmm. it's it's a we it's a hard concept for you to grasp. Still, <laughs> I don't understand I, why wouldn't you own a video game console? This makes no sense to me. I, it's weird. I can't exactly explain it either. I hear but, the DualSense controller and Astro's Playroom is the killer app. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty great, but it's not going to be on this list. Uh, I'm okay with having Fall Guys. I don't. I, like, I'm 100 okay oh, with yeah. Fall Guys being on here. I'm glad it's so well received and and doing well. It's you know, great for a small indie studio. Yeah, it's a st- such a, a great small, small, 40 small 200 person. person indie studio like Mediatonic. Uh, so, like Mediatonic is 200 people total, but the Fall Guys uh, team was like 40 people, I think, is what I've read. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, 
you know fall guys fall guys fall them guys i need to get back to it there's too many good games that came out it's it's so weird how like fall guys like when fall guys came out it was like oh this is this is it like this is going mm-hmm. to be like this is going to be the twitch killer for the rest of the year yeah and then among us happened and then you know <laughs> it there's just so much other stuff i don't think among us like totally ate fall guys as lunch but i think like there is it just it just moved so so fast and then phasmophobia dropped and that got big for a yeah. while i don't think it's it's eclipsed among us and the way among us eclipsed eclipsed fall guys but <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, i don't think those media tonic folks are, are hurting though i think yeah, they I, they're fine. proud of that game doing well got their devolver money and all the sales uh all right is it my turn yep i believe it is all right, there's a couple games over here I'm looking at. But I'm thinking Halo colon the Master Chief Collection is a phenomenal game. Uh, eight years in the making <laughs> to finally get it to PC. A a uh, uh, a walk through a, a tour through the museum of of Halo's history. And also an introduction to some of the Halo games I never played. Never played much Reach multiplayer and never played Halo 4, 4 multiplayer. And there's a, f- there's a flavor of Halo for everyone to enjoy. This is such a phenomenal, like, bang for your buck, all told. I, I mean, I, I like me some Halo. I'm so glad this gave me the opportunity to experience more halo than i ever have before like i've now completed the master chief journey just before five we're not counting five um and and i don't know it's a great feeling and it's so cool Mm -hmm. that like i got all of that for 40 bucks just like a a a walk through gaming history yeah um and I, I think uh, it's 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 wild how much nostalgia just kind of like erupts in me from playing in, in very weird ways. Like I was talking uh, uh, to Harris Foster about this and like I have such nostalgia for like the low poly geometry of like a Halo 2 um, just because like I feel like it it'll, there's 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 something to be said about like uh, and you kind of talked about this before with like Anodyne 2 Alex, but there's something mm-hmm. to be said about like um having only so much fidelity in something and letting the player's imagination fill in the gaps and like some of those maps multiplayer maps in halo 2 is is like that and they feel like so much bigger like waterworks just feels like this big installation that you're walking through and there's something to be said about like a big big team battle map where like you don't see anyone for like a couple minutes because like you're trekking across like down this alley or through this tunnel or something and then like you come out the other end and like hey there's an enemy combatant whereas i feel like a lot of multiplayer shooters nowadays are they they're only interested in making sure you're always in the action um and there's less of that like inherent uh exploration um so yeah and then like halo 3 like i love that the, the spartans in halo 3 multiplayer like look like they're kind of made out of like this kind of like high quality plastic so they look kind of like action figures mm-hmm. like there there's so much to it that i that i i don't know there's just these little touches that i just like fall in love with every time i play play a halo match um that 
I think Master Chief Collection captures. It's so nostalgic to go back to, and mm-hmm. and both critically and just also giving into it completely and letting it take yeah. over you. Uh, and they have the uh, Halo 2 Windows Vista exclusive maps in there that I didn't realize that I never looked at. There's one that's just like a like couple city blocks with like a parking garage structure in it that's pretty cool to just walk around. That's really like a cool. movie theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I uh, man, yeah, I was going to actually mention, I, I feel like the amount of stuff they threw into this on top of it all really, really like wraps this up with a nice ribbon. I, was not expecting to do the forge again. Was not expecting to have access to like the theater again. All of that content is still there. All the new cosmetics are cool. I mean, not really like core to the Halo experience, but it's nice to yeah. have it. Uh, it's just a nice package. It yeah, I think uh, it's it's interesting that they're doing like seasons also, and there's like seasonal cosmetic unlocks but it's also really like get... not locked to those seasons you can go right. back to any of them and yeah yeah get what exactly. you want. um it, it seems like they're trying to graft on like a contemporary like cosmetic like schema to like this game that was out around the xbox one's launch right um any arguments against halo master chief collection nelson i don't know if you played much of it this year i have no attachment to halo whatsoever okay <laughs> um I have no attachment to Halo, no nostalgia for Halo, none of that. What I will say is the Game Pass is by far the best deal I have ever seen <laughs> for yeah. consumers uh-huh. ever. With EA and Play the out fact now? That, especially with EA Play out now. And the fact that all of that is, let's say, $5 a month. The fact that all of that is five dollars a month is is really insane, in in the best possible way. So, kudos Microsoft for making a really cool thing and for celebrating it with eight years of Halo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on PC. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Twenty years of Halo. Eight years on PC. Oh yeah, whatever that is. Halo. The <laughs> twenty years collection. of Halo. Yeah. Way, to, way to celebrate 45 years of the Master Chief. A <laughs> yeah. hundred years of Space Marines. Mm-hmm. Good, good on them. Uh, all right. Halo. Happy negative 125th birthday, Master Chief. <laughs> A happy unbirthday to you. Yeah. Halo, the Master Chief Collection. So we have, what is this, three, uh, six games so far. Uh, Valorant, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Hades, Phasmophobia, Fall Guys, Halo, the Master Chief Collection. Alex. All right. I'm going to I'm going to lock in one that I think really kicked off my year in a great way. Uh I think it's time we address the fantastic Hitman. I agree. This is This is a game full of little treasures, little delights. Just just tons of moments of of sheer Oh man, what would you call it? There's like There's just like there's details upon details and and the fact that it's it's kind of laid out almost like oh what would you put it I mean it's very puzzly yeah mm-hmm. uh it's it's maps are gigantic things that you sort of have to pick apart piece by piece and understand and and to find the perfect avenue for hitmanning 
uh, and and execute flawlessly. One of the best rushes I ever got from video games this year, and, and I loved moments like um, the last mission of Halo of Hitman Two. I almost called it Halo Two. Yeah, when Halo Master 2. Chief shows up and he drops the chandelier <laughs> on the guy. Yeah, <laughs> where you I'm have to, to the like, assassination, kidnap the constant. I found yes. myself in the constant's office, dressed as one of his masked guards, and just kind of like feeling like, "Oh God, he's he's right there. I could do it." But everything's everyone's watching. He's got the place so heavily, like his personal room in that castle is so heavily guarded, and there's everyone is like watching every corner. I'm just like, "Oh fuck, what do I do? What do I do?" <laughs> there's yeah. there's there's good tension great release it's it's a very fundamentally well-built game yeah and i can't um, wait for the tr- for the for the cap to that trilogy i can't wait for this james bond game that they're making now oh, that's holy also, shit yeah that's that's really what exciting cool thing for them i love that we i think a bunch of people make the james bond comparison to these newest hitmans but i think it's funny that we also did that and then mm-hmm. they announced like all right, we're making a James Bond game. I was like, fuck yeah, sign me up. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. Make James Bond not just a traditional shooter. Make it this weird, like, suave, puzzly thing. Um, what, are you saying you don't want, like, a third GoldenEye? <laughs> no, he wants Mission Impossible on the Nintendo 64. Technically, it would be a fourth GoldenEye, because there was GoldenEye Rogue Agent, and then I think there was a GoldenEye, or am I thinking of 007 Legacy? I don't know. Uh, One of those. I don't know. We're getting a new Perfect Dark, so there. There's your new GoldenEye. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think Hitman's really great. I think I, I like that you can tackle it most things from multiple angles um, because there's a lot of, a lot of, it's, it's, again, I think this is just how I play games, it, like given setting things to easy dof- difficulties and stuff, but like, you know, it's, it's a, I play that game Path of Least Resistance. Mm-hmm. Like if I press on something and find that like, oh, this is going to be too challenging, like dropping a chandelier on someone is actually really difficult because yeah. like you're going to be in a crowded room and then you're going to untie the chandelier and it's going to drop on someone's head. And it's like someone's obviously going to see you do it. Mm-hmm. So like setting that up for it to actually be pulled off without anyone noticing would be incredibly difficult. So I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Like I tried playing as a bartender and poisoning someone's drink in, in the Paris mission in one and they would just never come over to me. They just kept passing around like the 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 room that they were in. And I'm like, this, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I like that I can play things from different angles. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that they give you an option to just like go at it entirely up to you. Or here's a story thread that we built that you can follow. Mm. Like, like here's something. If you just kind of want some direction, then we've we've built in these hints and these sort of uh, beats that you can follow. Yeah, awesome, smart game, um, fun game. Yeah, and I'm, I re- I respect it. Don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not. It's it's another game that you didn't really get into, Nelson. I feel bad. Um, but uh, maybe, the multiplayer maybe, maybe the James... was fun. I had a good time with that multiplayer. I enjoy that. I think we should go back to that multiplayer. Like even though it's a little <laughs> bare bones and you can only do like two maps. Um, uh, I'm specific. I and I'm also gonna say specifically Hitman Two here because I don't think we can lump them all together. I think there's enough mechanical differences between the both, but enough that they're pretty similar. I think Hitman and Two because Hitman Two that, just includes. Yeah, it, it's got know. Hitman One in it. Right. Um. 
and that you could finally see where the cameras are looking in Hitman 2. Right. Because that was a big pain in the ass in the first one. It's like, oh, you got spotted on the camera. It's like, well, I didn't know where the fuck it was. I mean, at least, <laughs> at the very least, if you're playing on anything, but like, if you play like the easy difficulty or the normal difficulty, I forget what they, what they how they tier them, but uh, the cameras don't matter and, unless you're on like the hard difficulties. <laughs> Like yeah. it'll say it'll still say you've been spotted on a camera, but like you don't have to bother with it. Mm. So anyway, I think it's Nelson's turn. Yes, I believe so. Sure is. You know what? You know what, guys? Doom Eternal. <laughs> oh no, is not on my list. But Marvel <laughs> Spider-Man Miles Morales <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely is. There it is. What a what a great game! What a fantastic follow up! But it not not just because it is a sequel that that follows up on the story, not just because it is a sequel that improves on a lot of the the gameplay, the combat, even just in regards to hey, swinging. All the animations are new because it's a different person. Like that aspect, that kind of that kind of attention to hey we have a game with a new main character as spider-man mm-hmm. the first time we're playing as not peter parker in a in a big uh triple a game because i mean like sometimes you might have played like web of shadows and you played as miguel o'hara but like whatever um <laughs> no, but the first time you no get to play as miles 29 yeah but fucking whatever um first time you get to play as miles and it's just fucking great because again, much like Hades, he's just a good, good boy. He just wants to protect his neighborhood. He just wants to protect his family and his friends. And and we talked about this before, but it's part of what makes this such a good story and such a good Spider-Man story is that all of the all of the narrative progression of miles is looking out for his neighborhood is then represented by the neighborhood looking out for miles. And I, I think, I think you can't have a Spider-Man story without getting to like that, that sort of human, we're all just trying to get through it kind of aspect. Mm -hmm. And then having the like, if you mess with him, you mess with all of us kind of thing. But it just it works. Yeah. It's like here's here's all of the tropes that aren't tropes because they're well done. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an example of like a story being greater than the sum of its parts. Like mm-hmm. and other and I mean like and we talked about it before, but like the the, the first Spider Man game, um, the first Insomniac Spider Man game, like can get pretty comic booky with like it's like you know with which the, is a thing that maybe you don't like, but I love. Yeah, I'm I'm not huge on it. Um like it can work well. Like I mean there are parts of like comic bookiness that like like if you sell it to me well, I'm 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 okay with it. Like if you say like, "Oh, we could just open portals to like other dimensions or like to different parts of the the universe." It's like, "Okay." Like like that's fine. You don't need to like techno babble it for me. Like if you sell it in the right way, like I'll accept that. Like that's fine. But like things where like weird MacGuffins start influencing like uh um like character motivations and like character interactions get really weird about that like it can it can start collapsing really quickly under but it's like specifically like the 
the plague in the first one that I'm just kind of like, okay, this is really weird. And I feel like when you start dealing with like a deadly pandemic, uh, like we are dealing with now, I think like there needs to be, there are parts where they handle it with nuance and the parts where they don't, because like, like I said, the silver sable private military, you're talking about the first one. Yeah. The first one. Okay. Like there's not a lot of this in the second one. Like, I think like it's a much more streamlined story. Um, so it, they, they avoid most of that stuff. Like, I think like the stereotypical evil, you know, CEO like m- might be the hokiest part of Miles Morales, mm-hmm. but I think it, I think it mostly works um, because like, it's not as more like the, in, the inciting action between like Tinkerer and Miles's relationship than anything else. So it's not like it. Yeah. It, it, it works because Troy Baker is not very well needed in that, in that story. It's not about his character. Oh, I didn't even know that was Troy Baker. Oh, it's gotta be I Troy Baker. I can't There's avoid no him. Way Simon Krieger is not Troy Baker. <laughs> Simon Krieger. Also, what a what a what a name. What an asshole name. What a villain name. <laughs> yeah, Troy Baker, Simon Krieger. Um <laughs> come on. That's his full it. name. That's his full name. Yeah. Troy Simon Krieger Baker. Um mm-hmm. fucking great. Fucking great. Uh yeah. So goddamn good. Alex, as someone that doesn't like Marvel Spider Man. Look, I fell off for the that PlayStation first Four. I, f- I fell off that first one hard, for sure. Just like hit a point where I was like, I don't actively want to invest more time in this, but I can respect it. Mm-hmm. I I think it's probably, I mean, definitely a fine game. That I don't know some some of its better parts kept getting overshadowed by worse parts that they really wanted me to be into and i just wasn't but with all that said it sounds like and and you two are some of the best i i I really respect your story opinion so it sounds like these stories that's a mistake really work no i'll take it for me for me for not for no okay um yeah nelson likes some (laughs) straight trash sometimes I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like Nelson respects uh, when a story is allowed to be like campy, and, and you know, I, yeah. I don't have anyone else to talk about Star Wars and like where Star Wars does good things with. So. I watch bad horror movies, so I know what good horror movies are. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I, I, I I like bad games, so I know what good games are. We watch the Star Wars movies so that we can appreciate Clone Wars. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, so to that effect, I, I can absolutely see that Spider-Man, these Spider-Man games have great stories, and I am into that. Respect it. Hell yeah. If I had a PlayStation more readily available, I would jump back in on these and give them a shot. Also, uh, no and, and what I will say is that eventually, if you get a PS5, if you get a PS4, if you get the 6, whenever... <laughs> that wow, godforsaken forsaken really, thing really going. comes around in 25 years right, um, yeah uh <laughs> honestly just play miles morales okay because because they do it they do a really really good job of doing the um there's like a previously on video mm-hmm. and i am surprised at how good that is at summing up the first game yeah and i and i think part of it is because it's from Miles's perspective. So like it, it it immediately gets you into into the mood of playing this game. Um especially because do you want to watch a previously on video <laughs> is the first thing you're prompted with. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the exclusives situation looks like when the uh, PS5 Slim drops. <laughs> it's just the digital edition, but like the, the disc tray looks like it fits. They sand <laughs> down the fins on the on the top. Right. Yeah. Do you like the industrial design of that thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I fucking love it. I want more weird looking consoles. Is it it's, a pain I in the ass? I also respect rectangles. Yeah. Is it a pain in the ass to find space for it? No, because I somebody's gonna hate me for saying this. I just stand it up on the on the stand and I think if it's the intent. It's in the office. A lot of people don't a lot of people are really nervous about vertical consoles and I and I get that. Um and so if if I'm in the office, there is a very open space on the bookshelf for it. Uh-huh. If I'm in the living room, I just put it on the on the ground next to the Christmas tree. Hmm. And there's like nothing else around that area. Okay. Um and it looks good. Like in the middle of night when in the middle of the night if you turn it on that like blue the two blue streams of light mm-hmm. uh get real bright. It's just it's a good effect. Hmm. All right. Marvel Spider-Man. It's over here. Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have two more. Only two more slots available. Guys. Yes. It's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. You just went Nelson. It sure is. It's your turn. All right. Um so I think with my final seemingly final suggestion, uh I have to I'm really conflicted about this game. Um I think this game uh I think this game personally for me, there's a lot I really enjoyed about it, but also I can't help but acknowledge uh the amount of you know the 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 working conditions it was made under the crunch um the uh uh kind of weird kind of anti criticism statements that came out after the gamers released but last of us part 2 was a game that i really enjoyed and very much enjoyed the the atypical storytelling in and it's a game that I would stay up way too late playing, which is not something I ever do ever uh, with single player video games as an adult. Um, and I say that with the biggest of caveats because I know it's a it's it's a mess. Just everything swirling around that game is just a, is a mess. Um, and I don't want to ignore it or say that it, or give it any less uh, importance, but. Last of Us Part Two meant a lot for me. Not not the game direction though, because as you agree, <laughs> if you have to crunch a studio, you shouldn't get best game direction. Yeah. Um. All right. I want to acknowledge how much the Last of Us Part Two meant to you, while also saying I feel like that's against the rules because <laughs> I don't think it meant a whole lot to Nelson and I. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah, this is your Resident Evil remake. This is your Star Wars Squadrons. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, this ev- is my Doom Eternal. Sure. Everyone, everyone can, could get one, but I don't think it belongs on this list. This okay. list of communal agreement. That's fair. Yeah, fuck this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck it. No, it's no, fine. I just, I just, yeah. There, we we talked about it last time, but like there are just so many v- video video game video 
video game ass things in this game that that turned me off of it that like in a in a in a in a bubble i I still don't really love this game yeah (laughs) and i and i think a lot of people feel that way yeah um some for bad reasons and and some for reasonable reasons (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) agreed all right well then i'm not gonna fight it then i'm gonna say blaze ball yes wait no no no. hold on wait no wait no sorry hold on (laughs) no i'm not sorry i'm gonna take a step back i'm gonna say among us ah okay i'm gonna say among us should be on this list because holy shit (laughs) did this game come out of nowhere quote-unquote i i mean i don't know that people worked on this game they put the game out like two years ago and it it got wildly successful partially due to twitch partially due like the realities of everyone being quarantined Mm -hmm. um i think it's a great game i really enjoy it alex i know you have it's not your favorite one of these lying simulators uh that you played this year <laughs> that, All right. That, that's not like a call out or anything. Like I know I, you I, like Project Wonder more. I, I just... want to jump ahead. I actually don't know what Nelson thinks about Among Us. Uh, oh, I think it's super fucking cool. Okay. I I, I I'm everything Dylan said. Then I won't. Everything then I Dylan won't said. fight it. I've said my piece. <laughs> I I before Among Us got huge, I was getting into Project Winter with a number of of friends. And I was just like, oh man, this is great. It'd be so cool if this game was big. And then like, yeah the shittier version got huge <laughs> no I mean, it's, it sucks to be it sucks to be the hd dvd uh against the blu-ray uh, it sucks to be the betamax right. against vhs right yeah um <laughs> and, but, uh, and, and i played among us so just put more porn in project winter and then it would have won <laughs> yeah, exactly make the project winter sexy technology I, um yeah, I and I played Among Us, and I was like, "This is fine, I guess." All right, everyone can enjoy their their Among Us, but like, I, yeah, I I think it's it's it is important to recognize the cultural significance of this game, doing what it did when it did. Uh, yeah. So yeah, to that effect, no problem, no objection. I'll let it let it pass. Did you like it though, uh, Nelson? Or did you just think it was cool? Oh, like, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I, I actually really I enjoyed playing it. I just haven't played it a bunch. Yeah. Um, but the I have played it in bursts, but those bursts were for a long time. Yeah, okay. Um yeah. no, it's 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 a ton of fun, especially like if you're especially if you are playing with people that you know. <laughs> like it yeah. is just it is just one of the and if you happen to be in the same room, virtual or real, mm-hmm. that much better. Yeah, like, there are just so many interesting ways to play this game. Yeah, and it, ha- it tests your poker face for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it and again, it's free. It's free on mobile. Yeah, it yeah. it just got added to the to the PC Game Pass Xbox Game Pass. That's insane. It is. It is like kudos, Chef Kiss, to everybody that worked on this and everybody that's on the team because like yeah. y'all. Y'all are doing some pretty cool shit. All four of them. I all, all four, four of them. I saw someone on Twitter. I want to say it was um, Christina Ness actually who shouted out the game and called its art style Newgrounds Core. <laughs> oh no! So I want to shout out Newgrounds Core for just being the coolest art genre <laughs> name that I've heard in a long time. I wonder <laughs> with with the death of Flash. I wonder if we'll see a a rise in Newgrounds Core. 
Um, yeah, Among if Us. Only. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I play with a lot of people that metagame that game to Oblivion. And so when I play mm. it with normies, it's like it's like the person that plays normies? a bunch of... Well, it's like when the person that plays a bunch of Guitar Hero by themselves, and then they go and invite a bunch of people over. It's like, let's do one versus one Guitar Hero, and yeah. then you're just smoking everyone because you spent all this time playing it by yourself. It's like that. It's like I play with... I have like multiple friend groups that like know all the ins and outs of that yeah, game. Like, I've invited hey, friends you... over to play Smash Brothers. Yeah, I know yeah exactly. How this goes. It's like... <laughs> oh, you never vote on sevens. Oh, make sure you mute your mic like uh, whenever you're not voting. Uh, like all these little things like, oh, turn off visual uh, uh, tasks because like if you could do a visual task, that means you're not the imposter. Like all these little things. And then you play with a group of people that are just like casually playing it. Your mind is so broken. And then you're just like <laughs> beating everyone because it's like I I know all the I know the metagame of this game too well now. And I need to get Jeff Keighley's face as a mask uh, in this game. <laughs> got to get them. Got to get them sweet, sweet drops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right, Alex. Okay. So you got our last one. A lot of pressure, man. In I'm my giving it away. <laughs> in my perfect world, uh, and it's why I got really excited for a second. The last two were going to be baseball and Ring Fit, because <laughs> mm. I thought. All right, I, I I just think the cultural moment, the cultural movement that is baseball, yes, is our great our greatest pastime, important <laughs> and relevant and super gay in the best way. Oh <laughs> yeah, the 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 how the fans moved it in their direction, the the push and pull of the developers and the fans creating this world of baseball is special and gosh i i'm having a hard time coming up with like the perfect words for that game but it's <sighs> and then ring fit it... adventure yeah. was just like one of the few games that kept me sane during all of this waving non-committally towards you know the world <laughs> yeah um, and fit and fit i i mean i i <laughs> still have a gym subscription can't go to the gym and Same. i was like thank god yeah, for ring fit a, honestly thank god for this this buff black dragon in yeah, in like yeah. a sling monokini <laughs> you know you you know i love my bbds <laughs> Fuck, god damn it. Which <laughs> was like in my mind I was actually thinking like this is the whole reason Nelson loves this game, I bet. <laughs> so like <laughs> the villain. <laughs> as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, this game's fun. <laughs> this is not gonna take itself seriously at all. This is everything that I needed in a workout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I just think both of these are huge to me, and I can't pick which one helped out in this in this worldwide crisis more <laughs> i'll pick for you okay <laughs> I, I yeah i'm gonna say i, I want to put it up to those two and and what do you guys think uh nelson dylan. oh nelson dylan nelson dylan nelson dylan uh as much as i enjoy ring fit 
um, and I think it's invaluable. I think, uh, you know, after shit like the, the Wii Balance Board, <laughs> Wii Fit, the, uh, the, you know, scrapped Wii Vitality Sensor, I think uh, things like Just Dance, I think nintendo finally figured out like how to make fitness work and i think it might just been a case of like technology had to catch up yeah um to it like having more uh uh uh, greater fidelity motion controls and also like how the ir sensor can measure your your uh heart rate like things that they were trying to do since the wii Mm -hmm. uh i think they finally cracked it here um as much as i think it's I will say all I need is a leg strap that doesn't slide off my damn leg while I'm running in place. (laughs) Yes. I I, I always put it on my bare leg or something on there. Yeah. I put it on my bare leg because it has is less likely to fall because Mm -hmm. it's definitely pretty slippy if I put it on like uh, gym shorts. Yeah. Um, But then my gym shorts are put over top of it and then it'll push it down or like Mm -hmm, my underwear will push it down. Like it's it's there's no perfect solution there might be a third-party solution out there that I just haven't looked into. Um, it's, it's Ring Fit's one idea. flaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and sometimes the the Joy-Con that I put on the on the on the wheel uh, doesn't like to cooperate. Like mm. it, it, it'll misread. Or like when I have to shoot, when I have to shoot. Oh like yeah. It'll, oh right. That shit's it's it gets really inaccurate, and mm. I have to like re recalibrate it uh, by gotcha. pointing the thing down. So because of those reasons, ring fits bad. <laughs> Let's go with baseball. Nelson, okay. thoughts? Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, they're both fun. I I, I had a, bu- a bunch of fun playing ring fit. Um, I had a bunch of fun watching baseball happen. Because it's not a real sport. Um, <gasps> yeah, I said it. <gasps> Much like video games. It's not. I'm kidding. <laughs> Wow. Esports are but the chess, realest. Chess is the real esports. Um <laughs> yes. Queen's yeah, Gambit I... now on Netflix. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this podcast sponsored by. Um I I would personally give it to Ring Fit Adventure not because I don't think baseball deserves it, but because I think that there is an aspect of Ring Fit Adventure that that really just zeroes in on what dylan was saying which is hey the nintendo stuff that we were trying to promise it works now yeah like regardless of like the the one or two things like example the the strap the leg strap is annoying (laughs) regardless of that the fact that it's just like oh oh this is like kind of cool yeah yeah and i can do it and then the next day feel like oh my abs actually hurt right yeah like i actually did something weird It's it's a genuine workout I, when I would go to the gym, I'd be like an hour or an hour and a half, and like I feel like good. I ring fit after like thirty minutes, I have to stop. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it's a lot of toning exercises, right? It's like a, a lot of anaerobic and toning it's stuff. Everything all at once. It's yeah. it's it's like arms, it's legs. You're running, you're moving, you're 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 doing so much. Really good full body workout. Yeah. Um. um what? Do you, okay. How about you, Alex? If you had to give it to one. I think hearing all of this, it has to be baseball. Okay. That's just just a just a treasure of an idea, of an execution, and of a community. Right. All in I one. think what's all and also gay as fuck. Also y'all. gay as fuck, man. It's so good. 
it's definitely something that I, uh, yeah, I am a casual observer of, of baseball. I will peer in and be like, oh, God, mm-hmm. what's happening? <laughs> oh, this is kind of cool. Oh, I'm caught into the narrative now, and then yeah. I'll bounce out. And um, it's also the only game to successfully attack and dethrone God in 2020. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> Finally, we got there. The weather, the weather underground prediction <laughs> prophecy <laughs> comes forth. All right. <laughs> Let's give it the blaze ball then. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Good choices. Good choices. All right. Well, then that's that's 10, right? That's 10 games. That's 10 games. That's 10. Let's run them down. We got... God damn it. This white space is driving me up a wall. <laughs> uh, we have... Uh, in no particular order, except for alphabetical. Um, our top 10, our best games played of 2020 are Among Us, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Blaseball, Fall Guys, Hades, Halo, The Master Chief Collection, Hitman 2, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Phasmophobia, and Valorant. Any qualms? None. Any any dissent? Except for Doom Eternal else? should be on there. No. <laughs> really glad you guys didn't put Death Stranding on there. <laughs> oh, I know better. I know that, about Alex. That's, that's solely a me pick. I know it. <laughs> um. No, I don't. I don't think any. I don't think any any real dispute. Okay. With this. Okay. Do we want to do uh, uh, superlatives? Do we have time? Do we have time for superlatives? I think that's uh, yeah. that's an important part. Wouldn't want to okay. miss it. Okay. Most stylish. Eighty. <laughs> <I'm... laughs> All right. Well, let's let's. Uh, so I don't. I I really only have one good one for like, uh, Valorant. Mm. Uh, which is when we first originally talked about it. Nelson brought it up. Um, but I think most balanced would be my suggestion for Valorant, just because like. So often do I play a multiplayer game and one side or the other just immediately like gets a lead and it just stays like that because of either like, you know, zone positioning, like map control or like they control the power weapons in the case of Halo. Like once someone like gets the rocket or the Spartan laser or the sword in a Halo match, like so rarely does does the tide turn after that point or an overwatch like there are real like locked in like points uh, where like it's really hard to turn the tides. Mm-hmm. So I think most balance, like when you die, you lose all your guns. You have to repurchase your guns. You know, when the, at the end of the half, the teams rotate and you have to start over from scratch. Like, I think that's, that's my suggestion for that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Cool I think most balance right. is good. That makes sense. And then I have nothing for the rest of the, <laughs> okay. I have one. Okay. And I and I think it's worth workshopping the title. Okay. Most frustratingly fun okay. is Hades. Hmm. Okay. It's it's that it's that up and down of shit, I just got rocked by Meg. And then hmm. the immediate next run is you doing the opposite. Right. And then it and then it goes straight back. Um okay. I almost want to Make sure Hades points out the writing in some way, the dialogue. But I've, no, I, I think, think that's, among I the think three of us, call. I've played it the least. So no, I, I think you're right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, 
biggest heart. Hmm. Does that get weird if you're saying that these other games don't have heart? <laughs> yeah. And also, like, I've used the heart. I would say, heart. like, Among Us, you could probably give it to that, or Blaze Ball as well, right. or Fall Guys. I would say, uh, um, let's let's come back to that in a second i think baseball yeah. actually i think one that just popped into my head uh yeah. is weirdest charm Ooh. okay i think it's something i like i know weird can have a negative connotation so uh, yeah, i think uh i think that works um i was workshopping about... <laughs> i was working sh- workshopping baseball's i think its biggest and most important aspect is like the tug of war that I mentioned between sure. its developers and its fans that keep building mm-hmm. its world together. Um, but I feel like that falls into weirdest charm in a way. I also uh, have another one that's kind of punny. Okay. How about oddest ball? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, now you got it. That one's, that one's okay. yeah, too good. Okay. Oddest ball. Uh, fallest guys. Fallest, ga- yes. <laughs> Hittest man. <laughs> Uh, oh are we not going with hittest man no he's the the hittest man most murderous puzzle (laughs) yeah can we give the can we give the um can we give the pinhead award to hitman who you call him pinhead because it's a because it's a because it's a murderous puzzle like in like in the um (gasps) fuck what are those uh, movies called the hellraiser movies hellraiser movies oh okay i don't know you have to solve the thing Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's a puzzle you solve it and then uh, murder i i kind of have my own personal I, I i do it definitely way differently um but uh, i have my own little superlatives when i wrote up my personal list uh-huh uh hitman i think i wrote yeah here just uh, a sense of place dismantled i like that um uh, and what else was went on here phasophobia was fear with friends <laughs> Baseball was the future of baseball at your discretion. That's all the ones that went that got on this list that I had. Um, yeah, I think phasmophobia. Like, there's got to be a way to talk about like the 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 fear, but also like we yeah. just said, like yeah. how do you how do you talk about the horror while also like what's the superlative you would give to like uh cabin in the woods or friendliest something right fear <laughs> uh okay friendliest fear hmm oh there's something like something frights something is frights uh sh- like happiest frights, most shared frights. I, that's nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say for Halo. Oh, most fights finished. <laughs> I was actually thinking for Halo, it would be like uh, the most historical or something. Yeah, something like that. Like most mm. archival. Yeah, like best our- archive. Archive, best archive. That's really good, and I feel like archive fits with like the oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Like I think the, they literally uh, have like an archive motif, and like you're going to like old derelict, des- yeah, yeah, destinations, and all right, best archive. I think like for phasmophobia, something like 
uh, most carefree frights. Hmm. Something like that. Because like I don't play horror games. Yeah. And like the horror in Phasmophobia is like very. It's quick. It's like a. It's like a short shock to the system. Yeah. It's like just a little jolt. It's like oh, and then it's gone. <laughs> and then you're with a bunch of people. So like it's fine. Like they can yeah. immediately like calm you, you down. You like it's, immediately de-stress with like the shared experience of it. Yeah. Um. Mm. The best shared frights. Hmm. Most shared screams. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like that. Bet like best shared screams. Yeah, that works. Yeah, We're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. good. I'm now looking at Phasmophobia on the Steam store. It's oh. good. You should you should buy it and play with us. I didn't say all that. <laughs> it's not that scary. I didn't say all that. You, you played Layer of Fear. You could do it's, it. You could do it. I believe in you, Nelson. So yeah, another one of these games. Uh-huh. Um, uh, all right, here's my here's my I think I originally had this for the first Spider Man. It was the first Spider Man, because we can maybe build off of that. Most heroic. Hmm. Most most heroic. Oh. <laughs> more heroic. I think it's more about I think there's there are more themes about being yourself mm-hmm. and being completely yourself. And I'm curious if there is a if there is a word or if there if there is a way to say that. Like most self-expressionalism or whatever kind of most thing like that. Personal, most personal, but I, I mean, like part of it is, part of it is genuinely uplifting. Um, but I also wouldn't want to be the hmm. most Brooklyn. There you go. Yes. Mm. Most New York. Most New Yorker. <laughs> most you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Right. Uh. I don't know. All right, here's my suggestion for Hitman 2. Best okay. playground. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Does that Let's work? Let's go with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best playground. Uh, you wrote Deadliest Arsenal here for Hades, Nelson. Yeah, for Hades. I don't know. I We have to be able to implement. Sharpest include, Wit. Include the story Ooh. somehow. Sharpest Wit is good. That plays on the, on the sharp weapons mm-hmm. and the writing. I like Sharpest Wit actually a lot. More I think about, more it sticks to me. Cool. <laughs> Dylan. I'm thinking about it. I'll write it down. Okay. If we get anything better, we'll do that. Okay. But like, uh, hmm, let's see. All right. Let's look at these other ones. We have Fall Guys. We have Animal Crossing. Fallen Guys. Fallen Guys. Most Extreme Elimination. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do like something like Best game show. Uh, best streamed. Yeah, no. We're not content creators. I mean, we're not streamers, <laughs> so like. Okay. Best game show is not bad. I'm trying to think. Nelson, make sure you talk on mic. Trying to think if there's another. Hmm. 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 I like best game show. Or you do like wackiest competition. 
<laughs> best esports game. Best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think I think best competition also also works. Yeah, I would want to do like something more descriptive on the on the competition, just because mm-hmm. like like best game show implies like a certain tone, right? Like most competitive get like wipeout or something like that. You could say best crowning, seeing as if you win, then you get the crown. Or whatever you call think, a yeah. crowning. No, yeah, I mean, it is a crown. Like, the currency is called crowns. I think it's yeah. a little too abstracted, though. Hmm. Um, best beans. The best beans. All, I got the like, beans? Like, bean-shaped. <laughs> I would actually kind of be okay. I, I definitely prefer the Fall Guys beans over the Among Us beans, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wait, but that's also not... That also doesn't talk about the competition aspect. Mm. That's true. Hmm. but the beans are competing game Uh-oh. show you're you're now quiet and or mute but the beans there are competing go. they are it's true oh. i'm cool with mm. best game show wackiest competition best beans yeah any of those are fun any of those are which one do you prefer descriptors no uh, probably best game show yeah i think best game show okay all right because it's also the best game show of the year so like in terms of all of the ones that they tried doing because of the <laughs> pandemic, this is the one that I'm actually okay with. Right. Uh, I see we have for Animal Crossing most heartwarming and also best community. Maybe we can combine these into a suggestion I have. How about happiest neighborhood? Ooh. Yeah, okay. I like that. Or yeah. friendliest neighborhood? How about friendliest right. neighborhood? Spider Man. We'll go with friendliest. New York is in a very friendly neighborhood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Said by a real non-New Yorker. There's, huh? there's a bunch of crime happening. There's people on like rooftops shooting each other. <laughs> wow. What about warmest like, neighborhood? Take crime and say that's the whole city. All right. It's the whole city in this warmest game. Warmest neighborhood I think works better. So we're not stealing okay. the Spider-Man motif. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So now we got Spider-Man, Hades, Among Us. All right. Who wrote Greatest Rise for Among Us? I did. And I think maybe Greatest Comeback might work better. But I was thinking yeah, but about I mean, the, like, the story I don't really of want, the game. Sure. I don't want to talk about like the success. Like I think mm. the game works well. Like even even if the game wasn't like this huge, you know, uh darling hit that came out of nowhere, I think I think the game still plays well. Hmm. Um, so I would prefer something that focuses on the on the werewolf like mechanics. Uh, I have like an idea mo- for Hades. Okay, hit me. Best direction. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't. So we use not untrue. Also, we use best direction once uh, the first time we did this for uh, uh, inside. And in that we were talking specifically about like the actual like uh, game design direction just because it's so focused like it is like so holistic in what it's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we were to reuse that, I would want to do it in that motif, not make fun of the game awards motif. Um, 
I don't know. And I think, again, we have to, we have to, like, I think sharpest wit works. I just think it doesn't really address, like, the grandiosity of, like, sure. the, the, uh, 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 Greek mythology aspect. Hmm. Um, which I, I like. would also say, I think you, you know the most about that in terms of the story from beginning to end of Hades. Mm-hmm. So we could do, like, greatest drama or something. That kind of talks about like the very uh, uh uh talks about it from like an antiquity standpoint. Greatest epic. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, we used that for Final Fantasy last year, what? and in that context, it was an epic. Ew. Wait, which Final Fantasy? What Zodiac Age? Whichever number okay, that is. Good. Yeah, I think the one um, you picked. Yeah, you were here okay. for it, Nelson. <laughs> what about what about sharpest epic? What if you put? I, I feel like we should use epic, but. Maybe the the prefix should be a little different. Sharpest epic, maybe. Um, mm. I still mm. feel like I like sharpest just because it addresses kind of the cool swords aspect as well mm. as the 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 mentally sharp. Right. That's that's the part that I get um, hung up on because I think epic epic works from the perspective of the the story and the representation of what the story is based on mm-hmm. um and sharp works from the aspect of the combat i'm cool with sharpest epic how about um, something i think there's like, something else that how about like better. straightest arrow like it is not mm, well okay it's not very straight though dylan yeah no, it I, got it. no I, I, I yeah i got it <laughs> um i also wrote <laughs> clearest path just hmm. because, like, there is, I'm getting a sh- shaking I mean, head from Nelson. It, but, but, like, that's to me. Clearest path is like, hey, this is a linear game. Instead of, hey, you sure. go, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. A or B. Yeah, I, 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 I want to avoid epic because we've already used epic in a connotation of like a sprawling world. Previously, yeah, we we refer to it as grandest epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna jump uh, to Spider Man real quick. Uh-huh. Uh. And and this is actually serious. I think it works. Uh, greatest responsibility. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it has shoes to fill. It. I like that a lot. Does so with a sense of how Miles learns to be responsible for his character and his heroism. Also, it's a Spider-Man reference. Don't know if you guys got that. Oh, uh, oh. oh it is. <laughs> oh, wild. wild. Right. Uh, so yeah, Hades and Among Us. Among Us is hard. Why right, is my us suggestion so hard? for Among <laughs> Us is most deceitful. Because hmm. it, it is about the lying. It's about the lying. At the end of the day, it's about the lying. How good at you at lying? Right. Best poker face? <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, Most deceitful is fine. Yeah, like poker face does... It, I don't know. Deceitful sounds Most cleaner. deceitful is fine. You cool with that, Alex? I almost feel like most deceitful sounds like a negative thing. <laughs> yeah. How about, how, about, how about greatest deceit? No. That, no. Um, hmm. Let me try something. Let me go to uh, Google some synonyms. Okay. 
for deceit for deceit yeah, yeah none of these are any better <laughs> <laughs> oh how about this all right how about slyest something else slyest game slyest lies slyest lies sounds good because it's not i feel like it's then not talking about like the game itself like like the game is not lying to you you're lying right um Mm. i'm i would think that's getting somewhere if not what we'll go with slyest lies um I like the aspect that Among Us gives us a safe space to lie. <laughs> sure. It's um, the one place where you can do it. Right. <laughs> how about how about uh uh best debates? Ooh. Or greatest arguments. <laughs> I'm into that. I mean, it, it is about the deceit, but also like it's also about your like how 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 well can you hold sway over a room like when you get to the to the voting section. I think greatest debates right. works. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Hades, I'm still struck, stuck on sharpest epic. I just. I need a. Let me. Synonyms for epic. <laughs> it's just that. It's like, I, I understand what you're trying to go with, but. um, I mean, if it has to be like sharpest drama. I guess we can. Uh, here's some other ones. Um, okay. Uh, synonyms synonyms for epic: saga, legend, Ooh. Uh, history, like legend, mo- uh, chronicle, myth, fable. Um, I like sharpest myth and yeah. sharpest legend. I like sharpest myth a lot. Well, actually, okay. There were there were two at the beginning. Saga, legend. Okay, I want to do saga because it's one game. <laughs> I can, yeah, I think myth works because it's talking about the you yeah, know Greek well mythology do. aspect. Okay, um, I don't know about sharpest though. I like it. How about <laughs> how how about freshest myth? Hmm, because then it's like you know it's there's some like oxymoronic. Some irony to that, because how is a myth fresh? Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of and then wraps the both the storytelling and the action. I don't know if it does the action. Well, like if you talk about mythology, I feel like myth does the story and the I'm yeah. Sure but like if you look at like Homeric epics, it like they talk a lot about like the golden fleece or like this weapon or that weapon and, and stuff like that. Like mythology is not just about characters. It's also about like artifacts or like you look at Arthurian legend and like Excalibur, right? Like, would you describe the golden fleece as fresh? No, but I'm saying like this take on it, like super giants take on this is what makes it fresh. Hmm. Hmm. Or you say something else. I think myth works. We could figure out the, the actual superlative adjective something something myth sharpest synonyms for sharpest deadliest myth (laughs) deadly myth is is definitely a band that i will be starting up uh look forward to our i am gonna look forward to that synth wave shit uh sounds awesome 
Keenest myth. Ooh. Uh, I could maybe see Keen. I could see Keen. I don't love it. Yeah, it's getting a little too... I don't know. It sounds like we're... I think it's getting further away from what we were trying to solve. It also sounds like we're, we're drinking our own Kool-Aid a little bit. <laughs> mm. Too much. Um, What's wrong with Sharpest again? I just... I Combined with Myth, it, I don't know what it's describing like mm. sharp in terms of its wit and its storytelling but also like i don't know if sharpest like applies to the combat that well like i get it because like blades a blade motif and stuff like that um i just feel like there's something what if we steered the superlative in a direction that talks about how sexy hades is Ooh, I... sexiest style and substance <laughs> oh no I think we're back, baby. <clears throat> I think this might renew some interest in this discussion. Plus, also, I think part of Hades' appeal to the mass public is it's very sexy. <laughs> How fucking hot it is. <laughs> How about um, uh, most alluring m- myth? Ooh. Foxiest right. myth. <laughs> <laughs> Most alluring myth actually does feel really good. Mm. It's very verbose, though. Yeah. Spiciest myth. Mm, No. No, You're not. The hottest myth. It's some. Most erotic myth. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's. hmm. Yeah, because then I think think we're focusing. I think think hottest myth. Beguiling. Hot sort of. The witching. I keep on. Hot. Hot describes the action and the style, I believe. It's hot. It's fast. It's hot. It's sexy. Yeah, you go through the river sticks. Yeah. Through the flagathon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. River flagathon. So I kind of feel like hottest myth. It also kind of connotates a freshness. Like yeah. hot off the presses, <laughs> this myth. Sultriest myth. Seductive, most seductive myth. <laughs> most tantalizing myth. Oh. Hottest legacy? How legacy about hottest legend? How about we make myth the adjective? Okay. So how about most mythical something? Most mythical <laughs> journey. I, I know that's that's less that's less spicy than what you guys were. But I also feel like if you say if you say mythical journey, then you're saying the same thing twice. I just immediately start thinking of the band Journey. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> just a no time go. Um, most mythical something because I think now that now that I think we're, I think myth. Because to me, it's about like it's like those po- purple like smoke clouds that they make in in the game, and just like mm-hmm. that, that art form, like that gives it is very like uh, uh, otherworldly status, which I think mythical like uh, 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 encaptures. And then we can use the the noun to like concretely talk about like some solidifying part of it, mm. whether it's the gameplay or or some sort of combination of gameplay. 
Yes, no, agreement, disagreement. Hmm. Hmm. Disagreement. Okay. What was the feeling on Hottest? I just... (laughs) It's focusing too much on just that they're sexy characters. I mean, I feel like it's not, but... (laughs) Okay. Yes. I think if you read that, it, I mean, says, I get it. if you just it, see that out in the wild, you say uh, Hades wins sexy or hottest myth. Slickest myth. Slickest. I, I, I'm, I, I would be okay with that. How about that, s- that's an option. How about slickest mythology? Hmm. Oh, well. No, I yeah. like Slick that. myth. Slickest, slickest mythology myth is, 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 yeah. Carries a nice weight to it. I just feel like hottest is like it's it's sexy, it's action packed, and it's fresh. Like it, it accomplishes all of our adjective goals that we were looking for. Hmm. I just I like sharpest wit, so I'm <laughs> I'm out. Hmm. I th- I feel like there's either something with slick something with uh i don't think saga because i think it's still just one story right um what if it is it a greek tragedy technically yeah do something with that if you're if you want to play with the aspect of of where it's coming from of of it coming from being based on this Greek mythology. If you wanted to go that direction with it, that might be an option. Hmm. Might be, might be. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, maybe. I just it's so hard. <laughs> Cause it's a very unique game. Yeah. And trying to make something pithy to encapsulate all that is hard. True. I mean, you could say sharpest drama, also. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I'm back on to sharpest wit. <laughs> or sharpest myth. I'll do either. Sharpest myth is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I would like freshest myth. If we did that, I just don't see where fresh comes in. Like I, I get the idea that because like it's, hey, it's, it's a like, narrative it's like based snappy, it's nice. It's like it's new. When we use fresh in this context, it's 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 about the newness and the originality. I, I get it, hmm. but like all of these could be described as fresh. Then you know what I mean? Halo's like, not it's very like, fresh. It's like this is a sure. It's like this is like hey, this is a fresh take on Miles Morales. Like this is a this is a fresh take on on collaborative game. This is a fresh take on baseball. I was How about, about to say. You know I, mean? I was about to say modern myth, but I don't think that works. How about <laughs> boldest myth? Ooh. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. That that tackles some of like the the, the appearance as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I like that. I like boldest. Okay. All right. I cool. I don't hate it. <laughs> so. <Okay. laughs> Are we cool with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gonna put it over here. Oh shit. It's done. It's done. 
the games are done. The Guys, what it's played. Oh, nope. God damn it. What? what? Okay. I'm just going to throw this out there and you can shut it down real quick. If you just want to move on. Um, what if we touched on the roguelike aspect with a revived myth? Mm-hmm. I don't hate that either. I, I would say best. Mm, most revived. Mm, best revival. Well, no. Maybe that doesn't work then. Yeah, I don't want to workshop anymore, so let's okay. typically pull this myth. <laughs> All right. The best games played for 2020 are Among Us with the award of Greatest Debates, Animal Crossing New Horizons with the award of Warmest Neighborhood, Blaseball with the award of Oddest Ball, Fall Guys with the award of Best Game Show, Hades with the award of Boldest Myth, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, with the award of Best Archive. Hitman 2, with the award of Best Playground. Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, with the award of Greatest Responsibility. Phasmophobia, with the award of Best Shared Screams. And Valorant, with the award of Most Balance. We happy with that? We're happy. Yeah. Cool. That's it. Sign sealed Those delivered. Those are video games. 2020's <laughs> over done put it in the bag Woo! ship it off send it to that warehouse where they put the ark of the covenant and then burn it <laughs> yeah all right that's all well, we need we did it guys another year in the bag i've missed your faces oh in in real in real space in real life um I'm saluting you can't you can't hear the salute <laughs> just how hard i try every time you salute it's just a eagle screech Mm -hmm. right that's that's the goal (laughs) same with guile (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um all right well i think there's only one thing left to do and that's to get out of here but first alex oh oops (laughs) alex where can people find you uh saying goodbye (laughs) right here on the podcast (laughs) people can find me on twitter at g-h-o-d-a-n with an underscore. That's go down with an underscore. Awesome. Nelson. Hi. Where can people find you? You can find me at Whitico on pretty much every platform that there is. That's W-H-I-T-T-I-C-O. Also, if you go to Witta.co, W-H-I-T-T-I dot C-O, you'll get links to everything. Other website that might be helpful? Videogamebook.club, where you can hear me talk about old games. Radical. Uh, and you can find me at Dylan Vento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you can find them at ward-games.com or on Twitter at wardvideogames or subscribe to Wordcast wherever podcasts are sold. Gentlemen, thank you so much for a long and arduous year. It's been, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, but for now, bye. Bye. Peace out, y'all.